participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... No! Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, February 6, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. I sure hope you had a lovely, lovely weekend. A lot has happened since we last spoke on Wednesday afternoon. A ton has happened, and we have a ton to get to on today's show. We might go seven to eight hours. So I hope everyone uh, brought dinner. Uh, I hope that you are ready to go. I hope you have uh, strapped on your seatbelt. We've got a lot to get to on today's program. I am psyched. It's the Monday before UFC 284. It's going down in Perth, Western Australia. It's a massive fight between Alex Volkanovsky and... Um... What's that other guy's name? I'm joking. Islam Makhachev. Uh, the supposed number two pound-for-pound pound best fighter on the planet. You know that guy. The uh, the second coming of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yes, of course. It's gigantic. Can't wait for it. 
And it goes down this Saturday. It's the regular time, by the way. I know a lot of people get confused because the poster and some of the promotion says the 12th of February because it's technically going to be happening on the 12th of February in Perth. But here in America, it's the regular 10 p.m. Eastern pay-per-view main card start time. So have no fear. And uh, it's a massive one. Also, Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett for the interim featherweight title. So much to get to on today's show. So much to discuss. So many guests. Six in total. As always, we are brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, but this program as well. And if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and you use the code VMAHOUR, that's huge for you and it's huge for us because that lets them know we sent you. So please do that. We appreciate you and we appreciate them very much. Now, it's a big day. I'm fired up. I hope you could tell I'm fired up. I'm so fired up. I brought back the uh, the flannel hoodie. That's how fired up I am right now because I had a lovely weekend. I had a huge weekend. A lot to get to as far as my weekend is concerned and a lot to get to as far as the weekend in combat sports is concerned. First, let me tell you about today's program. Uh, back into the show, we'll review the bets, see how we did. Unfortunately, one casualty, but we continue to fight on. All good in the hood. And uh, by the way, if at any point in the program you see me kind of like jolt up like this or stumble on my words, it's 100% because Frank has instituted something into my headset which sounds like someone shooting, I don't know, like an electrical shock to my eardrums. I just want you to know that. Frank, thank you for that. It's you very are much appreciated. Uh, it's like an electrical shock down my spine that is happening every, I'd say, maybe 30 seconds. So I'm really excited about today's extra long show. Um, please, if we could keep that going, if we could keep it up, I would appreciate that very much. Absolutely everything we can do to keep it going. Thank you. Um, all right, so we'll uh, we'll review the bets the weekend, all that stuff. Uh well, prior to that, talk to Brennan Ward, who opened up the CBS card on Saturday at the Kia Forum in Inglewood with a great win over Sabah Homasi. It was a quintessential Brennan Ward. Back and forth they went. It was a war. All that stuff. I've never had Brennan Ward on the program before. He has an unbelievable story, inspiring. Um, there's a lot to learn for anyone from all walks of life. Uh, but this man has overcome a lot, and uh, he's enjoying an incredible period in his career, a renaissance, dare I say. And so it was, uh, it was fitting that an OG of the uh, the Bellator roster opened up their first show on CBS, and I'm looking forward to talking to him about all of that and more. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Chris Weidman, the All-American, very close to his comeback fight. Of course, we remember almost two years ago, shattered his leg in the opening seconds of his fight against Uriah Hall in Jacksonville, it's been a grueling two years since, and he's had multiple surgeries, four to be exact, and he's had to overcome a lot. And so uh, here he is, months away, but we're getting close from his return to the UFC, but he's going to be competing at Polaris 23 coming up next month in a grappling match against Owen Livesey, who's a very well-respected grappler. And so I want to talk to Chris about that, how he's doing mentally, physically, all that stuff and more. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Johnny Eblen, the Bellator reigning defending middleweight champion. Looking forward to talking to him. He had a very, very nice win on Saturday as well. And, uh, you know, really coming to his own now as a pro. And of course, this was his first uh, title defense. Um, and you're always curious how someone would perform, perform, excuse me, in their first title defense. And, you know, we were wondering, you know, Anatoly Tokov is a tough fighter. 
maybe not a household name, but we were wondering how he would look. First round, little dicey, second round, big second round, fun second round, and then third, fourth, and fifth was all um, Johnny Eblen. That was a, that was a good one. That one sounded like my mic actually it turned off. off for a second. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, is it is it affecting the the live? No, other than it's just, affecting you, which then affects which is the great. Live. Yes, yeah. of course, it's a fun one. Um, prior to that, uh, we're going to be joined by Ryan Bader, the reigning defending heavyweight champion of Bellator, and what a scene it was on Saturday. Yes, they didn't take my advice, but I'm not going to harp on that. You know, you might think that I'm going to come on here and harp on that. I threw it out there. They did what they did, <clears throat> and honestly, my fear was. It was going to be like a 10-second knockout and be super depressing and and, and and Fyodor would be out cold on the mat, face down or something. Didn't happen. Actually lasted longer than I thought, if I'm being honest. And then we had the nice moment in the cage with all the legends. So it ended up okay. I was worried about the worst-case scenario. It ended up being okay. And it was such a nice scene. It really was. It was beautiful. And it just made me feel warm, fuzzy, nostalgic inside. And also made me feel like, why can't we have more of this? I liked it so much that, in fact, we have put it up in the studio. We have immortalized the moment. Here it is. Can we get this shot right here? I mean, look at that. Look at that. How nice is this? This is Saturday night in the cage. Henzo Gracie, Rampage Jackson, Chael in his incredible glasses, Hoist Gracie, Chuck Liddell, Josh Barnett, Matt Hughes, Frank Shamrock, Randy Couture, Mark Coleman, Dan Henderson, all around Fyodor. Of course, Scott Coker in there as well. Credit to Scott Coker for doing this. There's no money to be made off these guys, but they wanted to honor Fyodor. They invited them all out, and it was just lovely. You know, we've never seen this many legends together in a cage, ever. Beautiful stuff. I loved it. Made me feel good. You could tell it meant a lot to Fyodor as well. Like, you could tell this really touched him, a guy who has sometimes been emotionless, just tremendous stuff. So I am going, like, I don't even know what, to, is this like the poster? You remember the picture of the first, the first Hall of Fame class in baseball, like in 19, I don't know what it was, like 30 something. It was Babe Ruth sitting next to Lou Gehrig and all these guys. Like, that's what this feels like. Without these guys, there is no MMA. These are pioneers. These are founding fathers. These are trailblazers. These are legends. Any word you want to use, if there's ever a UFC or excuse me, an MMA Hall of Fame, like we we are putting all these guys in there. Um, it's just it's just an amazing photo. So this will forever be immortalized here on the set, right above us. Great stuff. I loved it. I loved it. Even though you know, I I know I was talking. It would have been great if they came out. It would have been great. But uh, it was it was nice nonetheless, and uh, I give them a lot of credit for doing it. So Ryan Bader, we'll talk to him about that moment. And then uh, we will talk prior to that to Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal was on the show last Monday, and he told us he was going to come back to break some big news. My friends, let me tell you, Jorge Masvidal has some big news to, to break. Jorge Masvidal has some massive, massive news to break. Um uh, you you want to hear this. It's 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 big. That's all I'll say. It is big. So stay tuned for that at 2 o'clock, Jorge Masvidal. And then at 1.30, we're going to be joined by Michael Chandler. And I'm looking forward to talking to him. And so let us start with Michael Chandler, if we can. Uh, we found out on Saturday morning via the internet, Instagram, Twitter, Dana White made the announcement, making a lot of big announcements these days. 
doing them up. I like that. I appreciate that. I think it makes it feel special, better than some throwaway tweet with some, you know, out of focus photos stitched together. This is good. More of this. I like this. And he announced that the coaches for the upcoming season of the Ultimate Fighter, I believe it's the 31st season, will be Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor. And so we talked about this last week, of course. It was a real thing. Chandler being the front runner, they tried to go after Nate, never really got off the ground. And then Chandler was option two. And so they're going to start filming it in the next few weeks. And it's going to air May 30th to August 15th. And then it will culminate in the third quarter. Last I heard, September, it will culminate with a fight between Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. Huge fight for both men. Obviously, it's a fight that Chandler wanted. And it's the big return fight for Conor. Date, TBD. Location, TBD. Weight, I'm told, 170. So that's interesting. Um, More so for Chandler than for Conor. Because, of course, Conor has a few 170 fights, or at least a couple, under his, uh, under his belt, the two Nathan Diaz fights. But this is interesting because he comes back. You're going to see a lot of Conor McGregor. They're going to be pushing it a lot. For the first time ever, The Ultimate Fighter will not only be airing on ESPN+, Plus, but ESPN Linear as well. So that's the channel, the main ESPN channel. channel. When I say linear, I mean like the actual channel on TV. Um, so you could get it on Plus, but you could also get it on ESPN. The other ones that they did in the ESPN era were just on Plus. So this is big. And you know ESPN, social, sports center, social, they're all going to be pushing this. I mean, it's a ton of Connor content coming your way. So if you missed them, a lot is to come. And the dynamic will be interesting and the fight will be interesting. And so this is the way they're going to do it. And, you know, I like the fight very much. There is a part of me that wonders all right, is is too much of a good thing, not a good thing. Meaning, all right, you got this, you know, this big return and everyone's very excited about it, but, you know, will he feel overexposed? Will the, you know, typically I feel like the heat between the two coaches fizzles out by the end of the season. Now, there's not a lot of heat between Connor and Chandler at this point. It's not like it's Rampage and Rashad. It's not even like it's... Uh, I don't know, Sarah and GSP. So maybe this works. One thing I know for sure, I doubt we'll see Connor in the uh, the familiar jersey as we've seen in the past, which I think is a good thing. And this is his second time coaching, of course, back in 2015. He did it with Uriah Faber and that was pretty well received. There was the famous moment with uh, TJ Dillashaw and the alpha male team and all that stuff. And so I am looking forward to, uh, to seeing how that all uh, plays out. I think it's going to be really interesting. And so at the top of the show, um, in about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Michael Chandler to to talk about it all, to see how it all came together, and uh, to see how he feels about coaching opposite one Conor McGregor. This is a massive opportunity for him, and especially considering the fact that he's coming off a loss. It's a big deal. Like, this is bigger than a title fight. Um, so we'll get the, uh, the thoughts of the guys on that in a moment. Uh, some breaking news. Earlier this morning, we found out, speaking of Connor, someone that was uh, you know, instrumental in his career over the last few years, and someone who I think is the best, um, among the best managers in the game, I would put him in the top three, four at the moment, well-respected, highly respected uh, manager in the game, Tim Simpson, who has been on the show before, both in studio and via Zoom. 
Um, of course, you know, we had him after the Leon win, Izzy, all that stuff, announced that he was uh, starting his, his own MMA management group. Um, and we, uh, we tweeted that out at around 11 a.m. Uh, this morning. I actually have the, uh, the press release right here. It's called Chosen Advisory. But let me read the press release because it's pretty huge. It's pretty massive. And a lot of people are uh, talking about it this morning. Yes, here it is. Put it out there at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Tim Simpson, who we've seen on the show before, who we've talked to many a times, uh, for seven years was working with Paradigm, obviously one of the biggest management groups in the history of the sport, represent the likes of Conor McGregor and so many others. Now it's going crazy, Frank. You I'm hear that? It, yeah. But people can still hear me, even though I can't Absolutely. hear myself. All right. Um, this was the, uh, the press release. Chosen advisory group public announcement. Renowned MMA manager Tim Simpson has announced the formation of his new management entity, Chosen Advisory Group, known, this is a big word, colloquially. How about that? Ooh. Did I nail it? Did. As the chosen few, quote unquote, the boutique company will provide full service management to a small group of elite MMA athletes, beginning with Israel Desanya, Leon Edwards, Yuri Prochaska, Max Holloway, Casey O'Neill, Jack Della Maddalena, who of course is fighting this weekend, Mohamed Mokhayev, Jack Hermanson, and Don Madge. Simpson will continue to co-manage uh, Desanya with his longtime partners, New Zealand-based Attain Peace Sports Management. That's Ash and the groups, uh, the group of guys over there in um, in New Zealand. Of course, affiliated with uh, City Kickboxing. He worked as the senior vice president and director of MMA at Paradigm Sports. Made the move to start his own company in December of 2022 after seven years with his former employee, employer, excuse me, on his new venture. Simpson said, I am, quote, thrilled to start this new chapter in my career, and I am honored to be working with this small group of incredible athletes I value so highly, both professionally and personally. And so that is a very impressive group of athletes. Uh, Izzy, Leon, Yuri, Casey O'Neill. Jack Della Maddalena, Mohamed Mokhayev, Jack Hermanson, Don Madge. You've got the uh, current welterweight champion of the UFC, former and potentially future middleweight champion of the UFC, the former and potentially future light heavyweight champion of the UFC. You've got Casey O'Neill, a future flyweight uh, contender, current contender, if you want to call her that, future flyweight champion, perhaps as well. Jack Della Maddalena, a future contender in many people's eyes, including my own. Mohamed Mokhayev, future title contender as well. Hermanson, a mainstay at 85, and Don Madge, a big part of PFL. And then the big news is he is now representing Max Holloway as well, um, who parted ways with his longtime manager, Chris Deggett, who I thought was phenomenal for him, who only represented Max and was a brilliant, brilliant um, addition to Max's stable and did incredible things for Max for many years. They have amicably parted ways, and now Max has uh, teamed up with Tim. So this is big news all around. Um, in the world of MMA management. And uh, I'd imagine, I haven't spoken to him at length about this, but I'd imagine his phone, his email, his DMs are exploding now, probably from um, multiple fighters wanting to be part of the chosen few and uh, people probably trying to work 
for them as well. Chosen Advisory is the, uh, the handle on Twitter. So congrats to Tim and uh, good luck to him. And by the way, you know, I see people talking about Paradigm. Paradigm still has Conor McGregor, uh, Mackenzie Dern, Johnny Walker, Michelle Pereira, Wonderboy Thompson. This is off the top of my head right now. So uh, they still have, you know, an impressive client roster as well. But the business of MMA is something that I'm obviously very fascinated by and interested in. And so this is a pretty big piece of news as far as the business is concerned. Uh, back to the business of the ultimate fighter, Conor McGregor back. Guys, what do you think? You happy about this? I know Con- Conor was in particular, GC was in particular hyped when the news came out. You loved it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Why? I loved it. I mean, all right, well, the experience that I had of them breaking the news was I was literally just laying on my couch, and I pulled up Instagram, and it was just like, oh, UFC's going live for breaking news. I sat there for maybe 30 seconds. They run the promo for UFC Vegas 68, and then they got right into it. it took them about, what, two minutes to make the announcement, and uh, we were out. Like, I was like nervous when he was like, all right, and now to announce the Ultimate Fighter coaches. So, yeah, I loved it. Loved the matchup. Uh, love that we're getting Chandler. I love the way that it's going to be like a summer reality show, uh, and then we'll get a fight, hopefully, you know, within the coming months after it. Uh, and I think it's going to be a banger of a fight. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. So yeah, love everything I, I about love, it. Ten I out of ten. Everything about it. You like ten, the announcement. You like love it. Could I say I actually echo everything that you're saying? Honestly, yeah. um, after thinking about it a little more, you know, you really don't know how many fights you're going to get out of Connor at this point. So you might as well try to like squeeze everything out of the uh, the orange, so to speak, right? Yeah, like right, right, right. get them on tough, get them on every social media thing, get them on every, get them on ESPN, blah blah blah. Get the pay per view. Chandler is a great dance party. Take all of that. Um, One seventy, I don't even mind as well. We'll get Chandler's thoughts on that in a moment. The only thing I did in love was Saturday morning. Seems like a weird time to break news of that nature, but I guess no one really cares. I think New York Rick didn't love it as much. Am I crazy? Selfishly. Selfishly. I hate it. <laughs> Why? Why selfishly? Uh, well, because my job is in social media and uh, you wanted a heads helping up. the audience understand. Yeah, I want a heads up. I want a news reporter to have heard about it already, <laughs> give me that information, allow me to prep assets, and then post it. I don't want Conor McGregor fights announced on a Saturday morning or on Thanksgiving in the case of Cowboy Cerrone. Yes, give one. me a heads up. See, that's I why I, I loved this. it because I didn't have a heads up because I was just laying there and I was like, oh, UFC's going live. And then like right when I clicked on it, it was like the special announcement thing. And I was like, oh, my God, what are they about to announce? Like, is this a mistake? Like, did they accidentally just post this again? And then I see there's 30,000 other people watching it. And then he makes the announcement. Like, I was like going crazy when it got announced. I was like, oh, my what God. What were you doing? Oh were you doing like push-ups? In it? Like, what were you doing? Jumping jacks? Like, what I is- stood up. <laughs> I stood up and started like quickly pacing around my kitchen. Well, like, my girlfriend was like, what is happening? Like, what is going on? And I was just like, McGregor's back. Like, he's doing tough. Uh, McGregor yeah. back I confirmed. Hyped. I was hyped, dude. And this time, did they make you wait for the announcement or was it instantaneous? So that's why it was perfect for me because I later saw that Dana was just like, oh, 10 minute warning, like we're about to do the announcement. I didn't see any of that. I literally just jumped on Instagram, got a notification, jumped into the announcement, and within five minutes, everything was done and wrapped. So like for me, the timing was perfect. If I had to wait another 45 minutes, I wouldn't have liked it as much. But for me, the timing was perfect on Saturday. Now, New York Rick said he didn't like that it came out, you know, sort of out of the blue, even though we were, I mean, you could See, say we kind of. It. That's why I liked it. If if fans like Connor, if there's more of them out there, this Connor, not Connor McGregor, if there's more fans out here who want it, it delivered in this way, 
then I can't complain. But selfishly, hate it. Don't ever do it again. Okay, so you, I, I actually love the fact that they just dropped it. I always feel like the announcement should be, you know, a big deal. But does that feel like a big deal? Saturday morning when okay, like so the only thing the I didn't West like, Coast is asleep. The only thing like, I didn't like was the Saturday morning part. That seems very strange to me. Um, but now, now I feel like you guys like. Do you guys not like it from a strategic standpoint? I'm just looking at it from the UFC perspective. You yeah, break okay, news on see, a Saturday so I'm morning. I'm looking selfishly from my perspective, and I was just like having a lazy Saturday morning yeah. chilling. So like it was great for me. Like I see what you're saying with the UFC perspective strategically. But news them. is news. Like uh, you know, Kyrie Irving got traded on a Sunday afternoon. You know, like right. it, it just it just sort of happens, and they probably wanted to own it, and they didn't want someone to break it, and so that's fine. Um, I guess the bigger question is because we're really getting into the minutiae here and probably no one cares. <laughs> New York, what do you think about the matchup? What do you think about the whole thing, right? It's not just this a fight, ultimate fighter, it's 170, it's all that. You love it. Perfect. There is no, there is not a misstep taken here from Michael Chandler's persistent calls, call outs of Conor McGregor, be, doing it respectfully and trying to really put himself in position to get that fight all along. Um, to the idea of Connor kind of teasing it on his on his own Instagram, to the idea of the fight itself, which is sure to be fireworks, to the idea of it happening at 170 with them not needing to cut and Connor McGregor not looking like he could make 155 for the rest of his entire life anyway. Um, from the idea that we're going to get Connor McGregor reacting to G golly Michael Chandler wishing him a good morning every time they walk into the tough gym, to the fact that it's going to be on ESPN, to the fact that I'm suggesting they should try to put it on ABC. Hopefully they yeah. uh, figure that out. Um, they probably took our ESPN idea from last week. If I, mean. I think that's I mean, what it was. I was like, oh, wow, Dana was listening to New York Rick when he threw that out yeah. there. But what's what's not to like? This is this is perfect matchmaking and, perf- and perfect utilization of what was a dead brand, now giving it new life. Sure. Conor McGregor makes tough relevant again. Um, regardless of if those fans stick or not, tough for a season at least is relevant. I will, social- I will be watching every episode live. I'd like that, to wow. just go ahead and make that announcement right now. That's is. the effect. That's the effect. And we're going to get 10 weeks of Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler's social content. We're going to get 10 weeks of people talking about the fight. I don't think less is more in this scenario because, as I've said all along, I think people don't believe in Conor McGregor anymore as a fighter. They see him very rarely. They see him on Instagram. They see him doing sparring with guys they've never heard of before um, in the Middle East and doing grappling. Um, But I don't think people are convinced that Conor McGregor is a top-level fighter anymore. And I think this will introduce him into a fight setting and be able to see, is he a top-level fighter? See who he's training with. Understand more about what Conor McGregor has been doing while he's away, uh, other than making movies. So... I think that this is brilliant and a good reintroduction for Conor McGregor to people that may have lost some faith. I think he will be able to build the, the belief and the hype back up uh, by doing this. I would love to see them revamp Tough a little bit. I don't think In it's going to happen. Like, what's the... Fuck, just the format, something. You know, like, can you give me something? Something. Something different. I don't know. But, I mean, they're mean. using the same formula for the slap thing, so it uh, leads me <laughs> to believe that they think it's uh, the greatest idea and format of all time. It's, it's, it's just, limited. It's, I, I don't it's know. It's been what over, do. what, 15 years of the same damn thing. Are we approaching 18 years? 2000, what, sick? I don't know what that... You know what's crazy? When, when, because we were, both of us were at ESPN when the UFC came over from Fox, and we yep. all thought Tough was dead. Like, t- Tough did not come over. Remember? Tough did yeah, not t- come tough over. Tough was not an instant addition. No. Up front. You know, Tough probably was revived because, and, and at the end of the Fox deal, the, the ratings were, you know, non-existent yeah. but i think that the success of the ufc on espn plus 
Absolutely. Let everyone saying like, how do we get more, right? And so then more meant contender series, and then more meant tough coming back, um, and all this other stuff. So I think the success of the UFC on Plus in particular was like, all right, let's get more. And now with Connor, it, it, I mean, and and as you said, GC, summertime, not a lot going on, right? I can't understate, like, I love keeping up with a reality show to have one that I can really get into and tune in every single week to see what happens. The fact that it's in the summer, kind of the sleepier months of the sports schedule. Yeah. I mean, I'm hyped about it. I, I can't you wait. You can do a watch party for it? Uh, I don't know about that. No? I mean, maybe maybe me and AK Lee. Isn't AK Lee the uh He's like the, the one guy. guy. The tough yeah, man. He's the one. He had, this had to have been a huge announcement for him. He went from <laughs> Nunez-Pena last year to now McGregor-Jansen. See, I would love it if he zagged on this. And he's like, nah, they've tainted my <laughs> my beautiful, pure yeah. product. Yeah, it's too hype. There's too much. You know, it's uh, mainstream now. Let's give AK the chance. So 170 is really interesting. And, of course, Chandler, you know, who cares for him, right? Uh, just take the fight. But 100%. I'm really curious. Like, above everything, I'm just really curious to see how this fight goes. Um, I don't really know what to expect. Because let's not forget, Connor, by the time this fight happens, we'll have not fought in two-plus years. Yeah. Yep. Right? And a bit, like two and a bit. Um, Coming off a major injury. Major well. injury, like major, right? Uh, who knows? And, and then again, it's Connor, right? So what's he been doing as far as training is concerned? You know, where's his mind at? Where's his motivation? All these things that would apply to any megastar. There's so much at stake here. Will Chandler wrestle? Will he just stand and trade with him, which would be to his, uh, you know, to his uh, probably detriment if he just stands and trade with him as opposed to using the wrestling to his advantage because that would be to his advantage. Um, I don't. There's just so much to like here. So much like, oh, now it's going crazy. What did you just do there? What is happening? Now it's just like, yeah, brr, 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 brr. did you guys hear that? Yes. I hear it too. Nope. Uh, wow. I can confirm it is not going out over the program. Wow. So uh, the audience just gets to hear I'm us. I'm going to pretend that it doesn't it. exist. Amazing. Who do you think, have they come out with the odds yet? Uh, last I saw it was minus 110, minus 110. Which wow. I, just, I love that. I love that. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to place a bet on it just yet just because we don't have a date. But... Uh, I mean, exciting stuff. Yeah, minus one ten, minus one ten. That's who do you think wins right now? Sportsbook. Oh God, I don't know. It's everything you just said. Like this, Chandler use the wrestling because I think if he stands and, and just throws with him, I feel like McGregor will, will knock him out eventually. I don't know. All I know is it's going to be fireworks. Like Michael Chandler did all this work to get you can't this give me huge the fireworks payday answer. fight. I mean, that I is mean, such a sit on the fence answer. All right, Conor McGregor. That's who I'm going to Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Shit. Back. Is, is Chandler on? Bone. Is he on? Has he logged on yet? <laughs> What about it's not you? Like EJ? I say that with a ton of confidence. Here's here's what I'll say about this fight. Michael Chandler has said heading into all of the supposed wars that we were expecting, I promise you I'm going to stand up and give you guys a war. Yeah. He said it every time ahead of it and he has delivered every time ahead of it. I'm curious what he says about this Conor McGregor fight. I know he spoke to ESPN and he said something about maybe taking him down and submitting him in the second round. So now I'm curious what he will say about this fight. If Michael Chandler goes in there and says, I promise I will stand and trade with Conor McGregor, that becomes a more interesting side for Conor McGregor for me. If he says, look, I know what, where my bread is buttered. I'm going to take him down and submit him. I tend to believe he's, that, that that's a possibility. So I think, I think it's a little bit of Michael Chandler's hands to decide what type of fight this is going to be. I think he controls where it takes place. Uh, on the feet, Conor McGregor is still extremely, extremely dangerous. If you listen to Conor, though, on the ground, he's going to be extremely dangerous, too, talking about all the elbows and things, the wild <laughs> attacks that he has off his back. So um, I'm excited about it. And and by the way, I don't think they're going to be lovey-dovey. I think a lot of people think they're going to be lovey-dovey. I, I, I think 
I think it's going to be well, a little more. There's no way they can spend as much time as they're going to, and it remain lovey-dovey. There's no way they go through a whole tough season and McGregor doesn't start throwing shots at him. Well, eventually. I just think Michael Chandler can be grating. When somebody's too nice, it becomes yeah. annoying. <laughs> he's, Especially in a he's competition. He's too nice. Like I just don't want. Stop being nice to me. I don't want it anymore. And Chandler is so good. He had the video. So he oh, had the, the video, video ready to go. Like the second the announcement was made, he had his own video. He had his own yeah. announcement, and but, then he's like firing it up. I'm I'm coming to win the competition. I'm going. That's what I love. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like very focused on winning. Tough I liked, before he takes on the opponent. Looking no, at the no. phone first. <laughs> he, like he just saw it on the phone. It was like, well, there it is. There's oh, the announcement. He filmed that like a week ago. <laughs> the um, we did a graphic on that on that uh that quote from ESPN that I had just uh, mentioned and Conor McGregor quote tweeted it and did like a crying laughing emoji. So I think we're already starting to see a little bit of the, of the uh, tension um, increasing, but I mean, this is, this is money all around this. This was the play 100%. This was the play. John Jones, 2023, Conor McGregor, 2023. Who would have thought? Yeah. I mean, I think they probably wanted it in 2022 to be honest, but uh, yes, this is, if it all plays out, this could be a really, really big year. You know, the pay-per-views last year, I think, at times were a little bit underwhelming. We've got, I mean, just think about this stretch here coming up. 284, yes. fantastic main event. Fantastic main event. Just pound for pound one versus pound for pound two. Supposedly. Um, <laughs> well, it's not, I mean, where's Leon at? But Leon gets, wow. Leon gets no love? What are we talking okay. about? Okay. He's my number two, if you ask me, but... Uh, you know, Strong whatever. Disagree, but yep. Okay, so you, you, you have that. Then you have March 4th, the return of John Jones against Surreal Gunn. Then you have March 18th, the return of yes. Leon Edwards, Keep trilogy going. fight against Kamaru Usman. Then you have April 8th. Oh, by the way, that was also in the announcement. They're going to Miami, the 305. Jorge Masvidal, Gilbert Burns, incredible. Alex Pereira versus Izzy, four or two, depending on how you view it. I think it should be four. That's incredible. Then, okay, we've got May. We'll see. We've got June. We'll see. We've got International Fight Week, always gigantic. August, we'll see. September, if it's this one, gigantic. And so that is just an incredible six-month or so stretch for the McGregor UFC. Tough. Yeah, mixing the tough. McGregor Chandler right. tough going on for three of those months. Like, I mean, these next four main events for these pay-per-views is unbelievable. Alone, yeah. Like, unbelievable. Sprinkle in a little Francis Ngannou, Tyson Fury, and all of that, no, and uh, we're talking. No, uh, talking. Katie Taylor versus Amanda. Sir. I mean, there's no, so much. There's Park. so much, and we'll get to all that in a bit. But let's get to our first guest of the day, the man that we have just been talking about for the past, you know, 15 or so minutes. The man who will be coaching opposite the Ultimate. Excuse me, coaching opposite Conor McGregor on the Ultimate Fighter, which will begin in May on ESPN and ESPN Plus, and then they'll fight in September. Uh, the one and only Michael Chandler. There he is. What's up, Mike? How are you? What's up, Ariel? Living the dream, man. How are you? Man, you're so good. They had the announcement. You had your own video. You had your own... Th I mean, you are just so freaking ready. It's unbelievable. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the finer details. Yeah, you know, hey, proper proper planning, you know? Uh, obviously, yeah, it was uh, a whirlwind of a couple days trying to figure out if this whole thing was happening and trying to figure out logistics and stuff, so... Here we are, man. So I wanted to uh, get my first reaction right away out to the fans. And I was on on busing with the boys as well. So Your boys. it worked out really well. Yes. The boys, holler, I'm, I'm hopping on the bus. Get the sleepies out of your eyes. We got, a, we got an announcement to make. So when did this first cross your radar? When did the first, like, you know, mention of this come to you? Uh, I mean, obviously, whenever whenever Connor kind of went out there and, and tweeted that he was going to be a, a do the ultimate fighter, uh, immediately I was trying to throw my name in the hat. Um, so some talks were had, uh, but nothing was finalized really until a couple of days ago. Truthfully, wow. you know, like a day or two before it actually got announced. 
Wow. So the initial sort of uh, talks came from you. Like you saw that stuff like we did and you threw your name out. They didn't reach out to you first. Well, no, not really. Oh, but, why are you, you, trying, why are you kayfabing me, Mike? I mean, <laughs> come on. I was going to say, give you credit. It just goes to show like if you want something, go out and get it. But they, they, they came to you first. Yeah. yeah but I mean, hey, I, I do want something and I, I've been trying to go you out have. and get it for the last two years or so. So, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's you couldn't have scripted it any better. And this is the biggest platform that we ever could have asked for. Obviously, the fight itself, but the opportunity to be on uh, uh, ESPN, the network for those all those weeks leading up to this. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Big, big year for for the boy. Yes. Uh, gigantic. I had heard that there was some talks with Nate Diaz. Like, were you being kept uh, abreast of all of that? And, and or was it just like, yo, I'm 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 into this. If you want me, like, let's talk. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I know, obviously for me, I was really worried about myself and was buried, burying my head in the sand as to try not to see anything that was out there or or what was going on because, uh, you know, I knew I was a front runner for this, you know, this whole thing. I've been a front runner for Connor's return for a while. Obviously everyone has, uh, expressed interest in it. Um, but obviously, yeah, we, we know there's, there's always big fights out there when you're talking Connor Diaz. I mean, Miles Vidal had his name in the hat. Tony Ferguson was throwing tweets out there, which I don't know if that was, you know, if he was a legitimate candidate or whatnot, but um, ultimately here we are and we start filming here soon, hopefully. Was there any concern on on your part that the loss to Dustin would take you out of the running for a Connor return fight? Um, ultimately, you, you always think always the always the negatives that come from losing a fight. You know, obviously I had my my sights set on beating Dustin and then uh, watching the fight this weekend and seeing who my next opponent was going to be for the title. Um, but as fate would have it, you know, lost that fight and wasn't quite sure what was going to happen, who was going to be next. Uh, I knew I wanted big fights, big stages, and doesn't get any bigger than this. But um, ultimately, man, when you're fighting the best guys in the entire world uh, on any given night, you could suffer a loss like I did. And it deterred me for a second. Definitely uh, hurt. That one hurt for sure, physically and emotionally. But if a bad thing happens, but a good thing comes from it, was it really a bad thing? That's what we mm. must ask ourselves as human beings. Yes. By the way, uh, what's what's a bigger deal for you, a Conor McGregor fight or a title fight right now? That's funny because that's been the, that's been the question over the last year or so. Because you know, you know, I've been focused on trying to get that title, making my way toward the title. Um, losing to Dustin, obviously that uh, that light got dimmed a little bit. You know, the the thoughts of that happening were were definitely a couple fights away at that point. So. Now I'm focused on the the task at hand and obviously the biggest fight I could have ever asked for, plus the the caveat and the extra promotion, the extra being uh being stuck in the microcosm, uh, for better or worse, on cameras 24-7, on microphones 24-7 at the ultimate fighter, on the ultimate fighter, in the ultimate fighter competition. The competition starts right now. So I say the counter fight, uh, obviously because of the way the last couple months have have happened and the the last um the last fight, but it's going to be fun. Got a big year. And just curious, was it ever like, hey, do you want to fight Connor? And then they came back and said, hey, do you want to fight the ultimate fighter? Or was it always this package deal? Um, I think it all just, I mean, no talks had been happening between me fighting Connor necessarily until this whole thing happened with, with the ultimate fighter. I mean, I think, you know, obviously I think the first story that broke or the news that broke was Connor saying that he was yeah. going to be a coach on the ultimate fighter. Was that solidified at that point or not? I'm not quite sure. Like I said, I'm a guy who uh, I show up 
And I sign my name on the dotted line. I say yes to most things that make a lot of sense. I don't ask a lot of questions. And uh, I think you're seeing the fruits of my labor pay off now. My understanding is this fight is happening at 170. Is that, is that accurate? I don't have any understanding of, of weight classes or whatnot. Um, I haven't been talked about it once again. haven't even asked because if I have to make 155, I will make 155. I by no means want to make 155. Oh, um, so you'd be happy with 170? Yeah. Oh, I'll be ecstatic with 170. Okay. I would rather fight at 170. It is not the only reason I've never missed weight in my entire life, wrestling or mixed martial arts over the last 22 years, was because I am just a little bit more disciplined than, than a lot of people are willing to be for longer periods of time than most people are willing to be disciplined. Uh, I by no means make 155 easily. Um, it's only because of 12 weeks of a calorie restricted diet and doing extra when a lot of people don't have to, to make their weight classes. So 170 is a dream come true for me. So I can be at my biggest, my baddest and my best. Just like I said, I wanted Connor at, that's when I called him out after the Ferguson fight. I want him as, at his most dangerous and his biggest and his baddest. So Connor's looking big and, uh, I can't wait to go out there and compete against him. So if this fight happens at 170, which again, this is what I have heard. Um, and you look great and you do great and you win the fight, is it possible your days of 55 are done? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I think uh, goal number one, crush it on the ultimate fighter. Um, goal number two, beat Connor, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I still, I still want to be wearing UFC gold uh, in the near future, whether that's a 155, 170. Um, obviously, 155 is the only point of reference that we can have right now because I have traditionally been a, a, a 155er. Uh, fighting this fight at 170 will definitely give me the opportunity to see how I compete and how I feel at 170. Um, I train with a lot of welterweights, uh, some big name welterweights in the UFC and the other organizations. So I, by no means am a small, um, I'm a smaller 170 pounder, but you've seen a lot of guys have a lot of success with that. Uh, I, I, Frankie Edgar, one of the greatest fighters of all time, didn't really cut much weight to make 155, but so I've always watched that. I am no spring chicken. Uh, I am heavy, so uh, you know making one fifty five is never fun. But once again, I sign my name on the dotted line, and I and I see through to my commitment. I know your debut, your MMA debut, is at one seventy. Right, and you've had some catch weights. When's the last time yeah. though you ever fought above fifty five? Oh man, it was like my third fight, and oh. yeah, that basically back then, you, you know how like the the regional circuits are. It's like, hey, we're gonna put you on this card, and we're gonna try to find you an opponent. The next, you know, one one opponent pulls out, the next opponent comes in, he's at 170, you say yes. So I think I fought my first fight at 170. Second fight was at like 165 or 170. Then I then I fought at a catchweight at 160. And then I've been 155 ever since because I went into the Bellator tournament. And then, uh, yeah, I've been 155 ever since. But I've gained about 15, 20 pounds of, of right. muscle and uh, old man strength since then. So That's true. Um, when do you go to Vegas? Uh, going to Vegas the next week or so and starting to film because obviously it airs uh, it airs in May, you May, said, right? Yeah, May 30th, right? May through August. So, um, yeah, so we got some filming to do. Still got a lot of details to figure out, coaches and ho hotel, house, transportation, all of that kind of stuff, and then get thrown into the fire right away of being a coach, which I'm really excited about. You know, I by no means want to be a coach when I'm done fighting, um, but this eight week, 10 week, 12 week stint, whatever it's going to be taking this as serious as I possibly can, because somebody, somebody's life and career is on the line, not their life sure. physically, heartbeat, yeah, yeah. but you know, their future is on the line. Their future is in my hands. I get the opportunity 
to coach these young men or women at whatever weight class they are. And all those details haven't, haven't been, um, at least released to me yet. Um, but either way I take this stuff seriously and, and the competition for whenever I fight Connor later this year starts right now. I want to beat him on the ultimate fighter. I want to be a better coach than he is. I want to be a better motivator than he is. I want to have a better presence with my team and our success than he does get in his face, uh, metaphorically, physically, uh, verbally, and, uh, kind of see what happens. By the way, I'm a little surprised that you don't want to be a coach. I feel like you would be a great coach. Like, I feel like you're a motivator. I mean, you've done it all. How come? Man, I think uh, it's it's a good question. I don't know. As of right now, you know, talk to me when I yeah. retire. Um, but as of right now, I just don't think, well, I can tell you this, this, this sport has taken a toll on me, man. It's taken a toll on my family. Uh, it's hard for me to leave my family for stints of time and invest so much time, energy, and and care into my career to provide for them, let alone doing it for someone else. Now, I don't want to sit here and act like I'm a selfish person, but you know, my wife and my boys and future kids, if we have more kids is, is that's what's important to me. So sacrificing more time, energy, effort, and resources for someone else's career is going to be really tough for me. I, I could see myself speaking on stages, coaching online, business coaches, masterminds, something outside of just the X's and O's of mixed martial arts. Um, but, you know, hey, talk to me after the Ultimate Fighter. We'll hop on here yeah. and uh, I'll let you know how uh, how it goes. Because I do see myself as a coach down in my gym in Florida with with all the guys. I'm, I'm one of the older guys in the gym. I've been there, done that. Um, I have a certain level of platform compared to everybody. So I get I get asked questions all the time and I'm helping guys all the time. So I'm technically a leader, captain, coach there as well. Um, but this will be the first time that I'm really in that coaching role, Coach Chandler. You know, I'm going to show up like a wrestling coach. Tuck my tuck my sweatshirt yes. into my sweat whistle, wrestling shoes, Daniel Cormier style. Uh, you know, so we'll uh, we'll see, man. It's gonna be fun. You gotta also tuck the sweatpants into the socks if you're wearing sweatpants, Absolutely. right? That's yes. that's a yes, key for right. a wrestling coach. By the way, speaking of your family, what are you gonna do? Um, I mean, that's a long time to be away. What are you guys gonna do? It is. We're setting, you know, we're setting wheels in motion, um, setting up some plans, trying to get stuff figured out. Yeah, it's hard for me to to be away from them, especially now where obviously when I leave. I'm leaving now for work and then daddy, daddy's got to work. And my son Hap knows, especially that like every man has to work. And he has a very good relationship with the idea that you have to go work and you have to be away for times. You have to go be selfish in order to be home and be selfless. Um, but ultimately, yeah, we're, you know, I want to make sure I have a house out there, fly my family out, you know, when I can, I don't even know, are we filming 24 seven or are we filming right. two hours a day? I have no idea, you know? So we don't really quite know until we get in there and start making decisions on the fly. Luckily I've got, a great relationship with the UFC ESPN, as well as I have phenomenal management with Dave Martin and Randall Alleman. Randall is local. He's lived in Vegas his entire life. So we've been on the phone call nonstop since it got announced and we're setting up stuff to get everything set up. But um, ultimately I'm going to see them no matter what, even if I got to not sleep, not sleep for a, a few nights or days or whatever to make sure I get my time with my family. Um, so this is gigantic for multiple reasons for you being on the ultimate fighter at ESPN, the Connor fight. Does it feel a little bit, I don't know, surreal that you're in this spot now? You've had a lot of crazy things happen for the last two or so years since coming to the UFC. But, you know, for a guy that was on the outside looking in of this orbit, and now it's Ultimate Fighter, it's ESPN, it's Conor freaking McGregor. Does does it feel too good to be true? Does it feel, you know, like how, how are you processing all of this? Because this is the spot. This is, this is the spot that every single fighter at 45 to 70 has been asking for for the past two years, and you got it. 
Yeah, you know, it's uh it is pretty crazy. You know, I I remember being on the outside looking in and always seeing these huge stages and huge opportunities and huge things that I felt like were passing me by or I was you know, and I'm very happy with my career and I'm very happy with the the road that I took. I'm very happy with the patience that I showed, the strategy that myself and my management kind of put ourselves through every single every single big decision that we had to make, but it is very fitting and uh very I think ironic that the Conor McGregor who came into the to the UFC and was constantly talking about what was going on up in his mind and how he manifested things, how he saw things, how he willed things into existence. And now we see the Conor that we see today and who he is today. And he made all that stuff happen for himself from welfare plumber to who Conor McGregor is now. And I truly believe I've seen this, you know, not exactly this happening, but stages like this happening, platforms like this happening, and notoriety like this happening, and blessings like this happening since I wasn't even signed with the organization. Um, it, it's a very powerful position to be on the outside looking in, getting to study the way the industry works, the way organizations operate, the way fighters operate, the way uh, just everything, the puzzle pieces get connected. So, I mean, this is my 14th year as a mixed martial artist, and now this is the biggest stage, biggest platform, biggest opportunity I ever could have asked for in every single aspect of mm-hmm. it. Uh, not to mention, and that's just that's just catching the lightning in a bottle called a Conor McGregor fight um, with just the massive platform that it is. You know, when everybody talks about the red panty night and the big money fight and all that kind of stuff, yeah, the money is great too, but the the opportunity to be in something that everybody cares about is what I want. A platform where all the eyeballs are watching, everybody is tuning in, everybody is buying the pay-per-view for that night, that moment, that opportunity. And then you couple that with the opportunity to be on ESPN, the network, for a month and a half, two months, every Tuesday night or whatever it's going to be. People are going to be tuning in and the tension is going to be pal- palpable and the buildup and lead up to this thing could be the biggest pay-per-view that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I... uh you know, obviously I, I am a wishful thinker. I have confident expectancy for myself to show up and uh, build this thing. Connor knows how to build things. So we're about to have a blast. You think 2 million is a possibility? I feel like it is. What do you think? I think 5 million is a possibility. Dang, really? No. <laughs> I, like, no. Shit. I mean, traditionally, yeah. yeah. Traditionally, if you look at, you know, you look at the the numbers. Um, I think 2 million is, is, is not just a possibility. I think it's, I think it's very very achievable and very attainable. I think what, what I have, you know, you know me, it's hard for me to be, you know, toot my own horn, but what I think what I've created is, is this level of intrigue and and mystique that when I, when I show up on fight night and that cage door closes, all hell breaks loose and my foot is on the gas. I haven't seen a brake pedal at all since I signed with the organization, honestly, since I started fighting. Um, and it's just continued to build and build and build so you look at why this fight got made, Connor knows it's going to do big numbers. You look at why this why this um, matchup, the UFC knows it's going to be a massive fight. And can we tip our hat to Connor McGregor? I am not the easiest fight for him to come back against after two years of layoff. Everyone can say he's rich, he's famous, he's this, he's that, whatever he is. But Connor chose uh, with the UFC a not easy a not easy night in that UFC octagon, and that to me, is indicative of a guy who needs something special and needs something a little bit dangerous, needs something a little bit scary to keep him on that straight and narrow between now and 
this late summer, fall, whenever this fight happens. And that to me gets me excited because I know he is motivated and excited. What do you think the uh, dynamic will be like on the show? What do you think the relationship will be like when, when you guys are together and seeing each other every day for a few weeks? I think in this, in this particular scenario, it's always good until it isn't, you know, <laughs> it's you know, obviously right now it's right now it's, it's good. Connor has been respectful of me. I have been respectful of him. Um, I think we both have a lot of mutual respect for our strength of schedules, our resumes, our standing in the sport, if you will. Um, but you get stuck with somebody on camera nonstop 24 seven for four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, however long this is, um, things happen that are out of your control and sometimes out of character. So I don't know if we're going to see the brash loudmouth trash talking in your face, Connor, or we're going to see the respectable Connor, or we're going to see one on Monday, a different one on Tuesday and a mixture of, of that, of both on Wednesday. But the beautiful thing is we get to figure it out, navigate and negotiate it in real time. And the fans at home watching on ESPN uh, get to be the beneficiaries of it. And every single week, it's going to be must-see TV leading up to the biggest fight of the year. You fought on the same card in Abu Dhabi, and I know you were on the stage together at the press conference. Other than that interaction, do you have any other interactions with him? No other interactions. Um, you know, and that was and that was that was respectable, Connor. That yeah. was a respectable, not yeah. respectable. He is respectable, but yeah. that was respectful, Connor. Uh, you know, when when he had that fight in Abu Dhabi, he did come up, shake my hand. You know, hey, you know, welcome to the organization. Glad to have you. You know, good good job up there. Whatever. Um, and since then, it's been a little bit of uh, social media respect here and there, but everything changes when you're in person with somebody. And not to mention the the pressures of that scenario. When I got eight young men or women or sixteen, whatever it is, uh, and I'm taking it seriously to go out there and win, not just win every single fight, but dominate every single fight. Make sure these these young fighters are are in the best position in their lives. So. Um, that gum, man. I the good thing is I have zero expectations. Am I do, am I ready for the trash talk and the witty cunning tongue of of uh Connor? Absolutely. Um, but I'm just going in with arms wide open, excited to go go on a journey that is about to blow, I think, my mind and a lot of people's minds. Uh I, I think I saw over the weekend, um you, you spoke about the fight over the weekend and MMA fighting made a little like a uh, quote card thingy on social and he quote tweeted it with a laughing emoji, but I think it was about like how you're going to beat him, Mystic Mike and all that stuff. And that's the only thing that I've seen where it's like him sort of responding in a, I don't even want to call it confrontational, but like, did, did you see that as well? And if so, what was your take on that? I did. I missed it until somebody retweeted it because okay. I didn't, you know, didn't see it, but I mean, it's good. Whatever. I think, uh, if I was in his position and he said that to me, I would laugh as well. Um, but that's what I see. That's what, how I break this fight down. That's how I analyze it. Um, like you, like everyone else who's been following this sport, I've, I've followed Connor's career, the highs and the lows, the, uh, the things that he has done awesome, the things that he has, the times that he has faltered. I've seen it all on a national stage and on display. And, uh, I break this fight down by me going out there and I think finishing him within the first couple rounds of the fight. Um, but the beautiful thing is, this whole thing is just going to build and build and build. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am to share the octagon with him later on this year, but it starts today and we get to do this whole long journey together. Uh, and there's going to be some highs, some lows, some ups, some downs, some holy cows. Did he really say that type of things? Holy cow, did that actually happen on national TV things? And uh, 
it's gonna be a blast. You know, uh, I think most people would say I'm, I'm, I'm preparing, I'm expecting the best Connor, the Connor of 2015, 2016, etc. But considering everything he's been through, let's not forget also a massive injury, right? Two years ago that could change the way you are as a fighter, as a person. Is there a part of you that is expecting a lesser version of the Connor that we saw? Like in, you know, in actuality, who are you expecting to see? It's a good question. No, and no, I'm not. I mean, number one, that's one of my safeguards. Always expect the best opponent, um, the best version of your opponent. Um, number two, like I said, the fact that it's me standing on the other side of the octagon is indicative of a man who who wants da- wants a dangerous fight, who is hungry for something that makes people feel something and moves people. You don't you don't sign on the dotted line and 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 stand on the other side of the, the octagon with me unless you know that hell is coming toward you. Um, it's just my style. It's who it's who I am to my core. Uh, that is cloth, the cloth that I am cut from. So I see this as could Connor have come back and fought somebody not as dangerous? Absolutely. But he didn't and he's not and he's going to fight me. So I think and also what he said in his tweet about when he announced that he was going to be on the Ultimate Fighter, this was a perfect opportunity to have full immersion. I think his first love is fighting. His first love is mixed martial arts. Without the sport of mixed martial arts, he's not the Connor that we all know. It's not boxing. It's not movies. It's not business. It's not whiskey. It's not all these other things. His first love, his passion, what makes him tick is mixed martial arts. Now, he's had the luxury of being able to step away when he wants to step away. Um, and also obviously an injury, but he can step away for as long as he wants because he has the finances to do so. However, on his comeback fight, he's fighting me, one of the the most kind of, I think, chaotic, most dangerous, most powerful guys in the division. So I think we're going to see the best Connor that we've ever seen starting his training camp inside the Ultimate Fighter House, which is a great way for him to kind of pull himself back into mixed martial arts and coach and honestly see these young hungry, talented mm. fighters who he sees parts of himself in. He sees the Connor who was laying on the, the couch and Kavanaugh had to pull him off the couch to get him to come to the gym. And now here he is with a bunch of zeros in his bank account. He sees that he's nostalgic about the sport of mixed martial arts, studies it, is interested in it, loves it. It's his first love. So I think we're going to see a very motivated Connor McGregor. Takedown attempt line set at three. We going with the over or the under? As far as what? Oh, three? In- um yeah do you shoot uh, once do you even shoot once maybe after we have a little bit of fun yeah. you know we gotta have a little bit of fun. <laughs> we gotta have a little bit of fun out there yes and wherever the fight is hopefully it's in vegas by the way a little quick fact i have been signed with the organization this is my sixth fight and i haven't fought in vegas yet so i hope this fight is in vegas connor yeah. notoriously no pun intended fights in vegas every time so um man it's we got to have a little bit of fun before a shot takes place. Yo, Allegiant Stadium, home of the Raiders. I feel like this could be it, right? Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I haven't. I have not. But man, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. connor has been talking about Croke Park in Ireland. Yeah. He's been talking about, remember the Jerry Jones, mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Connor can fill a stadium. A Connor fight can fill a stadium. Connor's comeback fight against one of the most dangerous most ex- and the most exciting guy in the division. We sell the thing out for sure. So, I hope so. I might actually call him today and be like, yo, boys, let's really start working on this Allegiant Stadium thing, man. We'll see. Um, Do you know who, can you hear me, by the way? Yeah. You you can, yes? Yeah, okay, can you hear me? Uh, Do you know who your coaches are going to be at? Oh, man, that has been one thing that it's not easy. So 
I'm basically asking these people to make a four to six week commitment uh, in a matter of a seven day notice, right? So obviously I've got a phenomenal team and stable of coaches down in Florida. Obviously I would love to have Henry Hoof there the entire time. That's probably, you know, that's not going to happen. Jason Stroud as well, our other striking coach and one of our one of our lead uh, assistant coaches who's been traveling all around the country following and coaching and cornering our team. I'm going to have a mixture of those two guys for the striking as well as, um, you know, a couple other guys that we've got at the gym. I talked to Gilbert Burns yesterday. I would love to have him come out. Obviously, he's got his fight with Masvidal coming up. So my one stipulation of the big thing was, hey, man, I'm not asking you to do this uh, unless you 100% want to do it and it benefits you for sure from a training aspect and it's not going to take you out of your game because I know it would be hard for me to make that commitment. So still finalizing coaches, still throwing names out there. Um, obviously, I can run the strength and conditioning and the wrestling aspect of it especially and then oversee everything else. Um, but I really want to bring in a really good striking coach and a really good grappling coach and uh, make sure these young men or women are uh, put in a good spot for fight night. Two last things. Uh, by the way, who do you think wins, Islam or Alex, this weekend? Dude, I'm, I waver back and forth on this fight every single time I answer it. I just answered it earlier today, and I said Volk- I think Volkanovski can weather, kind of weather the somewhat of a one-dimensional attempt of Islam, but if Islam is able to do what he wants to do, do what he needs to do to win, it's going to be a hard night at the office for Volk. I still, I still favor Volk in this. I do think as a 145-er, I think he carries that, that weight that he used to be at, that 200-something pound rugby player. I think he carries that strength. I think Islam will be surprised um, at how strong Volk is at, one, you know, at 155, being a 145-pounder. Volkanovski just has too many tools, and, and, he's, and his fight IQ is very, very high. So if I give the edge, it's Volk, but it's not, it's not, a, it's not a big edge. Can't wait for that. By the way, uh, any sense of pride? I don't know if you watched Did you watch your former organization, Bellator on CBS, this weekend? Any, any, I mean, you helped build them. You were the face of the organization. Was there any sense of pride, or are you so far removed from them now that you don't feel any of that anymore? Uh, definitely not removed. I mean, there's still, uh, you know, there's still some nostalgia in me that, that says, I mean, let's you call a spade a spade, man. Without, without them and I building the organization and them helping build me together, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be here, right? So, um, Scott Coker texted me, congratulations on this. Like, I still have a phenomenal relationship with everybody at Bellator. Um, I, I actually missed the fight um, because uh, I have a long daddy duty. And then uh, my wife was out of town. So, um, but man, they're, they're, you know, they're doing awesome. Obviously, Bader's a great friend of mine. Used to wrestle with Johnny Eblen. Fedor retiring. I, I, I was honored enough to share the, uh, the same card as Fedor once or twice. You know, so the last emperor is now uh, now retired, and I wish him the best of the best of luck and great health in, in retirement. And we wish you the very best. And uh, by the way, congrats! Uh, new new contract recently, right? New contract recently, yeah. Look at you. So, things are looking up. This yeah. whole fighting thing might work out for me, Ariel. It yeah. might work out. For I me think it has eventually. <laughs> I think it has. I think it has. Uh, you are killing it. Congratulations. You have really willed this into existence. You were talking about it since the moment you got there. And again, you're not just getting the massive fight that everyone wanted. You're getting the platform. You're getting the show. You're getting ESPN Linear. I mean, it's really an incredible deal. And uh, I have a feeling you will uh, rise to the occasion and uh, we'll, we'll use it very well. So thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it. I know it's a very busy time. Safe travels out there. Good luck on the show. And hopefully we could talk about the experience whenever it wraps up. 
We sure will. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. All right, there he is, Michael Chandler. And uh, big stuff there for uh, him. Big opportunity for him. Great opportunity for him. Uh, great for me that, uh, you know, my headphones weren't working, but uh, we figured it out, Frank. We figured it out. Yes, I could hear at the very, very end over there. How about that? Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So, uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. Uh, I can't wait. Um, that is massive. And the 170 stuff I think is fascinating. And just the way he hypes it up, the way he talks about it, um, still no date I'm told attached to the fight, but it kind of hit me in the moment. They could, they could probably sell Legion stadium, right? I feel like they could sell Legion stadium. Legion stadium, by the way, is the home of the Raiders where they play football. Um, it's pretty big. It was home of the, uh, the pro bowl. Uh, or whatever the Pro Bowl was called yesterday. Pro Bowl games. Pro Bowl games. Did you watch it? I watched some of it. Uh, Stephon Diggs struggled in the, the catch mm-hmm. competition, but... Didn't watch any of it. Was it a game and a skills thing? Dude, it was It was pretty lame. It was like three flag football games. Each game cost like however many points. Then they did like a catch competition and like O-line drills and running back drills. And those each, you know, were however many points. It was, know, it was pretty lame. Go back to Hawaii. Yeah, I like the Hawaii one. And I well, like when they wore their the actual Hawaii uniforms. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Or they wore like the red and blue jerseys with their helmets. Right. By th- oh, fantastic. By the way, Michael Chandler's uh, podcast setup, fantastic, as expected. Yeah. The camera, <laughs> the, 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 the audio, all that, way better than mine. And uh, <laughs> I feel like scale of one to 10, like if you were at an eight as far as excitement, you're probably at a 12 now after listening to him. Couldn't be more excited. Yeah. <laughs> like the way that he did it. I mean, that walk-on hoodie's pretty nice too. Like the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The washed-out black. Might have to cop one for this, you know, yep. summer months. Yep, for the post show. All right. Uh, well, there's Michael Chandler. Exciting stuff from him. Now, last week on the show, my friends, we had Jorge Masvidal, game bread, on to talk about his return fight against Gilbert Burns, April eighth. We found out over the weekend, Miami. So they're going back to the three hundred five for the first time since April of twenty oh three. That's how long ago it was. We didn't even call it 2003. We called it 2003. It was UFC 42, Sudden Impact. 
Play-by-play man, Joe Rogan. Color, Phil Baroni. Crazy. That's the last time they were in Miami. I know they've been to Florida, but Miami, 20 years ago, essentially. They're now going back April 8th for that card headlined by Alex Pereira versus Israel Desenia 4 and also Jorge. But here's the thing. Jorge told us last week he's coming back on in a week to announce some massive news. Some people say that. Sometimes it doesn't come to fruition. He is a man of his word. Let's say hello once again to Gamebred. There he is. And he's driving once again as well. Hello, sir. How are you? What's up, man? What's going on? Yes, the 305. And uh, we're not doing any uh, extracurricular activities. I don't want to get in trouble, all right? Yes? I'm just driving, man. I don't know about you, bro. Driving, man. Legend. All right. Uh, Well, this is great. Uh, By the way, can I just ask before we get into the news, and I'm very excited to hear all this news because you've been hyping it up to me. I don't know what is going on, but you... You already broke the news. The the fight is in Miami. That was it. That That was was it? Oh, shit. So we can hang up now? (laughs) Yeah, I'll talk to you later, man. Oh, all right. Well, there it is. Dana stole our surprise. 20 years. You know, you know who was at that uh, event 20 years ago as a young professional watching? Really? Wow, I didn't know that. Right here. Damn right. And I've been 20 years in the sport. I was around like I had just turned 18. And I had one professional fight and I was like, what? The UFC's coming here? And bam, I was there, man. Um, I had about like one pro fight already. And I knew that that, that was going to be my, my life was going to be um, competing in mixed martial arts 20 years later. I'm at the top of the heap. I'm in the UFC. I'm bringing it back to my city. It is like the greatest full circle 360 thing to me, man. I, I feel so honored that, that I'm the one that gets to bring it back. And so far, the reception I've had from my city everywhere, like all the hardcore fans of MMA that have been wanting to show here, coming up to me, hugging me. Some people are like a little emotional stuff. And they're like, man, thank you for bringing the show back here to Miami, Florida. And represent for the whole world, man. So let's go. Dade County, what's up? You know, uh, Broward, what's up? For sure. And I remember like 10 years ago, people were like, why are you going to here in Florida? There, Why can't you go to Miami? There's a huge stadium. It's a beautiful stadium where the Heat play. And Dana used to say the last time they were there, they didn't sell a lot of tickets. So it was a bit of a bummer. What do you think? You think they sell out this time? Well, we're on the card, you know it, man. Yeah. That, that's uh but UFC's always wanted a card with me here in Miami so we could sell out, break records, break attendance. So we're, we're going to shut it down. You know, Miami, as everybody knows, has a lot of options. On any given day, any artist could be performing, basketball, football, whatever it may be. Right. So they, they had to make sure that the Ducks were in a row. And we're gonna, I'm going to fuck somebody up. That's all I know. Yes. Well, you're fighting Gilbert Burns. By the way, uh, that fight in 2003, where were you sitting? Like, were you in the rafters? Where, where were your seats? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere in that mix, you know? We're just working for, for money back then. Money didn't come around that often, you know? So maybe like an $80, $100 ticket was everything, you know? It was like, wow, look at this, you know? Um, so it was cool. It was a cool experience. I got there by, by a train, I remember. I almost uh, missed like a train, so I would have missed a couple fights. It was a good experience. You know? It was uh, it was amazing. I, I want to say it was actually my first live UFC event as well. Wow. That is inc- and, and And could you yeah. even imagine, like, if someone would have told you, oh, you'd be in the UFC one, like, was that an impossible dream back then? Or were you trying to... No. In- no? no? Okay. No, 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 no. Not... 
Not one bit impossible. I, I think, uh, what, Matt Hughes and Sean Shirk might have fought that night? Mm-hmm. I think I might be wrong. Um, no, but definitely not. It's, it's, as I was there, it was like, wow. Um, somewhat surreal, you know, because you see the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life is here. But since like 13, 14, I, I, I knew that this is all I'm going to do the rest of my life. So it's just a matter of time. I don't know when I'm getting in there, but I'm getting in there, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that was my thought process since I saw it. By the way, who do you think gets cheered for more on the card? You or Gilbert, since Gilbert lives in uh, South Florida as well? <laughs> I still got jokes today, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Any chance, by the way? I'm not suggesting you should, but just because it's so beautiful, full circle, symbolic, this and that. Any chance you win this fight and, and you call it a career? This is the way to go out in Miami or no? Oh no, brother! No. Okay, all right. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I got some, I got some plans in my notebook. I've been writing down. I got a, I got a lot of things to accomplish before I close this chapter in my life. So this is just a great way to re-energize my career. Last time I got, I got to go to England and restart it all again. Um, the resurrection, as they called it, you know. And that was in England. It was great energy. It was a great crowd over there. Now I'm gonna get to do it in my hometown. Something I haven't done in. I, I can't tell you last time I fought in my own city. So it's an honor, it's a pleasure. And I like the, the weight that it puts on my shoulder. It grounds me to the earth. And it just makes me want to train harder than ever, man. I feel I feel like a young kid again, just waking up, training. And I feel great, man. So I'm at a great headspace mentally. And your mind is ready, your body can take on, on the task. Okay, so... We have the big announcement. It's time for it. Let's not beat around the bush. The one thing I want to ask you is, I remember last week when you were on, you were driving and then you parked somewhere and then your connection got a lot better. And I, So I don't want it to be choppy during the announcement. Are you far away from that stop? Because it gets a little choppy when you're driving and I don't want anything to be... No, I'm, I'm like... I'm like four minutes from that stop so should we you know? should we should we talk a little bit more about or other stuff before because i want the announcement to be clean and now i'm a little worried it's yeah. going to be choppy what do you think oh let's go talk it up man. okay go, man. you can always chop it up okay uh just curious what you want to talk about? I, well i wanted to ask you about you uh, the no i got nothing of that sort but uh, what do you think of this uh no nothing like that nothing like that uh this chandler mcgregor announcement what do you think no. of this what what's the exact announcement? They're fighting each other. They're fighting each other, and also they're going to be coaching on the Ultimate Fighter um, opposite each other. I was just wondering, were you in the mix for any of that? Nah, hell no. Connor knows I'm gonna break his fucking eye orbital, and in a bad way. And I'm not gonna gas out like a lot of these guys that he calls out. And I'm just bad for his brand. I'm gonna beat the shit out of him. I'm gonna stand in front of him and I'll do him in what he's so called stand up. You know, he's not. He's not gonna see the likes of me, man. I'm too technical, too big for him. So, you know, I'm never, I'm never in that um discussion. But maybe one day it will be. You know, I don't know. Okay, did, have they ever talked to you about doing the Ultimate Fighter? I think once they did, right? Was it maybe you and Colby or something like that? Yeah. No, no, no. You and Nate. Me and Usman. Usman. No, me and Usman. Me and Usman uh, for the second fight, and it was gonna be in like we're gonna start filming like September or something like that, and then all of a sudden they call like. Six weeks later, and they're like, hey, never mind. Uh, we need you to fight in April. That's when I fought Usman and Jacksonville, and they completely, like, switched it up, the times, the dates, everything. So uh, that that's the only time they've uh, really considered for, for me to coach the ultimate fighter. You were open to it, though? 
Definitely. I was definitely hoping to. I, I understand the game well. You know, I'm here to sell pay-per-views and being on the Ultimate Fighter helps you. It's a huge platform to sell pay-per-views and I'm all about that. I mean, that would have been cool. But yes, I remember they uh, they 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 shortened the time that you had to prepare for the second fight with Usman, right? Yeah, yeah, drastically. You know, it went from being on the Ultimate Fighter starting somewhere in September and we'd fight by like, I don't know, mid-October to early November to... So it got moved to April, Damn. whatever it was, you know. But whatever, man. It's a fight game, man. You gotta, you gotta stay hungry and ready. It's like, uh, like just being a soldier and they call you up for war, man. You better just be ready, you know. That's true. By the way, on uh, Saturday we saw another great young uh, American top team product, Johnny Eblen, defend his uh, belt. How good is this guy? Last week we were talking about Bo Nickel, but uh, I mean, he looks incredible. How good is he? You ever trained with him? John, man, I've been on your show 20 times talking about Johnny Evelyn. You forgot already? Well, I don't I've been know. talking about John Evelyn since he was an amateur, man. Um, you go back to interviews anywhere. I've said it. This guy's going to be a Bellator champion. And I'll tell you right now, if you go to UFC, he'd be a UFC champion. He has all the goods. And, and right now, there's not a lot of people that could even grapple with him. Forget that he has fucking great hands, great power. And I'm telling you, this guy lives at the gym. It's like he, he wasn't here today, and I was shocked he just fought Saturday because I'm sure he's going to be there tomorrow, and he's going to do some type of workout. He's going to work out. He's going to hit the back. He's going to run. He's going to jump rope. And then once his body gets a little bit more healed up, like nothing happened, man. He is in practice constantly just getting better. And it, he, he's one of these guys that wrestled his whole life, right? And let's say like Paul Nickel comes in or, or any top wrestler. A lot of good, good wrestlers don't like to go with other good wrestlers. He's finding you out. He's grabbing you by the hand. Hey, you're going to be my drill partner, and then we're going to go live, and boom. So that that's why it shows, man. He's constantly pushing. I mean, I, I tell you with no with no hairs on my tongue, no no nothing, but he is the best middleweight right now currently in the world. I, wow. I truly believe that. Yeah, I, I've been, I, I was saying it before the Musashi fight. Like, this is one of the best middleweights in the world. And what I, after he, because to me, Musashi's not only is he a legend, but he's so fucking good, so crafty, doesn't get hurt good everywhere you could take the guy down you're not going to do no damage and then he'll just get up and then get right back in your face i think musashi's one of the better fighters at 185 and um how johnny beat him it really showed how ahead of the pack he is you know his performance on saturday put another staple on it we got another um american top team standout competing for bellator soon as well urisoff mm. 170 pound champ. this is another guy i'm telling you he's a fucking problem and he's one of the best world to weight in the whole world Okay. All right. So I can't wait any longer. All right. So I don't know if you're oh. parked or not, but I, I'm I'm dying to know here. Okay. So let's go. What do you got for us? What's this announcement? We've been teasing it for two weeks here. What do you got? Lay it on me. Hmm. I'm fighting April eighth in Miami, dog. What you mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. People would hate me if that was the big announcement after uh, ah! after all this. Listen. Let's start it. Let's start with this. One week before my fight, April first. This is straight boxing. This is game bred boxing. This is just bulk sale. Box. Yes. Box. With the gloves, all that stuff, right? No, it's not bare knuckle, okay? Boxing, all yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tickets going to sell actually today at 2 p.m. We're going to be. This is a good one. I'm excited. This is talking about two months and a half, three months of hard work. Me and my team, shout out to Dean Tool, shout out to everybody involved in these deals. Um, It, it was a lot of work in progress. So I just I'm gonna read the card to you very naturally, you know, and just okay, go okay. from there. Now, can I get my thoughts as you're reading for each fight, or what yes. are we do? Are we announcing Let's the card here? Card. What, what's happening? We're announcing the card top to bottom. Oh shit! Um, All right. 
we got a guy by the name of Dylan Klecker. It's going to deck somebody's face in, man. This guy's got about 24 fights. He's got four bare knuckle fights. He's got, like, I think four boxing, a couple MMA. And I think he has, his record might be wrong. Um, I think it's 24 wins. And I think three, 23 of them are by knockout. This okay. guy comes literally the fucking scrap. He's fighting Josh Burns, talented heavyweight. Dude could throw, dude can move. It's going to be fucking good. No, my bad. Klecker's 10 and 1. Uh, pro MMA is 3 and 1. Boxing, all of his wins are by knockout. Okay. Uh, by the way, don't don't look at the phone while you're driving. This is making me nervous here. I mean, okay. I just, uh, then, okay, okay. We got Roy Jones Jr. Sr. trained student from the moment he picked up the jump rope. So right now he's 13 and 0. He's 67 and 4 as an amateur. He's 13 and 0 as a professional. This dude is talented as can be, man. And you just you you look at him and you can't imagine how talented he is. This guy's gonna, I think, be world champion. He's gonna be in the conversation of fighting guys like Gervantes Davis and Ryan Garcia and all these guys in a couple of years. It's just it, this is gonna be one of his breakouts for the world to know. This kid is What's his name? Crazy talented. He's What's his name? Huh? Devin Cushion. Okay, okay. Devin Cushion, yeah. Fighting, fighting Damian Marciano from Argentina. Okay. It's going to be a great fight. Moving on the card, we got Pearl Gonzalez versus Gina Mazzani. I hope I didn't say that yeah, wrong. You did. You, you said it right. You said it right. Right. Oh, thank you. Two former UFC we fighters got, competing in a boxing match. Former UFC fighters competing in a boxing match. We got Paul Daly, the British assassin. What? I mean, this guy's got a hook. Yeah, we got Paul Daly, the British assassin, left hooked from hell versus Anthony Taylor. Wait Let's a second. Go. Paul Let's Daly go. retired. Paul, Paul, da Paul Daly, the Semtex. British assassin, the fucking Semtex, the fucking lethal left hook. Fucking, this guy's a great fighter. I've always wanted to see boxing. I've always thought that he's one of the guys that could fucking hold the flag for all of us in MMA, in boxing. I'm so glad we got this fucking guy in there. Against Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor, the guy who knocked out Dylan Dennis in the, uh, in the parking lot. That's your kind of guy. That's your kind of guy. All right. Yes. All right. That's cool. I mean, the return oh, of Paul I like, Daly. I like Anthony Taylor, man. He makes all type of noise for himself. He's very young in the game. But this dude wants all the smoke, wants to fight everybody. Doesn't give a damn. Dude's a hothead. This, this is going to be a fucking fight, man. I, I think it only goes one round, two rounds. It's going to be a fucking hell of a fight. Moving on. Let's get that drum roll. Okay, let's let's go. Go. You don't got somebody with the drum roll there? With the machine? Uh, Frank, we have breaking news music. Frank for Jorge, what do we got? Breaking news. All right, now we're moving up the card. What do we got? What do we got? I need you to. I, next, I, just, I hear the gun. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, now it's getting. I got out. Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. Wow. Jose fucking Aldo, the WEC champion, one of the greatest or the greatest featherweight ever in UFC history, WEC history. What this guy has done in the sport. I mean, I, I I don't need to tell you, man. Th this guy is fucking an animal. I've always wanted to see him box. I I was so static and so excited to get this happy. The little heaven. I mean, everybody knows a little heaven. He's gonna throw big bombs. He's gonna come forward. Aldo has the speed, the skill, the timing. Jeremy's a fucking brute force. It also has grips. I'm I'm stoked about this fight. I don't know what happens in a boxing scene. Jose Aldo, who recently retired from MMA, who I think has a boxing match coming up 
in uh, a week or two or two weeks time, less than two weeks, he's going to be February. boxing February. So he's going to box that one. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to box mm-hmm. Jeremy Stevens on your card. Aldo has a plan. Aldo has a legit plan, and that's to box, you know, get seven, eight fights in one year and go that boxing route and, and actually go right for a fight for a champion, which is what we should be doing, you know. MMA guys that are crossing over all your first time you're going to box ever since the champions world rounds, that's bullshit. Aldo's doing it the right way. He's fucking starting up. There's 10 rounders, 12 rounders, and, man, I'm I'm eager to see Aldo in there, man, to see what he brings in there. Different a fight going these fucking these things, man. Um, we bring the MMA in there mixed with our boxing. It's it's tricky for guys. You know, he's fighting another MMA guy, so we won't get to see a lot of those MMA, I guess, rhythms and patterns and and gestures that he could bring to like a boxing. Okay, so Jorge, now your connection has gone to the shit. So, uh, so wait, 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 wait don't coming. we got more? Dog. No, 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 not yet. I, I want your connection more. to be good when you announce the rest. Okay, now I'm sorry to see you. Where are you right now? What is happening? It's a lot. Oh, I'm done. You're done? Should we reconnect? I, what should we do here? This is stressing just, me. I'm, What's I'm, happening? I'm my no, I'm done. I'm done driving. I know. Why is the connection so bad? I'm done driving. I'm at Oh, because my in my house there's no like network. How about now? We're good? It's getting a little better. Okay, but still, why is it so low? Why is it so small? Let, let, could we call you right back just to re- reestablish the connection? Okay, call me right back. Or, or you click on it. Click out and then click back. Click out on it and click back. Okay. All right, let's, let's, because I mean, this is, so, so, so far we have, as far as names on this Gamebred Boxing 4 card, it's uh, Gina Mazzani and Pearl Gonzalez, Paul Daly versus Anthony Taylor, and Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. Jose Aldo, who's fighting in a week or two. In this boxing, but when, when is this boxing? It's it's soon, right? It's like uh, Jose Aldo boxing. I just saw a thing for it. February tenth. That's in four days. So he's fighting in that fight against Emmanuel Zambrano, and and he's fighting on this card. But he says there's more. So hopefully we can reconnect with Jorge here in a matter of seconds. I mean, I was getting really stressed out. It's a lot of stress. I mean, there's big announcements. He's reconnecting. He's reconnecting? Yes, sir. Is it better? Not really. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to get him on Wi-Fi. That would be good. Game Break getting into the boxing game. He's done MMA with Icon. He's done uh, Bare Knuckle. And now he's getting into the boxing game as well. Yeah, all right. He's going into his home. That would be good. Up against the clock here. Any news on uh, my headset, Frank? Or is it just we're just going to fight through this? We're going to have to fight through it. Uh, There's a networking issue when they tried to fix it. You lost your cans entirely. Oh, that was fun. No, Uh, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But did I fake it pretty well? You did, yeah. And then Connor was transcribing to you. I had no idea that you couldn't hear. That's why I had to ask you. Can you hear? How many questions did you go not being able to hear? I think like four. I mean, incredibly impressive stuff, yeah. I have to say. I was, like, I was just I was just looking at his lips. I'm wondering the if you actually listened to any of them. Like, what is he about to say to this? Like, is he just going to let him go? Well, is he gonna no, I would not do that. I mean, thankfully, he didn't ask me a question back. 
That would have yeah, been that bad. Was <laughs> that was the best part. No, I was just looking at his lips, and whenever he stopped talking, I just asked the next one. But yeah, it's tough, especially if it's like a short answer and you're not really sure, like, is he done? Is he just taking a break? I don't know. But uh, Chandler's a good talker, so, you know, it was all right. It looks like Jorge's connection is much better now. Oh, thank Lots you. better. Oh, thank the good Lord. Why didn't we just do it at 2.30 then? Technology is great. Yeah. Um, okay, he's back. Jorge. What's up, man? Do we got him? Andy's put him on. All right, there he is. All right, this is way better. Way better. Okay, so we got Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens. What's next? (laughs) Jacare Salza. Jacare, the legend, who also, I think, retired not that long ago, going up against... (laughs) Jacare against Vitor Belfort in a boxing match. Let's go. Jacare versus Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens, Jacare. I'm sensing a trend here versus Vitor Belfort in a boxing match. I've never seen Jacare box. Vitor has done it a little bit. Okay, that's gigantic. This is all crazy stuff. Anything else? No hugging. No hugging. No jujitsu. No rest. Just look. Fisticuffs. Buck sale. Huh? It's lick for lick, you know? You know? Yes, I love it. Mommy, mommy. Is that the main event? That's not the main event. Okay, what else you got? You ready for, you ready for the main event? Deal, deal. There's a guy that, the reason why they invent, you know the, the term pound for pound? Yeah. It came from in boxing? Tell me. You know who that's associated with? At least to me, one of one of the guys it was associated with too, Roy Jones Jr. Yes, that's yes. what I, I attribute that that. And um, always been a fan of Roy Jones. Always wanted to work with Roy Jones in some capacity. Um, he's going to be fighting somebody that inspired me in my career numerous times. WC champion, UFC champion. What? I think his both wins at the UFC for the title were finishes. This guy has knockouts and finishes at 145, 155, 170. It's crazy what this guy. It's crazy what this guy's done in his career of MMA. Great striker. He agreed to fight the walking living legend, the pound for pound king. One of the best fighters, athletes I've ever seen in combat sports, period. Roy Jones Jr. versus Anthony Pettis. What? What? (laughs) What? That's right, motherfucker, versus Anthony. Roy Jones Jr. versus Anthony Pettis in a boxing match? That's what I do in my free time, Ariel. Is I put my money where my mouth is and shit. This motherfucker, Jake, probably talking about he pays fighters. Shut the fuck up. When everybody sees what the fuck the card bill is, the whole card from top to bottom, I fucking pay fighters. Me and my promotions pay fighters, my brothers and sisters, so they can go earn a paycheck, kick ass, and do what the fuck they do, all right? So all this other shit is bullshit and talk and this and that. It's Jake Paul motherfucking all these other boxing promoters talking about they put motherfucking money in MMA fighters' pockets or boxers. Fuck the fuck out of here. I'm putting the money in my brothers and sisters' pockets so they go out there and give the violence that we all need to see, you know? So make sure you tune in April 1st because it's going to be nothing but fucking blood, violence, technique, all that good stuff that we like to see in combat April First. From where? You're wondering where is it at? Huh? Where is it happening? It's in a good place, man. 
Milwaukee. Makes sense. Makes sense. Anthony Pettis. I won't tell you the exact name of the arena because I get points in the head for a living, so sometimes I blank out. Is it where the Bucks play? The the Pfizer Forum? Um yeah. It's mean what's the name? I had it right here. I'm sorry, man. Uh, and tickets are available and Ticketmaster ready. It just became available right now at 2 p.m. So go on Ticketmaster. Oh, if you're wondering where to see the card, it's on pay-per-view. See it on pay-per-view digital. You can buy it on UFC Fight Pass. Get the digital on, on, on Fight Pass. So it's like I got all avenues covered. What you want to do? You sitting at home. You just want to fucking clap, you know? Throw on the grill. Make some steaks. Watch some motherfuckers kill themselves. All that. April 1st. Don't forget it, man. Can I ask how, yeah, I'm speechless too. how how are you how are you affording this? I hope you don't feel insulted by that question, but those are big names. Those are legends who probably cost a lot of money. This crazy is crazy money. Yeah. Crazy, crazy money. I can't I can't wait to the the from top to bottom, the whole all the numbers of the card gets put out and um and and you know the shit talking gets put to the end. All these guys talking about they wanted to hunt for MMA. And Jake Paul constantly coming out talking shit, you know, like uh, like Dana White ain't the fucking one of the greatest things to happen to us. He's always fucking taking care of us and selling our money. And th- and this doesn't happen without Dana White, Hunter, the UFC giving the permissions for these guys to fight. So when I hear like somebody like Jake Paul talking shit about my business partners, I'm like, man, fuck the city. What the fuck you done in this sport, bro? But feed yourself, you know. So shut the fuck up. And I mean, and and now watch how the big boys do. You know, something that we want to bring into boxing as far as uh my promotions and everything goes is I want to put evenly stacked cards from top to bottom with great fighters, you know, not, not just, you know, a lot of times you can't even remember the co-main event of the last big boxing match you saw, you know, I'll pay you to, to call the last co-main event. You, you won't be able to call it, you know? So that, that's something I feel in boxing has turned off a lot of people. I want to put in cards that from top to bottom, you're going, damn, I, I want to watch this. I'm not going to miss the first fight. I'm not going to miss the second fight. I'm going to watch a featured bound. I'm going to watch the co-main event because they're all good fights. So that's something that uh that we work very hard at Gamebird Boxing, and and this is it. This is that card that we're gonna deliver on, man. I want everybody's, you know, fucking eyeballs on this. Pro fights or exhibitions? I just I'm just asking the questions. I'm just asking the questions because I know people are gonna. You get you getting offensive. You know, no. over here in Gamebird, we don't do that exhibition shit, bro. Okay. I, I'm not into that exhibition shit. Let other people do exhibition shit. Hug it out. You know, that, that pity patter shit, that, that's not what we do. You know, these are all professional bouts. Six rounds to eight rounds. I think one of them at the main event might be 10 rounds. I, I could be mistaken. But th- this is uh, not something that we're looking to do exhibitions. That, that's somebody else could take over that spot. We're not trying to do that, you know, and especially charging people. I feel like this on is like a fucking thief of a promoter. If I'm, putting, if I'm promoting, it's to give you what you deserve and need, everybody, which is fucking violence, man. And fucking scientific violence that the MMA brings, you know? Sweet science. It's an unbelievable collection. Um, I was told from your guy, Dean, just now, six rounds for all the fights except for the main, which will be eight, um, and pro uh, pro bouts as well. And it's uh, April 1st at the Pfizer Forum, which is in Milwaukee. Of course, Pettis from Milwaukee, a huge draw over there. This is kind of surreal to see Pettis and uh, Roy Jones next to each other. Also, the Jose Aldo one might be the one that I'm most excited about just because we all want to see how he does in boxing against Jeremy Stevens. Who just fought. Paul Daly coming Stevens. back. Jacare, Vitor Belfort. This is crazy stuff. 
and uh, it's a week before your fight. Is that a lot to handle a week before your fight? Like, are, I'm assuming you'll be there, it, right? This is your thing. Is, is that a lot going on? If, if I was promoting like a rap album, if I was like, I don't know, selling cars, if, if, I, if I was doing something outside of fighting, then I would say this is a lot. But this this is all I do, man. This is this is what I do in my free time. This is what I do what, at the gym. You know, I'm, I'm constantly... I'm I'm at the mecca of fighters, man. I'm I'm in also South Florida, so boxing guys, guys that just got off the 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 boat and have a gold medal wrapped around the neck from the Olympics, from wherever they came from. Those guys are accessible to me. So it, it's just the world that I live in, fighting. You know, it, if I was doing something else, like I said, it, it could be troubling. But since it's just fighting and just being in that atmosphere, and and one week before I'll be in an arena where where people are shouting, screaming, just getting into that environment, getting my mindset there, what what remembering what it's like to step in that ring in front of all these people. I think it only helps. You know, I've I've done things like this numerous times in my past. Maybe not so 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 close to the fight, but it's it's uh it's a way that it worked out. You know, it was just perfect scheduling for us to take that April first date. You know, we took that date first and then came my fight. Okay. You know? And I think it's perfect. I, I get to co-promote the both of them. And it's just fighting. You know, like I said, if it was something else, you know, I it probably wouldn't be the best idea, you know. But I, I'm not I'm not like promoting some rap album that I'm dropping or nothing. I'm, I'm promoting fighting, which is what I do eat, live and breathe. And, and all I'll, I'll be doing from here to my fight is watching fights tape on Gilbert. And then I'll be watching the boxing fights, you know thinking how these fights can go, dissecting them, giving opinions, getting on shows, talking about fighting. So I, I don't think it's like anything extra. I think it's just keeping me grounded to fighting. And and to be clear, this is all done. Like this is the card. Wisconsin has, you know, will, will license oh, Roy Jones. Like oh, this is all. Oh, the commission already proved Roy Jones. We got we got that done. Uh, the arena's already booked. Everything's wow. done, you know. Sheesh. A lot of agreements have been signed on, on both sides from top to bottom. Now it's just these guys get get ready, get in shape. I'm praying to God that nobody gets hurt and every single bout stays that way. And if things do happen, we have we have pieces that we can interchange that'll still break headlines, you know. So we're we're very excited. Please. I love it. I love it. Also, uh, Killa B, Killa B Nguyen, the former uh, one championship yes. fighter. She's also on the card, right? Yes. Yeah, she's also on the card. We haven't confirmed her opponent yet, but she will be on the card. Okay, look at you, promoter of the year, Jorge Masvidal. Is it just boxing for you now, or are you still going to do MMA and uh, and no, bare knuckle? No, no, everything. It's everything, man. It's uh, it's MMA and it's boxing. Like I said, th- this is my world. This is we've been working on this very hard for maybe let's say three years. We've been going at this hard, man. Not too many people have known about it because we keep it small. We just get to work from top to bottom. We pick the cards. I mean, like I said, I have. I have devoted my life to this. I have 20 plus years just as a pro, not not counting all the amateur years as, you know, being 12, 13 years old, all the way to 18. All this time that I have in the sport, it, it just makes it easier for me to put on these fights, to sit with my matchmaker, talk to them all night. What do you think about so-and-so against so-and-so? Well, I don't have so-and-so's ad- address or contact info. Wait up. I think I might have a guy and it's just like, mm. it just flows, man, you know? So I, I love it. we got some big MMA cards coming. We have a huge bare knuckle card coming that i will announce on your show that you're gonna love it's i'm trying to get the same reaction out of you but it's gonna be bare knuckle and it's gonna be some legends of mma versus some legends of mma mixed with some high level strikers your 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 mind is also gonna go little quick short circuit when i announce the card so i'm excited brother i'm excited i love it uh congratulations again april 1st 2023 game bread boxing for pfizer forum 
Milwaukee-Wisconsin main event. Anthony Pettis versus Roy Jones Jr. Mr. Y'all must have forgot himself. Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. Jacare Souza against Vitor oh. Belfort. Pearl Gonzalez, Gina Mazzani. Paul Daly, Anthony Taylor. Devin Cushing, as you said. Bean Wen and uh, other up-and-coming boxing talent. Gamebred slash fighter slash promoter slash entrepreneur the man wears many many hats and i appreciate you coming on and announcing all of this on this year program you lived up to your word uh the streets are buzzing the streets are talking thank you my friend good luck with this let's do let's do something next week you want to come back on next week to break some other news feel free i mean yeah i got i got some you know i i've been talking to different like um insurance plans so maybe okay. like when i save all this money i could just come on and tell Perfect. you where I went with whatever you want whatever you want you always have a home thank you jorge appreciate I love it you, very much thank you for your time my brother god bless you thank you because you always got my back when i win when i lose you always let me speak my mind whether you agree with with my political views or not you always give me a platform and a channel to, to speak to the millions and, and everybody watching the tennis thank you everybody for watching Thank my number one sponsor, God Almighty, Jesus Christ, for, for everything that's in my life. You know, I, I started out with not a lot, and now I, I can't complain. You know, I just thank God every single day for the life that I get to live. I, I go to the gym, I come back, make some phone calls, and and, and get to work. And, and a lot of the things that, are, that I see in my mind come to fruition, and I just could thank God for that. So thank Incredible. you, God. Thank you. Hell yeah. Well done. Thank you, Jorge. Good luck. There it is. Game Bread Boxing 4, the man, the face. Um, the face of this promo, and uh, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people saying that this is a joke. This is not a joke. It's uh, it's not April Fools. It's uh, it's legit. This is a real card. I know it seems a little bit, uh, a little bit like wild, right? Anthony Pettis, Roy Jones, Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens, Jacare Vitor Belfort, but it is a legit thing. Uh, I see the post. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I think we even might have the poster. Um, it's a legit thing. And it's Game Bread Boxing and it's going down on UFC Fight Pass and In Demand. So there's one that uh, GC just whipped up in the last like few minutes. Well done, GC. What a whiz. Yeah, good job, GC. Yeah, great job. Um, and there's the poster. <laughs> there it is. We've got it all. Uh, so great job there. All right, uh, we'll talk more about that with the guys later. But for now, uh, let's talk about this past Saturday. We spoke at the top of the show about Fyodor's last fight. Didn't go his way. Ultimately, was won by Ryan Bader. He retains his Bellator heavyweight title. He's kind enough to join us right now, so let's get to him. Mr. Ryan Darth Bader. There he is. Hello, Ryan. How are you? What's going on, buddy? How are you? It's it's all good. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, congratulations on the win. Big spot for you. Big moment for you. Would you say maybe not the opponent was the toughest, you know, skill-wise, but like just the circumstances, one of the toughest of your career, because it did seem like everyone wanted the storybook ending for him. And you're such a nice guy and everyone loves you and respects you, but you were just put in almost an impossible spot. Did you feel that pressure as well? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it was one of those things where I didn't have a a lot to win in that fight. You know, yeah, going out there and and beating Fedor and whatnot, but, you know, I, I beat him in 35 seconds the first time. You know, you have people come up, you're like, oh, you're going to smash him, this and that. You know, he's not what he used to be. 
And that adds a lot of pressure for sure. You know, um, even some of the executives, you know, not only that, you know, Fedor is going out, say he, he beats me, right? And then that belt's, yeah. he's retiring, that belt's gone. So they're in the pickle too, you know? And so you start thinking about like, I do, you know, what happens if I end up somehow losing, you know, it, it just felt like a lot of pressure was on my back. So to go in there and, and do what I did, which we were planning on, but to get it done, it was, it was one of those fights um, that was kind of nice to get over with, you know, big platform on CBS, Fedor, lots to lose, but we got it done. Did you not want the fight to happen? Like, would you have preferred something else considering all that? Um, yeah, at the beginning, you know, they were talking about Fedor and I was like, why? Like yeah. I said, it's kind of lose the situation. Um, you know, I didn't know it was going to be on CBS and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, I got more excited about it as it went on and kind of heard, Hey, we're on CBS for the first time. You know, I started thinking like, all right, who else? There was probably going to be a rematch anyway, you know, with either like Linton Vassell or something or Wadowski. And so I said, you know, why not? I'm like, I started getting more excited about it. And then, uh, um, anytime you can get in there with Fedor, it's a cool experience, you know? And, and, um, he was always pretty vocal about that in the media. He wanted me for his last fight and, you know, Fedor kind of gets what he wants in, in that aspect. And so, um, got more serious talks about it. And then, then I started getting excited about it and, and, uh, um, ended up being a good time and, and, you know, just kept my head down, did my job and didn't let the outside stuff kind of play in at all. Did it last longer than you expected? Of course, the first fight, 35 seconds, you know, you, you never know if the fight's going to be that short. But I actually thought, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful towards him, but yeah. I was actually surprised that it went 2.30 and that he was able to hang on, just given, you know, his age and everything like that and the layoff. Were you surprised? Um, I knew, I mean, it was first round. I, I, knew, I knew going into that fight, you know, that as a, the rounds went on, it was only in my favor, you know, and, and we planned. I, don't, I didn't go in there expecting to knock him out again in 30 seconds, you know. Um, so we were ready for a hard fight, but it was kind of one of those things where I knew going in, it's either if he's going to win, I think he had one way to win, knock me out in the first round. If it went past the first round, it was going to be done. But, yeah, I mean, he was, he was pretty crafty, you know, on the ground. You know, he, he could have take, taken a way out. And he kept defending himself and fighting. You know, I was hitting him with elbows, obviously punches and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he went out fighting for sure. But, yeah, I just felt like I saw everything in there. You know, obviously he's throwing those big right hands. And that's what we were most concerned with. And, uh, you know, I ended up hitting him uh, with that right hand, put him down. I knew I had him from there. Once he was on the ground, I, I knew he was going to finish it. Did he, did he tag you at all? Did you feel anything from him? No, I mean, like I said, we were just my first fight. I took away like going and finding that line with him, you know, because he he loves the blitz, you know, throw a hard combo, um, you know. And if you watch his other fights, like his past two fights with Rampage and Tim, you know, he's fighting guys that don't move, right? That stand in front of him, hands are kind of down, and you know, being in there and having throw those right hands at me, I was like, if these connect, they're gonna put anybody out, you know. So it was going in there, his his movement, you know, being fast and all that, and I felt like I could see everything. I could see his. Muscles tense up right before he's about to throw that right hand to get out of the way. Um, hit him with a few jabs, which I see his face. You know, I cut him open. I could see in his eyes. He, you know, it was just too fast for him. And so I uh, just cut my time to put him down. I know you wanted to close the deal, but when you're raining down the elbows, the punches, when he's on the ground, is there a part of you that's like, I hope this ends soon because, you know, he, he is fair. Yeah. He's a legend. He's 46. You don't really yeah. enjoy that, right? No, not at all. And uh, I love that dude, man. He's always been 
so respectful. And, you know, I remember I've never met him before and we were in the Grand Prix tournament, you know, and we kind of did like a little group thing. We all got together and, and he came over, you know, came up, introduced himself, gave me a hug. And he's always been super cool and respectful. That's what was, what was nice about this fight, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I could have. I threw a couple elbows and I could have kept elbowing them, but I was like, I will, you know, switch some punches here. And that's why I was like, come on, dude, just pull over, give it to me. Yeah, I don't want to do the day. You know, I didn't call him out. He called me out. Right. I um, mean, I had a job to do, went in there and did it. And then, uh, yeah, it's a little bittersweet for sure. You know, at the end, you're like, that's a legend. He's, and he's done. And, and Beltor did an awesome job with CBS bringing all those legends in the cage and sending them off the right way. What was that like for you to see all those legends in there? They're there for him. You're the guy that just beat him. It's a bit of a, you know, somber moment, but you know, I yeah. think they, he was, ha you know, like you're the guy that kind of ruined the party. What, what was that like? Cause I know, I know you know a lot of those guys and you, you know, they're all cool with you. Yeah. And I just felt bad. Like there you are with your wife and your team. And I'm like, man, I wonder what Ryan's thinking about all of this. Yeah. No, I thought it was super cool. You know, I, I knew my role. You know, in this fight, I knew that, look, if I'm watching Pedro's last fight, I'm rooting for him, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I knew, but I'm not going to go in there and roll over for him, right, and and let him take my belt and retire. So I, I just went in there and did a job knowing I was going to, you know, it was Fedor's week, Fedor's night, you know. Um, but it was cool seeing all those legends in there, you know, and they invited me in um, at the end there. Uh, those guys, and they're all, all good people. Um, I thought it was pretty special, you know, to have all those guys in there. And, you know, Fedor seemed relieved and happy after yeah. the fight was done. You know, like, I'm done. You know, that's the last for me. And uh, I don't have to, you know, he talked about he can't send up to the pressure anymore. You know, anybody's been doing this a long time. And, you know, I'm sure he doesn't need to fight. You know, so he kind of went in there like, let's just get this over with kind of deal. Mm. Did he say anything to you privately? Um, we just kind of, we hugged and, you know, said thank you and all that kind of stuff, but, um, we didn't talk too much after. Okay. Any of the legends say anything to you? Yeah. You know, I, I, I know I pretty, uh, kind of, we talked a little bit and they were kind of, you know, I was talking to Mark Coleman, you know, at the hotel afterwards and you know, he was talking about his fight with Fedor and all that kind of stuff. And he kind of came up and he was like, you know, and I'm, I'm friends with him, but he's like, Hey, you know, I had to go. You know, I was rooting for Fedor, you know, uh -huh. hope you, I'm like, dude, I get it, man. Yeah. I was like, I would be too, you know, I just had a job to do and go in there and, 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 uh, and then, like I said, he's the one that wanted this fight, you know, right. it's not like I'm trying to call him out, actively seek that fight, you know? So, um, yeah, it was a good night. It was just kind of one of those nights that, you know, I knew it was all about Fedor. Um, do my job. Obviously he's not the biggest heavyweight. But I'm just wondering if you are surprised that you've had this amount of success at heavyweight in Bellator. Because correct me if I'm wrong, it was never really your intention to be a heavyweight. It was just more you were the champ, Grand Prix, opportunity. But now you've had a pretty damn long tenure as heavyweight champ. Does this surprise you? Yeah, yeah a little bit. You know, when I was in the UFC, my coach Aaron Simpson, who's, who also fought in the UFC, you know, he, he always told me, he's like, yeah, I think you'd be really good at heavyweight. You know, and it was just an unknown. and you know, he, he kept talking to me about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But when I came to Bellator and had the opportunity to do that Grand Prix, I was like, I don't know how these guys, how hard they hit, how strong they are. I don't, I've never been in there with a the heavyweight. And, 
at the Mitri Dome was, you know, because I fought King Mo, who's pretty much a toe fiver first round. But when I fought Matt Mitrione, who's a big, fast heavyweight, I was like, okay, you know, I belong here. And obviously, I was jumping back and forth. And then um, I kind of let my ego get in the way. I was like, oh, I can, I can do it. I can cut this weight. You know, my last two cuts down to 205. Terrible. Mm. I felt terrible. Can't take shots, you know. And then uh, that's when I kind of decided, you know what? I'm just as strong as these guys. Hit just as hard. My cardio is better than these these heavyweights. You know, I'm done with 205. I'm 39 years old now, so I don't need to be jumping, yo-yoing back down, you know, and I've had success at heavyweight. So is your career at 205 done? You're just going to stay at, at heavyweight for... Yeah. The, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going down to 205. You know, I'm, I'm too... I was like 245 in camp sometimes, this, you know, this last camp, you know, in shape. So it's just not worth it for me. You know, I, I feel like my skills are are better at heavyweight. You know, um, I've quit from these guys. I've always had good cardio or 205 or, you know, let alone bring that to heavyweight. Um, you know, and, uh, it just, the guys move different at 205, all this kind of stuff. So I, I just don't see a positive cutting weight. Uh, a lot of people are up in arms, uh, yesterday over something pertaining to this, uh, fight that you had. And I want, I want to be clear here when I say this is not so much a question, but it's more like me trying mm-hmm. to clarify in a statement. Here's the thing. Um, a lot of people may not know this because they're just fans of the sport and they don't know really know you know how the sausage is made. But I want to let everyone know and and feel free to back this up if you want. Uh, the the purse numbers that get released by the commission are more often than not when it comes to the main event not true. Uh, the reason this is done for many years yeah. is so that uh, you know promoters don't want other fighters to know what you know fighters are making Ooh. and so there's like an, a promotional agreement that they release but then there's other stuff and so people were very upset over what you made and what Fedor made and were tagging me saying why aren't you talking about Bellator underpaying their fighters and so I just want to throw this out there feel you did yeah. not make what was put out there is that accurate no okay. no I made uh, significantly significantly more you know and it's yeah, and I, I you get that a lot. You know, they'll release that, and they're like, "Fatal made a hundred grand for this fight." You know, yeah. no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be fighting if I was making that. You know, um, uh, this is a job for me. You know, and, and I'm making kind of money where it's hard to walk away from. You know, to walk into walk in a cage, especially at our level, and and how good we are, uh, and leave that money on the table. You know, so it's one of those things where um, I get asked that quite a lot, but. Um, yeah, the, the bigger bigger players in here, the champions, all that kind of stuff, you know, that's our disclosed pay. But Bellator treats us very, very well. And I know they treat Fedor yeah. even better. Uh, this is way, like, whatever you're making, I'm not asking specifically, but this is way more than yeah. what you're making in the UFC, right? Oh, yeah, like eight, nine times more. Wow. Wow. Okay. So everyone could yeah. chill out. Uh, everyone's going, sending it to Jake Paul, sending it to me. I was like, guys, I mean, yeah. you're, you're falling for I this. Mean, we know that. I mean, we know that they put out numbers and it, it's kind of the same the UFC and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, um, but yeah, Bellator takes care of us and, uh, I've never been happier and, you know, you know, I love the, just kind of the vibe over there and the people there, you know, you got to know them over these, you know, since 2017 and, uh, I have nothing but great things to say out, say about them and and I never regretted it one time coming over. Mm. Uh, how many more years do you think you have left in you? Man, just probably just a couple more, you know, um 
like I said, I'm 39. I'm not going to be one of these guys fighting at, you know, 43 or anything like that. Um, I love the sport. I love to compete. Um, at the same time, I really don't even like the sport, you know, um, it, it took up a lot of my bandwidth, you know, as a, a young kid and just, I'm a competitor and that's all they thought about was MMA and all that kind of stuff. And, um, that was my 40th professional fight and there's other stuff I want to do. And, but I, I'm at the top of my game right now, you know, and, um, I can still put in the work that needs to be done to be successful. And also, like I said, too, it's hard to, it's hard not, not to walk in that cage with the paycheck we're getting too, mm -hmm. you know, um, when you are at that level, you know, if I wasn't, that would be a weird way to walk in weird headspace to be like, Hey, I, I know I didn't prepare right. And I'm going to, in there for a paycheck. That's not me. I still perform at the top, top level, you know? So, um, I've got two more fights with Bellator on my contract and reevaluate from there. Okay. So there's a chance maybe you do those two and then maybe a couple more or maybe those two and then you're done? Yeah, so my, my whole mindset, um, you know, I was in, in training and my coach, he's Brazilian, Jai, and Gilbert Burns came in and they know each other and he was like, hey, I just want to uh, share this. You know, anybody who said that it's their last fight has never won. Hmm. You know, and it's a mindset. And, and I think you, you're half in, half out when you come in with that mindset, you said, Hey, you know, I'm going to retire uh, on this fight and you're not all in. And so for my mindset, it's always been like, yeah, it's coming, but I'm not going to put a specific date or fight because I think you, you know, you lost 50% of the battle right there. Yeah. Just cause you know, you're done. You know, if you get in a hard spot, are you going to push through it or you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be done anyway. Right. So, um, um, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that guy. I'll just have a fight and at one point just say, you know what? That was my last fight and I'm done. Do you know who would be next for you? Because there's no clear-cut guy, right? I don't. Um, what's that? There's no like clear-cut answer, right? There's no like number one contender. No, right now. yeah. I got I got asked at the press conference, you know, it's uh there's been a lot of recycling, yeah, a lot of rematches, right? You know, you got Linton Vassell and Moldovsky fighting in March. And that's the most logical if you just look on paper. But I need to kind of look and see if is there any new blood. You know, I've been kind of fighting these guys over and over again. Yeah. You know? So and and you know they're at the top for a reason. They keep you know if they'll lose and they'll come back and then they're on a winning streak and um, they're right back in the mix. But yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Like I said, I was like, that's the logical you know response. But I wonder if there's any new blood out there. I know uh, of someone who would uh, qualify as new blood who's out there. I mean, there's a really big name out there. This is the former, well, I not former. He is the UFC champion, in my opinion. He's Francis Ngannou. He's a free agent. Why don't we make that oh, one yeah. happen? Are they, are they telling you anything about that? No, I got asked a few times. Uh, I think Scott was talking to him, you know, and I, I was kind of saying, you know, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. He's, he's a big, scary dude, right? He's 300 pounds cutting down. I'm a kind of hybrid heavyweight. Uh, but it's one of those things where, you know, if he does come over, I'm the champion, right? You got to fight him. And uh, I'll have the mindset that I can go in and beat him too because, you know, you can't you can't be a champion. You can't hold a belt, duck guys, um, you know. And so I always go in the mindset that I can beat anybody on any given night, you know. And if it's him, then so be it, you know. Um, he is a big, scary dude, big yeah. heavyweight. It's hard, yeah. you know. Um, but I think everybody does, you know, at, at this top level. 
Um, so it's one of those things where I know, I think Scott said he was kind of talking to him, but I, I just don't know, you know, if he turned down that offer with the UFC, you know, is Bellator going to be able to touch that at all? Or is he going to go, you know, he's getting called out by Tyson Fury. Right. Is he going to go box, which I would think would be the most logical thing if, if he's looking for that kind of payday and, and whatnot. But I guess we'll just kind of cross that when he comes over. And if he does, I mean, it is, we, we're going to fight. Mm. Well, for now, you don't have to worry about that. Enjoy the victory. Great win on a great platform. Great exposure for you. Uh, congrats on all the success at heavyweight. And uh, let's see how the next couple of years go for you. But for now, great talking to you. Thank you again for the time and congrats on the big win. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. All right, there he is. Ryan Darth Bader, the reigning defending Bellator heavyweight champion with the massive win over one Fyodor Emelianenko this past Saturday. It was uh, quite the scene. Tough, tough scene for him. And can I just say, once again, I saw all these people. I was I was saving it for the show because I was going to reply on Twitter. Okay, let me explain something to everyone before we get to Johnny Eblen, the uh, Bellator middleweight champion. So all the promoters do this. It doesn't matter if you're the UFC. It doesn't matter if you're Bellator. It doesn't matter. All of them do this in MMA. It's more of an MMA thing than a boxing thing for whatever reason. They'll sign you to a deal and they'll say, all right, what we're going to release to the commission is X amount, 100000 That will be your disclosed pay. We'll have an agreement with you and that's what we'll give to them, okay? And they can disclose it because some states do it, some states don't. Then on the side, we're going to do another deal with you and you're going to get paid probably five, six, seven X to what that deal is. I can assure you right now without getting into their nitty gritty, those two guys made a hell of a lot closer to seven figures, if not more, than they were closer to 100,000. You get what I'm saying? They were a hell of a lot closer to that number. So I saw all these people. I don't want to call you marks. I don't want to, I get it. You don't understand. I get it. I'm here to educate. But everyone who is tagging me and tagging everyone else, UFC does it, Belter does it, they all do it. The vast majority, you're going to find out and I wish MMA media would not report this stuff because it's not actually factual. Like It's like, all right, this is what they release. But it's not the truth. I guarantee you when Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler fight, they'll say Conor made a million and everyone will write it. He did not make a million. I can assure you he's making a hell of a lot more. So is Chandler, Bader, Fjord, all the big dogs. Izzy, all of them are making a hell of a lot more than is being released. That being said, they're still not making as much as their counterparts in boxing. Let's not get it twisted. Eddie Hearn confirmed that for us on Wednesday. But please, when you see these big names and the disclosed pay and the social media graphics and the articles and all that stuff, it's not the truth. Especially if it, if it feels insulting, it's more than likely not true. It's a hell of a lot more. Please understand that. So everyone who is tagging me and tagging Jake Paul, oh, why are you so quiet about this? You know why I was so quiet about this? Because it was a waste of time. Because it wasn't the truth. And you were being fooled. And so I'm here to educate you, and you're welcome. All right, let's go to the Bellator middleweight champion, the man who Jorge Masvidal was just talking about. Johnny Eblen successfully defended his title against Anatoly Tokov on Saturday. He joins us now via the Magic of Zoom. Wow, what a setup you got here. This is a nice little regal setup, Johnny. How are you, my man? Great. How are you, Ariel? Uh, good to have you on once again. You're looking. Great. I like the glasses, by the way. The frames are nice. You're looking good. You're Thanks. looking like a champ. How's the eye feeling? Oh, great, great. Uh, just got a few stitches. Uh, got caught in the second round with a right hand. Um, you know, shit happens. Sometimes uh, you're going to get cut open. You're going to get a, a black eye. Felt like first round maybe went to him. Second round was wild, but a ton of fun. 
and then you were figuring them out, and then third, fourth, and fifth was all you. Is that how you would, you know, in very short, assess the fight? In the fight, I thought maybe first round was to him. Okay. Second round, I thought was to me because I dropped him. But we he landed a few, I landed a few, and then I dropped him, which was the big, you know, I actually hurt him bad. Um, that was the biggest thing. And then from there on out, I, I just dominated him. Also, it took him down at the end of the second. So I watched it back, though. I don't think I lost a round. The first round was the closest. The second round, he was winning, but then I dropped him and then took him down at the very end. So it's like, and like when he outlanded me in the second, it wasn't too significant. So yeah, I think I won every single round, even though like right after the fight, I was kind of sitting there like, man, I think he might have beat, beat me in the first round. You know, I was kind of sitting there and like they said the judges did 50, 45. And then 49, 46, 49, 46. I was like, okay, two judges saw me losing a round. So I was like, okay, maybe I was right. But then I watched it back. And I'm like, no, nah, dude, I, I think I won every single round. Was he tougher than you thought? No. He just surprised me with his speed and timing. Okay. He was a little bit faster than I thought. His in and out movement was better than I uh th- than I thought, his footwork. Um, and his timing was really good. He had really good timing. He doesn't have fast hands. I knew he was going to hit hard, but his timing was was superb. And he was really good at moving off on an angle so he wouldn't be standing in front of me. First title defense for you, of course, you you beat a legend, Gagar Musasi, in supremely dominant fashion over the summer. Did it feel different because it was the first or maybe because of the stage, CBS, all that talk going in? You know, when, when you're the uh, the hunted as opposed to the hunter, maybe it's a little bit different. Did you feel any sort of different feelings going into this? Not really, man. It's just a fist fight at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> we're just getting locked in a cage, you know, five, five minute rounds and I'm going to go in and do my thing. Maybe a little bit different. Yeah. I'm, I'm the hunted. I'm the, I'm the, the champion, but outside of that, man, objectively speaking, it's all the same shit. What about fighting on CBS? Do you like, did you feel any kind of different buzz? Uh, more people talking about it, more people reaching out to you, anything like that? A uh, little bit, a little bit, but I, I kind of, that's just background noise to me. Um, the, the main thing I'm focused on is the fight itself and showing up the best Johnny Emblem possible that night and putting on a good performance. So I, I kind of just drowned out all the background noise, all the extra stuff. And I really focus in on the, the objective at, uh, at hand, What about is, you know, fighting for 25 minutes. Right. Bellator putting you yeah. in this spot, I thought was a huge vote of confidence, right? Under the uh, the legend Fyodor going up against the champ, Bader. And this is kind of like a show. This was a big deal for them. Their first Bellator show and, and they chose you. I, I know Yoel was supposed to fight on the card as well for the belt, but, you know, maybe you would have been the third fight. Then you get bumped to the second. Whatever it is, you're on CBS. Yeah, I tried to get them to do that. Oh. Where I would be the championship fight. Yeah. They're like, we don't have enough time, mm. blah, blah, blah. We won't be able to do it. It doesn't make sense. I was like, oh, that, that would suck. Because like, it's three Team Fedor guys against... Oh, wow, well, yeah. uh, Yoel's, not Ameri- Yoel's not really technically American. He's Cuban, but I mean, he's Cuban-American. Yeah, so yeah. He resides in America. So, I mean, it'd be Team USA versus Team Fedor slash Russia. So I thought that would be pretty cool. But they were like, yeah, there's not enough time. Three title fights, that's tough. And I'm like, but that's huge for CBS. But... um. Luckily, you know, they, they dropped that uh, Yoel Nemkov fight and they put me and, and Tokov in. And I mean, that's a big vote of confidence that yes. they, they have that I'm going to be, you know, putting on a show. So uh, I tweeted this um, right after the fight, a poll on Twitter. I said, who wins, Johnny Eblin or Alex Pereira? 
uh, who of course is the middleweight champion of the UFC. And uh, the reason I, I tweeted it out wasn't to be cheeky. It's because I think it's a really interesting question. And I think, to be honest, you have the, sc- the style and the skill set to beat him. Right? You're wrestling. He's a striker, all that yeah. stuff. Now, the va- last I checked, it was like 82% or something like that in favor of Alex. Now, I feel like that's just, you know, UFC fans. Uh, yeah. What do, you, what do you make of this? I mean, I think I, I beat him, you know, 10 times out of 10, I beat him. Um, I'm too much for the guy. I, I I am a style like matchup disaster for him. He's a style matchup. Great for me. You know, I have great cardio. I can hit hard. I can take a punch and I mix up the striking wrestling really well. I just, dude, I don't see him beating me. There's no way there's no way. And you can't make up. For the ability of of how well I can wrestle, he, you you can't make up for that. Hmm. Like especially with the time that he has in MMA, there's there's no way he's too old. You know he would ha- he would have had to start wrestling like ten years ago. So I think I'm a a bad style matchup for him, and I think I I I, I beat him ten times out of ten. And and you said on Saturday because this kind of goes um, hand in hand with that discussion. You truly feel you're not just saying it. You, you feel you look at everyone. Every single organization on the planet, every promotion, you're the best 185er on the planet right now. I think, I think I can beat anybody on the planet. I'm one of the best, if not the best middleweight on the planet. I can't say for sure, like factually, because I haven't fought everybody. Sure. I think I match up damn well with every single middleweight in the world, and I think I can win every single fight. When did you start to believe that? How long has it been since you believed that? I want to say during this camp, it started just like creeping in. I'm like... Dude, I'm getting better. I'm getting good. And like, I, I, I'm a problem. I'm a huge problem. And I still got to work on a lot of stuff, which is going to, I'm going to be more of a problem this next camp. Hmm. You know, I'm just getting better exponentially and it's getting scary. So I'm just kind of seeing the trajectory and I'm like, the fact that I'm beating the shit out of guys right now, it's only going to get worse. That's so, that's the part that's so crazy to me. It still feels like you're just scratching the surface and you're the champ and you're beating these guys who are super tough. I mean, the Musasi fight was incredibly impressive, but it's rare. Like usually you see a champ and he's kind of now he's going to be staying here. He's going to kill everyone because he's good, but he's going to stay here and not necessarily improve. It feels like in a year or two, you could be exponentially better than you are right now. One thousand percent, man. This is just the beginning, just scratching the surface. There's so many things I need to get better at. So many th- little things I need to tighten up. And I'm very critical of myself. Um, and I think that's the reason why I'm so damn good. Uh, we just had Masvidal on. He co- I don't know. Someone needs to cut this uh, clip and, and send it to you because he put you over. In, I mean, he's like, this guy, I've been talking about him for uh, the last 20 interviews, blah, blah, blah. He is the best. He is the f- He thinks you're the best middleweight on the planet. He was just speaking very, very, he very. He texted, me, he texted me that right before the fight. He's like, hey, man. Just want to let you know you're you're the best middleweight on the planet. Like, just go out there and do your thing. Believe, believe in yourself. And like everybody around me, been telling me that too. It's not like I've I've like been telling people that. Like, I I doubt myself. And it's just like the people around me watch me work, watch me do my thing, watch me train, and they're like, dude, you're the best. And I think that's a vote of like. It, it, it's like I have self-confidence, of course, but I, I, I'm going to doubt myself because I'm very critical of myself, right? But the fact that the people that I'm spending the most time around are telling me this, it, it really means something. 
And so and, it's helping me believe in myself, if anything. But I, I do believe in myself just genuinely. But you know, it's just a little bit more. Sure. It's like, okay, well, I'm not delusional at least. You know what I mean? Other people are telling me this. Obviously, a lot of other people are gonna, you know, there's gonna be some backlash about it. And a lot of people are gonna think I'm delusional, but I don't really care, man. The people that are around me the most and the people that actually know me are telling me honestly what they think and that's what they're telling me so i'm just like fuck yeah let's go let's go get this money and then you consider the source right like masvidal your corner you might have the coolest corner in mma you might have like the coolest so so it's uh mike brown legend dustin poirier who we don't often see corner i know he pops up here and there but he's not like a mainstay in the corner so for him to come out and be by your side and uh, now escaping me is the third who's the third who's the third King Mo. King Mo. Fuck. Like, what are the most? And then we got, yeah. And then we got Tiago Alves. And then Tiago Alves. Pitbull. King Mo, one of the most brilliant minds in in MMA. I mean, you might have the coolest corner of all time. Hey, man. Fight week is a blast. Yeah. We just all hang out. We play Uno here and there. You know, we're we're just hanging out, having fun, and 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 just being bros. And it's it's like it's not even fight week. You know, it's it's just it's a blast. I have a blast with those guys and. The amount of knowledge they have is insane and especially like at the level I'm at, you know, that's what I want want to be surrounded by is people that have been in my position multiple times that can give me the right advice. So that's why I like bringing those guys around and and this is why I think, you know, I'm at the best camp in the world. Yeah. By the way, you ever uh you ever go with Bo Nickel at ATT? Yeah, of course. This uh, last camp not really because he's a southpaw. Okay. Um more you know grappling heavy not too much striking but i want to say before i got the fight pre like he came out like before my camp like pre-camp when i i just always train i'm always sparring me and him got you know got some rounds and you know he's green he's good he has a lot of potential um he's gonna be he's gonna be great i think man i could see a world in a few years where both of you are on top you know maybe in different promotions obviously but like Motions or maybe we have to cross but I mean I don't give a shit. If he's in my way of becoming the best and you he's fight there, him. like I will I'll fight him. I'll fight anybody, bro. Okay. <laughs> the only person right now I'd think I wouldn't fight like obviously I wouldn't fight George. Right. I wouldn't fight Barslav Amasov. That's like my boy. Like he's like a brother to me. Obviously, they're like 170 years, and I'm not gonna go down a weight right. class. I'm gonna go up a weight class. Um but for the most part, dude, I'd I pretty much fight anybody. You think one day you'll go to two oh five? Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, once I clear out the middleweight division, who 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 else would be left? You right. know what I mean, I got I got to do something else. I got to do a super fight. Um, also, I feel like anybody that becomes the goat or anybody that becomes very very you know high level, they they have to almost move weight classes just to prove like, hey, I'm this damn good. I can go to any weight class. Who does make you know, sense next for you? It's I think the winner of Musasi and Edwards. Okay. That, that that's the one that makes sense. I think they're fighting in Paris in yeah. May. So I mean, it seems like a number one contender fight to me. Do you want Edwards to win so it's a fresh face, or do you want to do it again with Musasi? Shit, man. You don't give a shit. I just want to go up, fight, get paid, and put on another good performance, regardless of who it is, man. I, I really don't care. Um, I'm ready for anybody. Like I said, I'm I'm ready to fight anybody in the world. So I really don't care. It'd be cool because it'd be a different different challenge with Edwards. But also, you know, it'd be even better just to to run it back with Musasi and like I'm I'm getting even better. So I can put on a better performance and even finish him. Right. 
And 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 by the way, like, um, all right, so they're fighting in May. You just fought in early February, right? Was it February, February fourth? Yeah. I mean, that means August. The guys ready? Like, that's yeah. that's a bit of a long layoff for you, right? That kind of sucks. I I know. I, I wanted to fight three times this year. I want to be the most active champion like ever. But Bellator only has so many cards, um, and it is what it is, man. I guess like I, there's nothing I can really do about it. Okay. So I'm I'm just gonna continue to get better, continue to train, and fuck it. If I can't fight, I'm a spar though. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get my uh get my fix through through training, or uh, go to your backyard and do a few suplexes. We saw you doing that with the uh, the dummy there, and then you yeah. pulled it off in the fight. Dude, I'm gonna do one every single fight. That's my <laughs> plan. Like I told Dan Lambert, I'm like. They don't have a a picture of me suplexing somebody at the gym yet. Okay. Because I've done I, I've done a couple in, in, in fights, and I'm like, Dan, when are you gonna put a freaking uh, picture of me suplexing somebody up here? I'm, I'm like, I'm just gonna keep suplexing people until you put a picture up. We're so showing that, we're showing a picture of you right now it. doing it. We've got one on the screen as you're talking. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it. Um, can yeah. we get him to see this? Because I feel like this would be a perfect a perfect picture for you uh, to put up at the gym. There it is. Did you see that or no? Come on, Dan, Richie, yeah, come put on. this picture up. Put that fucking picture up. But yeah, up. I, I, maybe they won't though, so I just continue to suplex people every single fight. That's true. Make you upset. Ooh, that's a good one, dude. You can see my face. Yeah. That's, that's actually a pretty good one. Nice. Yeah, that's a real picture from Bellator. Get it from Bellator. Get CJ to hook it I, up. No, I got that one. I got that one. I thought they had a different angle. Okay. I want to see one from like the uh, the other angle where you can see my back arch better, but that's a good one because you can see my face. I like, I like that it. One. That's incredible. Well, you did it again. You continue to do it undefeated. Well done, my man. Great stuff. You're coming into your own and a lot more to go. Pleasure to watch you fight. Congrats on the win. Uh, enjoy the time off and can't wait to see you do it again. Thank you, Ariel. Um, can't wait to continue to put on performances and get on your show more and talk to you more, man. Um, I really enjoy being on here. We will do it again. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate it. There he is, the Bellator middleweight champion. Remember that name you just heard, Jorge Masvidal, put him over big time. And when you got a guy like that putting over a talent like him... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's pretty damn impressive, and you see what he did on Saturday. 13-0 now, 31. Uh, I mean, just an amazing wrestling career, and now doing big things as far as MMA is concerned. Uh, that's his second title fight, 2-0 in title fights, won the belt back in June, now successfully defends it. Great stuff. So we go from the current Bellator middleweight champion to the former UFC middleweight champion, but perhaps soon to be once again, UFC middleweight champion. Our old friend Chris Weidman is back. Is he there? Is it true? There he is. <laughs> What's going on? How are we doing? Our old Thanks friend on, Chris. How are you? You're so busy. You got your serious show, which is today at 5 o'clock on Sirius XM. Uh, won't back down, right? Very smart, by the way. You go on at 5. We're usually done by 5, so you don't want to go head-to-head -head with the king. I totally understand that. Makes sense. Yeah, I know this is your livelihood. I got other things going on, so I didn't want to take this away from you and your family. So we decided to give you guys the 1 o'clock show. I appreciate that, but uh, I'm driving around. They replay it. I'm listening to it with my kids. You and Wonderboy chopping it up. You enjoying doing that? 
I am. I think it's uh, it worked out well for like everything I've been through with the injury and stuff, being sidelines. It, it gave me something else to focus on, keep my mind in the game, being able to analyze the fighters more. Uh, and it's also like a different skill set that I'm trying to develop. You know, it's a, definitely a challenge, especially doing a radio show. Um, it's an hour radio show. It's four different segments. And it's me monologuing for the most part. So when I did my podcast, when I first got injured, it was me talking to somebody else for like an hour to two hours. So it was just like conversational. I felt like it was a little easier. Uh, now I am like going in and out of break. I am, uh, you know, reminding, reminding everybody that they're listening to one back down radio with Chris Weidman reintroducing <laughs> the guests. Like, you know, I feel like uh, I'm a radio guy now. It's pretty cool, but it's definitely a challenge. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's way harder than I would have thought. You are a radio guy. So you're, you're doing a great job and it's on uh Sirius yeah. XM fight nation, right? That's the channel. Yep. Um, channel 156. Yeah. Every, every Monday, five to 6 PM Eastern time. Lovely. Um, all right. So a lot going on. You were in the news very recently. Wanted to have you on to talk about your return because not only are you getting back into the swing of things, this feels very significant. Of course, we all remember April of 2021. You suffered that injury against Uriah Hall. It's been a long road for you. I want to ask you how you're doing. We've talked, of course, during that process. But you're going to be competing in a grappling match at Polaris, Polaris 23 in March. How did this come together? Yeah, so it's been a it's been a long road. I've uh, you know, and been enduring this injury and the recovery. It's been uh, four surgeries. I've had infections. I've it's been a uh, it's pretty much been hell. Um, and I've been asked a few times to do uh, different grappling events throughout the years, and it just never really works out time wise. I you know I did the Abu Dhabi's back in two thousand nine. I did the trials. I won those, and I got the opportunity to go into. Uh, uh, the Abu Dhabi's in Barcelona, Spain, and it was a great opportunity for, opportunity for me, and I really enjoyed it. And I always felt like I'd do grappling more often because you know I like doing it. Uh, but obviously, the MMA took over, and that was what I've been focused on. But because my leg is still kind of healing, there's some things stand up wise I'm still dealing with with some issues with pain, and uh, I was offered this Polaris you know, grappling match. And I go, you know what? This might be a good opportunity for me to get into a competition, get used to competing again, not just come in with complete ring rust in my next fight when I come back into the UFC. Uh, and uh, I just thought it was great timing. So I'm going to do that in March, March 11th. It's in it's somewhere in England. I don't really know. I got a... The Doncaster Dome. Doncaster Dome. So do you even know where that is? Do you have any idea? I wish I did. Yeah, me neither. It's, uh, I think my wife looked it up. I didn't even look yet, but it's, uh, I think I have to fly to London and like Manchester and then I got to drive like an hour and a half. So when they first hit me up about it, I just figured it was like in Vegas or something. So they asked me if I wanted to do it. They gave me the opponent's name. His name's Owen Livesey, uh, tough dude, jacked. And, uh, I, uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Works out. And then they told me it was in England. I go, oh man, uh -huh. England, that's different. But, uh, I think it's I fun. I was like, you know what? Yeah, it should be. It's going to be different. I haven't competed overseas in a really long time, so why not? Let's go. It's in Doncaster, England, by the way. In case you're wondering, Doncaster. If that you means any anything to you, well, it's in England, and uh, I've never been to England before. Really? I've stopped over in England. Uh, you know, I've been on layovers, but I've actually never been to England. Never been to London. And I've honestly, you know, no offense to people from there, but I'd never really had like a real eager. I didn't really have an eagerness to go there. Wow. I just, because I heard it was like kind of like New York City where, you know, it's kind of where I'm from. And uh, it's like New York City besides the food's not as good and uh, the weather's not as good. So I'm like, all right, what's the point? Uh, 
But I've recently heard my boy, um, my our guy Lloyd Pearson, my manager. Yes. He he's he said his favorite place in the world to go is London, and uh, so now I'm like, all right, I'm a little bit more excited. He broke it down, and let me tell you something. Ready to go. I have been considering moving to England. I don't know if you know this, but I I'm, I'm being serious. I love England. I love everything about it. The culture. I love the. We're big into soccer these days. My my kids, all they watch is Premier League soccer. They're really into it. So we watch that. I love the darts. The darts are huge in England. I work for BT Sport. Stop, stop. I'm That's serious. the real reason. I'll there t- we go. You I'll tell got you. You. They're going to pay you a whole lot of money to move no, to England. I'm, you do it. I'm, honestly, I think I'm actually more popular in England than I am in America. They love me over there. I mean, it's just amazing. I kind of feel like I should be in England. I feel like I'm actually British. Uh, by the way, I'm Canadian, Commonwealth. You know, we're part of the same thing. You know, the Queen, big deal. King, of course. Yeah. Uh, you're going to love it. It's a fantastic place. By the way, it's just outside Sheffield, if that means anything to you, Doncaster. No, no. <laughs> but uh, keep going. Give me something. Um, how's Dirty Jerry treating you? Is it, oh, is it that okay. bad right now? No, I just, just listen, like, right, I love, I, I really love the culture. I love the people. They're so genuine. They're so nice. You're going to love it. You're, are you going for a long time or are you just kind of go like in and out? I think I'm going to go. They need me there for like media on Wednesday. So I think I'm going to get there on Tuesday. Um, yeah. What's the time difference over there? You think? Five like hours five, ahead. Hours? Five hours ahead. I know everything yeah, about it. Yeah. BST, GMT, the whole works. Um, what are the, and by the way, Owen, I, I will admit, not a huge grappling guy. I mean, there's so much, you know, I'm conquering MMA, conquering boxing, pro wrestling, darts. There's a lot to watch these days. So I'm not a huge grappling guy. Owen Livesey, yeah. is he is he well, you know, well known? Is he world renowned? Who is he? Did you know who he was? No, I didn't know who he okay. was. Uh <laughs> so I was kind of clueless at first. But I don't I also don't, you know, watch all the grappling matches. I'm not like super into it. I know some of the big names. Uh apparently he's kind of came on the scene uh out of nowhere and he's been crushing. He's been doing really good, has some big wins and some exciting matches. He was a gold medalist in the European Commonwealth Games in judo. So I think that's his biggest credential, but he's a black belt in jujitsu and judo. Um, and he likes to like throw people. He's very strong, uh, strong dude. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a good one. We'll see what happens. And what are the rules? So you start from standing, uh, it's wrestling into submissions. Okay. So, and I think it's scored just based on aggression. So it's a 10 minute match and whoever shows more aggression uh, I guess, you know, going for more offensive moves is going to be declared the winner or submission. Okay. So it's all submissions. And yeah, and at the end of it, if there's no submission, then whoever was more aggressive, I think, gets their hand raised. And in your last grappling match, was that 2009 Abu Dhabi? Yeah. That yeah. is wild. And and when you first yeah. came in uh, to the UFC and to MMA, we knew you as the Hofstra guy, but we also knew you as, you know, the grappling guy. You know, you were you were known as like the super whiz. You know, Danaher's talking about you. Matt Sarah's talking about you. So it kind of feels like it's a return to your roots. Yeah, kind of. You know, I've been out of the game for a long time. The first notoriety I ever had in the mixed martial art ecosystem was when uh, Sherd Dog wrote an article about me after I lost in the Abu Dhabi. So I, I was a blue belt and uh, I won the Abu Dhabi trials and I submitted uh, everybody but one guy submitted the guy in the finals who was a world champion as well. And um, I got a lot of notoriety from that. But then when I went to Abu Dhabi's, I had this really close back and forth match with Andre Galvao. And at that time, he was already a seven time world champion. And, you know, he, he accomplished a lot. And he was, you know, I guess people thought he was just going to run right through me. 
and uh, we we ended up going to like double overtime, and he ended up winning on points. And uh, it was a great match. It was like one of the greatest matches of the tournament as far as back and forth and like submission attempts and stuff like that. And then afterwards, someone from Sure Dog, I'll never, I, I wish I, I think it was like Brian or something. I wish I remember, but it was so cool for me because it was the first time, even after a loss, they really took notice of how well I did and uh, with a guy like Galvao and uh, saw me as a guy who was someone you should be paying attention to in the MMA game. Because at that point, I was 2 0 as a professional fighter. I had injured my hand. The next fight, I went on to fight Uriah Hall, but I was injured. I had a surgery and I was like a crossroads. My hand just wasn't getting better. And Longo, actually, of all people, even though he was more of a kickboxing guy, he knew I was dominating people, you know, on the local scene with jujitsu in the gyms. And everyone's, you know, had a lot of great things to say about me. And he was like, you should do these Abu Dhabi trials because I think one of the guys on our team was doing the Abu Dhabi trials. It's a big deal. I think you do good and it'll give you something to do while your hand's healing. And uh, so there you go. And then I went to the trials and then eventually the Abu Dhabis and it was really cool. And it was good for me, confidence-wise. If I, I was on the mat with a guy like Andre Galval for, I think it was like close to 20 minutes with overtime. And uh, if I could be in there with a guy like that and go back and forth with submissions and not be tapped out, then like, all right, who, who's going to give me a hard time in MMA when it hits the ground? So it gave me a lot of confidence from, uh, being in that match. And you were just in Austin preparing for this with legends. I saw you with Gordon Ryan. Uh, Danaher's there. What was that like? Because now here you are, kind of going out a little bit of your comfort zone in uh, in North Carolina. You're preparing for. You're kind of in camp mode. I know this isn't a fight, but still, you're preparing. You've got an opponent. Like yeah. going through all this stuff. What was it like? Oh, it was amazing. Well, the sport of jujitsu, as I've known, has really evolved over the last, like I would say, even the last like five years. It's evolved like crazy. First, you had the leg locks became a thing. Like yeah. uh, that, John Danaher really. Uh, took that to a different level um, with Gordon Ryan and they had Cummings at the time, Gary Tonin. They just started submitting everybody with leg locks and then guys kind of caught on to learning how to defend that. And then they were taking everybody's backs. Either way, John Danaher is such a great teacher. He's so smart. He's really on the cutting edge and he's, I feel like, a year ahead of, 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 of like almost everybody. So if you go there, you're just learning all the stuff that everybody doesn't really know yet. And so I was able to just gather all this information. It was a week I was there and I got so much better. And I was able to see like all the things that these top guys are doing and then try to emulate it and do it, do it myself. And it really was a great time. Uh, Gordon Ryan is, you know, at this, he's the goat of the game. And I actually got to stay with him at his house and, uh, you know, train with him and the team, you know, twice a day. And, uh, there, it was a winter freeze when we were there. There was huh. like no, everything was just shut down in in, in Austin. Um, How cold was it? It was good. Be, it was like thirty two degrees, thir like twenty eight to thirty two degrees the whole time. But it was cold rain, and uh. which was freezing over on the ground. It was black ice, and there was like some flurries. But it was like four or five days like that. And obviously, Austin being Texas is not used to that type of weather, and so they were just shutting down everything. Uh, but which was good. It wasn't that much like hanging out, doing different fun things. It was more just straight up training. It was like, you know, good, uh, good way to segue into the, the uh, fight, the grapple match. What's it like grappling with Gordon Ryan? He looks like he's a freaking tank. He is a complete <laughs> monster. Like, uh, yeah, like it's, it's insane. He is so strong. The amount of effort that I have to put in to move him around. Uh, especially on the feet, is just crazy. Um, and then on top of it, his technique is just so good. When it comes to the groundwork, 
you know, I'm pretty good on, on my back, which um, the MMA fans don't really know. People who have trained with me probably know. But, like, I like being on my back, which is weird because I don't like doing that in a fight. But um, in jiu-jitsu, I love being on my back. And I'll kind of, I have good frames. You know, I'm long. I'm a pain in the ass. I'm flexible. It's hard to get around me. And I, I'm kind of tricky with submissions. He is just, like, 10 steps ahead of me on the wow. ground. Like, he's on top of me. And it sucks because I know what he's doing because I'm learning it. And I just know, okay. If I put effort into stopping this move, the amount of effort it's going to take is just going to crush me, you know, physically. And then mentally, I'm just done. And then he's just going, he just, he's just, he's just really good, bro. He's just on a different level. We had some great goes, um, but he is on a completely different level. His technique is on a different level. They, John Denner has created a system there and he followed it to the T. And with his athletic ability and his strength on top of all the technique he has, I just don't see anybody being able to compete with him. And then there's a few other guys in the gym that are the same way. There's a guy named this, this one other kid's name is Jiu-Jitsu Giant. Wow. I think he's 20 years old. He's like six foot eight, 280 pounds. That was another fun role. I did 10 minutes with Gordon Ryan and we did a lot of standing. So we it was like just pulling on the head and just like working, working standing uh, techniques. And it was, it was just hard go. And then all of a sudden, the jujitsu giant, this nice little baby-faced, six foot eight, two hundred eighty-pound monster, comes over me. He's like, "Chris, you want to go next?" And I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> next thing I know, I'm on my back, and it's just I'm just being suffocated by this complete nice monster. Like he's just like, "It's an honor to go with you," and uh, he's just completely wow. crushing me. Um, it was it was very humbling uh, experience, but it was also very like eye-opening. And I and I I, I know I could be right there. Like it, they just gave me so many tools. Uh, to work with now that I get to practice and, and work on here. So where are you at confidence-wise? Like scale of one to 10, as far as your health, your leg, everything, mentally, physically, wh where would you put yourself? I'm, I'm pretty damn confident right now. Um, sparring and everything, I'm right, like I'm better than ever. Uh, I feel great. My leg has some like issues when I bounce around still and they think within the next couple of months that's going to go away with just some more, some more strength building in the leg. Um, you know, the last time I had a surgery, which was kind of over the summer, and then I had an infection that took a while to heal. I was like down to the bone, you know, with uh, different different holes down to the bone that I had to stuff with gauze and stuff. Fuck. It stopped me from getting, uh, which ESPN is doing a whole documentary on, so which is, will be coming out right before my my next UFC fight, probably like two weeks beforehand. So everybody will get to see all the video footage and and everything I've really been through. So I'm vague for a reason, but um, it's. It's been uh, it's been crazy. Uh, where was I going? I don't know. Well, so, I was asking about the confidence. You said you're confident, but so let me ask you this: uh, like yeah. when you go through all that stuff, did you ever have a moment where you thought you wouldn't get out of it? Meaning, like you're like, I can't go four surgeries in two years or less than two years. Like, did you ever have a moment where you felt mentally broken? Well, there was definitely moments uh, in the beginning where I just was, I just wanted to be able to walk again. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to not have my leg amputated and all that stuff. And then once I got to the point of walking and then I was, it's, it's been through, I, it's, I've been through a lot for sure. Yeah. There's moments where I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this, you know, um, because this has been such a, such a process. I've had 29 surgeries Wow. now. And I just had four surgeries on this leg. No, well, so it was what I have 25 surgeries now. I had 25 before this yeah. leg and then now I just had four more. So I've been through the ringer already. In, in with in my career uh, from wrestling to mma and uh i have that like i'm not i'm not quitting attitude i don't even think about quitting um 
and uh, I've been through pretty much every type of injury you can think of. But this has been very unique with the way it's tested me mentally and physically because uh, it's been very hard. It's just it's not it's not easy. It's not easy to come back from at yeah. all. And uh, it's been a real challenge for me, and I I, I, t- I took it on, and I've tried to keep that same mentality. And I'm finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Was amputation on the table seriously at any point? There was there was a point uh, in the beginning uh, that that was a thing. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, nothing. It ended up not, obviously it, that went away. I think pretty quickly. But that was there was some scary moments there. By the way, I have such a bad habit. I don't know how to fix this because you see, I, I this is like my my. My least favorite thing about myself, if I could be honest with you for a moment, you know, we're buds, I could say this. I just said Jesus, and I shouldn't say that. Do you take offense to that? I didn't hear you say that. Um, I shouldn't say that, but I will remind everyone, Jesus was a Jew, so he's one of us. But the thing is, I should stop saying that. As long as you you believe in Jesus. You're a believer. Yeah, yeah, he's a guy. Why wouldn't I not believe in him? I mean... But some people that don't believe... Don't believe he ever existed? We're not going to have this conversation okay. <laughs> because I'm going to start asking you more okay, okay. questions. But the point really is, awkward. can I tell you something? Yeah. It is just between mm-hmm. us, um, well, and mm-hmm. everyone listening and watching. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know who Katie Taylor is? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Katie Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Katie Taylor. Yep, yep. I love Katie Taylor. She's the best boxer on the planet, women's boxer on the planet. So I was with her at MSG on Friday doing a thing for the anniversary of her fight last year against Amanda Serrano. And she is very uh, religious. She loves Jesus. She said that to me. A devout Catholic, yes. I guess, right? Love Jesus, love yeah. Jesus. Uh, so she was, kept talking about Jesus. Her walkout song was, was uh, you know, religious song, all that stuff. And then at one point, someone else said something, and I said Jesus, like, oh, Jesus. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Did I offend you? And she started laughing. Like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, my God. I said the, the Jew line again. I was like, oh, Jesus was Jewish. But I felt horrible about it all weekend. Do you think she was yeah. offended that I said that? I think that's one of those things. I mean, you're not supposed to take the Lord's name in vain. Yes, I'm better than thing. this. But I, but, I, but I do, I will say, and I'm not speaking for all Christians out there, but for me, it's become part of the culture. It's not, you're not saying it in a derogatory way. It's not like you're meaning to offend anybody. It's almost part of your language. I know. And uh, it has nothing to do with Jesus, but that's kind of just, for whatever reason, that's became a part of your vocabulary. If someone says it in a way where they're trying to be, you know, give put you know be derogatory. Then that's a different story. There, right? You know, that's a little disrespectful. But yeah, what about G's? I'm not taking offense with that. I say G's all the time. Okay, is G's short for Jesus? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I say G's all the time. I never think it's short for Jesus. Do you ever say Jesus? Not really. I really don't say Jesus. Yeah. Why do I say it's that? Like in a positive thing. There's a lot of people who say that, man. That you're know. not alone. I'm not. I, I would love to just, you know, come down on you I right know, now. I know. You want to come very, down on me? It could be like a serious thing, but you're also, you know, you're. What open, about Jesus? Opening up for discussion. What if I say Jesus? Jesus. You, as long as you say Jesus like that, you're fine. But if you say Jesus, then it's a little disrespectful. See, a lot of people always say like, "Oh, Ariel can never be wrong." Here I am saying I I am wrong on this one, um, but I can't, and I felt so bad. I mean, Katie Taylor, I put Katie Taylor's like top three favorite athletes of mine on the planet right now. And I felt horrible that I disrespected her. She said multiple times. And then I have the Jewish neuroses thing where I had to apologize. Plus, I'm Canadian. So I like apologized probably 40 times <laughs> and I still feel bad about it. So you, I just said it to you. I wanted to know your thoughts. Thank you for making me feel a little bit better. I'm not really sure if you did, but you're saying. No, I, I think, okay. listen, your heart's in the right place. I think that's. The most important thing. All right. Uh, if, but, you were, if you were purposely being offensive, then that'd be wrong. 
I saw on your uh, your Instagram, I still follow you. I'm not sure if you follow me because I got a weird video, by the way, from uh, our mutual friend, Rory Karp. You're doing a movie with him and he like sent me this oh. video of you and you're like, hey, Ariel, why don't you give us some love? I was like, geez, Louise, talk about Jewish guilt. I mean, both of you just laying it on oh, me. Man. I'm like, what's He's happening? A promoter, huh? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, now I guess you just threw a layup in there just to take care of him right now. Yeah. So Grace Point, it's a movie that I was in and then they took me out. They edited me out. What? And I'm still promoting it here. Yeah, this bastard. He this sent guy, me a video Rory of you Clark. saying, oh, Weidman's in it, your boy, blah, blah, blah. Yo, that and, was before he told me that I wow. wasn't in it. This guy, for months, I did. I went down, it was somewhere in North Carolina. Al Jermaine's in it, Dean Thomas is in it. Uh, they have actually some big-time actors in it. He's going to be pissed. I, I should know their names, but I know the MMA guys. And uh, <laughs> I went down, I was, the, I was a priest, and you know, I had some funny scenes. Uh, you know, I had a lot of monologue, actually, I was going off on. And uh, Next thing I know, I thought I was in the movie. I was like, I said so many damn words. I got to have something in there. And then I just found out, no, I'm not even in the movie. You That's messed see me. up. But yeah, you make sure you go see Grace Point. It's going to be uh, in one of the festivals in California. Do you have it pulled up? No, I got nothing. I thought you were going to oh. promote it. Oh, yeah. No, he just said promote Grace Point. But all right. So Grace Point, Grace Point. Okay, got, there it is. I, got, I, I don't know where it is. Grace Point, not featuring Chris Weidman. Not, fe- not featuring Chris Weidman. But other you know, UFC unedited, fighters, the, the non-edited version might you know might see me. So maybe right. one of the bloopers. I saw on your Instagram uh, the uh, the balloon that was uh, very much in the news this weekend was flying over that. where you live. Legit. I had so I had it. Yes, a hundred percent. So I'm in Fort Mill, South Carolina. For all you guys who are watching, I have no idea where I live. And um, that Chinese spy balloon is what they're calling it. I at the time was calling it allegedly because I didn't want to come off as saying you know anything. Negative about any, you know, culture or mm-hmm. country, I guess, you know. See, now I'm nervous to say, no, no, just, this is like just, Jesus. Yeah, this is me saying Jesus. I just <laughs> called it a balloon. I don't know. That's, I yeah, just yeah. saw it on the news everywhere. Yeah, I know what you did. I know. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it was a spy balloon. I don't really know the full story on the thing, but one of my buddies hit me up and was like, hey, are you going to be around to see this spy balloon cross over our town soon? I go, what? I was like, that's not really happening. I saw something on Twitter about the Chinese spy balloon. And then I, I look up in the sky. We just got done with my daughter's cheerleading uh, practice slash competition thing. And uh, we go outside and I, like, I saw I saw a couple jets flying by. And then I look up and I see this white like dot basically in the, in the sky. And it was the balloon. And so we watched it for a while, probably like 45 minutes. We were filming it. And uh, next thing I know, a bunch of jets started flying by, like circling it. You know, I guess they're just keeping an eye on it. And I was like Googling, what, what are they doing with this thing? I, guess, I don't know if it's just you know, getting information from us and our landscape, which I think, can't you just get it from a satellite anyway? So I don't really know what the thing was doing. I heard that it was flying over like top secret places in the country, like military complexes and like nuclear facilities and whatever. But I don't know if that's just BS. And, uh, but I like a half an hour, hour later, they shot it down right outside of Myrtle Beach over the ocean. Apparently Joe Biden had said that they wanted to wait until it was over an area where it wasn't going to get anybody injured on land. Right. Wow. That is crazy. The flip side of that is, it, I think it went across almost the whole country. There's plenty of spots they probably could have shot it down yeah. where it wasn't going to hurt anybody, but whatever. Jeez. Really... That is wild. That's wild. That China, China, I saw their president, I forgot his name, but uh, came out and said he wasn't very happy about uh, us shooting that down. Thanks <laughs> to that. Oh, geez. Wasn't very happy about that. All right, we'll see how that plays out. By the way, uh, during the whole two-year process since your last fight, um, just curious, because this has been in the news, did you ever remove yourself from the USADA pool? No. 
Wow. How do you feel no, about this thing no. going on now? It seems like it's becoming a bit of a trend. So when I heard that, when I saw like pictures and stuff, there was, you know, I speculated just like everybody else. Is he on something? Is he taking stuff? And uh, next thing I know it, I was like, wait. Oh, no, then it came out that he was actually out of the USADA pool. And at that point, it was already too late. If I ever wanted to do anything like that, if I wanted to get myself out, it was already like I would have had to been out for way too long. So it was, oh. it wasn't even an option for me. Okay. But, you know, if it was up to me, I would have liked to, as soon as you get injured, okay, there's, here's an option. This is, there's a, like, there's an option here for you. This is what you could do. Sure. Cause it might have uh, helped, but, right? It, yeah. It might have helped. You know, I went through hell. So it might have been helped. But by, by the time, uh, you know, I heard about it and that was like a thing, it was, it was, it wasn't going to be something I was going to do. And uh, were you getting tested in the midst of all of this? Yeah. Jeez. Yep. That is wild. I mean, I guess they could say, oh, they want to know if you're doing everything on the up and up, but I mean, it's for performance and you're, you're far from performing. Um, so when, when do you think you will actually fight? Yeah, I got, listen, I, yeah, I got, I don't mind that. Like it, I've been through hell. I would have loved to yeah. had the opportunity to do that, you know? So I get it, but um, I just didn't know. When do you think you'll fight again? Do you see the light at the end of the tunnel? I, yeah, I think probably like June-ish, something like that. Okay. Somewhere in June. Are, are, yeah, so, are you talking yet or it's too soon? No, nah, I think I'm going to wait till after this okay. grapple match, get that win, focus on that. And then as soon as I'm done with that, I'm going to hit up the UFC, figure it out. Have you allowed? I still have to, like, I still have stuff, you know, I got to figure out my life. So. Have you allowed yourself to think of the perfect uh, scenario, the opponent, the place? Like, have you dreamed of this yet? I would say somewhere like someone in the top. 15 like anywhere from 10 to 15 i was like 12 or something when i left so uh somewhere in there uh you know i'm not coming back to be like a b-rated fighter or you know a gatekeeper or anything like that i didn't you know i went through all this hell you know not just to you know come back and be like that i'm coming back to try to you know get back what what is mine you know try to get that belt and after analyzing all these guys and watching the middleweight division you know these last two years you know i with everybody at the top of the division i you know, I don't think there's any reason why I can't beat those guys. So I'm excited to work my way up and uh, and get there soon. So like right now, I mean, I feel like 15 is Darren Till, Chris Curtis is 14, Gaslam is 13, Imavov is 12, Andre Muniz is 11, Drikis Duplessis 10, Jack Hermanson. Like there, there. I feel like there's not not to say that you know it's a fait accompli, it's a shoe in whatever, but you look at the middleweight division right now and I feel like there is, there is some sort of path for you, right? Do you see that? Especially the style matchups. It's a lot, you know, even at the top, it's a lot of strikers, but not a lot of wrestling. Like if you can return to form, which I'm assuming you think you can, do you feel yeah. like you can uh, really make some noise? I think um, my skill set matches up really great with the top guys and uh, I'm excited to get there. And uh, yeah, I think there is a road to that and, you know, beat someone in the top, 15 and then fight someone maybe top five and then boom i'm there so i got a i got a lot of work to do but i'm excited for that challenge i'm not i'm not putting myself through this crap just yeah. to come back and like you know fight some guys that i know i can beat or you know have a you know big name fight. i'm trying to shock the world again and i know you know <laughs> there's not going to be too many people that are you know thinking i could come back and that excites me kind of puts a chip on my shoulder when i'm being counted out like this what do you think of the champ Pereira, um, listen, man, hits like a truck. Um, tough, 
he pushed through some adversity in that fight with Adesanya. But in terms of wrestling, his, his wrestling ability and his jujitsu ability, it's lacking, I think, pretty badly. And uh, uh, I think anybody who watched that fight, you know, you know, saw that. Mm. Yeah, him and Israel Adesanya, when they were locked 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 up in clinched position, Adesanya was definitely the you know more superior grappler, but he's he's still not that great there as well. Um, but it appeared that he didn't really know what to do from the clinch position, how to like really move his feet around and like move body body weight around. And uh, when he got taken down, he was working back into his feet. It was very difficult for him. He didn't look comfortable at all. Didn't really seem like he was experienced in those positions. And so uh, just curious, um, you watched, by the way, did you watch uh, Bellator on Saturday on CBS? I didn't, I, I saw just the Fedor and Beto. Fa- okay. Fa- I thought, cause we just had Johnny Eblen on uh, and he says he's way better. You know, and I think there's actually an argument to be made, like just that matchup, right? Champ versus champ. He would be a tough matchup for Alex. He's a, he's a wrestler, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think any wrestler, uh, at this point, when you look at Pereira and, you know, good for him for getting up to the top. I hate, you know, just, you know, crapping on a guy who's at the top. The top. He's accomplished a lot already in a short period of time. But when you look at his grappling, um, anybody with a, with grappling backgrounds in that weight class has got to be thinking, all right, that's a, win- a very winnable fight for me. Uh, two last very quick things because I know you have to go. By the way, I, I saw this video of a dog attacking you and you were wearing the thing and it looked like you, you people wear that thing. You know you know what I'm talking about? Like with the police? Oh, yeah, yeah, It looked yeah, like yeah, it was yeah, actually yeah. Was hurting back, you. That was a while ago. Oh, like it, it looked... It did. It pinched through. Yeah, what the hell? So I did, that was when I was in I was in Italy for the USO tour. We eventually went to Afghanistan, Iraq and stuff. It was it was an amazing... Is this post uh, Uriah Hall fight? No, this was... No, no. Oh, Okay. 2019, maybe? Wow. GC went into the uh, archives for this. I mean, it looked really painful. Yeah. It was, um, what are those dogs called? It's not a German Shepherd. It's, they're actually a little bit smaller, but they're apparently way smarter. It's what the military uses. And, uh, yeah, they sent that thing after me and they had me run from it. And it's amazing that I weigh like, you know, 215 pounds or whatever. And that thing tossed me to the ground. It weighs probably 60 pounds. It threw me to the ground like nothing. And at one of the times, it, it kept trying to get a better bite on the fat suit. And it got Ugh. my skin on my ankle or my, th- or my you know, top of my calf or something. And uh, yeah, no, it was painful. Those, those dogs are scary. You don't want one of those chasing you. No. Uh, but something more recent. You were in like a, a cornhole championship thing with Doug Flutie and some other celebs. That was recent, yeah. right? Yeah, that was probably like five, six months ago. Something like that. How'd you do? Um, I lost first round to Dawn Staley. Oh, you know Dawn Staley. Yeah, of course, the basketball the head, legend. A, yeah, yeah, and head yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah. head coach for Duke. U.S. Yeah, is it Duke or USC? Duke. Maybe I'm no Duke. 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 You want to Google that? You, do, you want me to... she just became a Duke coach. Yeah, Google that. Dawn Staley. Dawn Staley, head coach. She. I'm pretty sure she's University of South Carolina. Oh, you're right, mother effort. Who's the one for Duke? Oh, when you said USC, I was th- I was thinking uh, I was thinking like Southern California, head coach women's Duke. Who do you, who do you say it is? Kara Lawson, mother effort. Oh yeah, yeah, close. Don Staley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was fun. I don't. One of my buddies' wives actually does like marketing for the cornhole hmm. league, and uh, they needed an extra person, so they brought me in and. It happened to be right here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. 
man, that was that was fun. I ended up losing, man. But afterwards, I did great in the back. I had some good wins. We played for money. Oh, uh, it was a cool. It was a cool experience. Well, look at but you. You're doing a lot of things. You got serious. You got Polaris. You got cornhole. You got balloons flying over you. I mean, there's a lot going on in your life. <laughs> uh, great to catch up as always. I wish you the best. Keep us posted on the uh, the recovery. I'm sure you will on your show on SiriusXM every Monday at five. SiriusXM Fight Nation. Who do we have on today? Anything you want to plug? We had we had uh, Calvin Cater on, man. Oh, he's he's dealing with that ACL. He had an ACL surgery after his last fight with Arnold Allen, and so we got to talk to him a little bit. And, now you're saying uh, this oh, in the sorry. past tense. You're saying this yeah, in the because past tense. Because we, we, we just, we just produced yes, this. Yes, 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 yes. So I was like, and come yeah, on. So, yeah, yeah. We, we did it here. right before the show. So they needed to edit a little bit. But uh, yeah. All right. I'll well, be speaking to Calvin Cater at 5 p.m. There Eastern you time. go. Really There's a pro. And by the way, one last thing for you. Uh, it uh, Doncaster, where you're competing, it's a three hour and 50 minute drive from London. So it's just a hop, skip and a jump after that flight. But I bet I got. I think I have to go to Manchester first, right? Is Manchester closer? Mm. Oh, you'll fly. I think I have a connector, you, you, I have a connector to Manchester. You can fly to. I've I've flown direct to Manchester from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I I haven't booked my flights yet. Okay. Good luck. It happens. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Thanks for thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Appreciate You're the it. man. There he is, Chris Weidman, returning on March. The 11th, uh, a lot of Doncaster talk on the show today uh, against Owen, Livesey, Polaris 23. They also have a 66-kilogram women's Grand Prix on the card at the Doncaster Dome. It airs on UFC Fight Pass. Um, yeah, there's the poster, the Doncaster Dome. Shout out. Sounds like a cool place. On Google Maps, when you search Doncaster, uh, it just says the dome. So sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Now, what about that uh, dog video? I was led to believe that it happened recently. I mean, he posted it in uh, June of 2022. So. Is that true? Yeah. You know what? Making us look bad. I mean, this guy. Why would? He, what was it? A, a TBT or something? I, I love it. Uh, you know the. Uh, Hey, Chris, I was going through your Instagram and I saw XYZ. He's like, that was 2019. You're like, GC, digging through the archives. Well, you know. Uh, just toss me right on no, the No, I would never do such a thing. Um, by the 2022, way. 2022. Do people do TBT these days? No, I haven't seen a TBT. Not since 2019. God, Not Maybe since, you bring it back. You know what I want to bring back? Follow Friday. Oh, yeah. I feel like when we go to this camera, I have to like duck down to kind of the shot. <laughs> you know, if I'm here. No, it's, it, it actually is perfect for you. Yeah, well, I mean, I could straighten up a little bit here. No, I think I know. I, I think it's actually perfect for you. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to do the show on Wednesday because I'm going to have, uh, you know, um, two busted eardrums because of all the things. So you might have to be in the chair. Are your headphones messing up? Yeah, they're. I mean, I just read lips. Yeah, just read lips. That's a first. Listen, I, I'm getting it in my ears too. Haven't mentioned it once all show. Is that true? Wow. Okay. Well, it's kind of calming, actually. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. We're definitely like talking the same amount of time on the show, so I feel yeah, like I know uh, that's definitely apples to apples. Um, all right. You well, doing all right? Am I doing? Are, are am I doing all right, or yeah. are my eardrums doing all right? Yeah. Mm. I just want to hear one positive. Um, I don't got much. Damn. I'm being honest. I don't got much. Um, we do have one more guest to go and i'm really looking forward to talking to him his name is brandon ward he had an incredible win an incredible fight on uh, saturday against sabah homasi and he has an incredible story as well 
an unbelievable story. Um, he left MMA in 2017, uh, a lengthy battle with uh, substance abuse, checked into uh, rehab, I think multiple rehab stints, uh, seemed completely out of the game. And, and a Bellator OG made his Bellator debut at Bellator 81 in November of 2012. He was just 4-0. was on the regional scene in the Northeast. Um, Connecticut is where he's from. They often put him in... Um, in Uncasville at the Mohegan Sun, because he's a big draw there. People love him over there and has had a great run in Bellator, but, you know, uh, fell off in 2017, took some time off and returned almost five years later. He returned in February of last year against Brandon Bell at Bellator 274, and he hasn't lost since. His last fight before leaving was August of 2017, Bellator 182, lost that fight to Fernando Gonzalez and has since gone 3-0. and Beat uh, Brandon Bell, came back in June, won that fight, and then uh, won again this past Saturday. Also, by the way, all of the fights have ended via TKO, all of them, by the way, in the second round. So it's one of the best stories in MMA right now. It's an incredible story, an inspirational story. And then there he is opening the CBS main card in a barn burner, which he ends up winning via second round TKO. Even had Jean-Claude Van Damme in the house to support him. Even had JCVD in the cage afterwards, uh, you know, taking the post-fight photo. Without further ado, let us say hello to Brennan Ward. Hey, Brennan, how are you? Hey, good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. I know it's been a while, and uh, it's our first time speaking, and I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for the time, and congratulations on the win. Uh, you've uh, you've been through a lot, obviously, and I, and I love to talk to you about that, and, and, and you've had a lot of highs, some lows as well, but with Saturday, considering everything you've been through and considering the stage, CBS, and a sold-out crowd and all that stuff, would you say that was the best moment of your career so far? Man, I mean... That's it's has to be number one. That's got to be the best feeling of my career, man. You know, that and rising that definitely topped it. That was it was unbelievable. It almost felt like it wasn't real for a while. You know, uh, the first round was kind of hectic. It was kind of crazy. How how close did you feel to it ending in the first round? Nah, I I, I knew when I took this fight uh, back in November, early December. I knew that the first two minutes would be hectic. I I told my coaches even. I kept telling, even on the way, I said, listen, the first two minutes, you know, don't freak out the first two minutes. Huh. It's going to be hectic. And you're probably not going to like the first two minutes, but, you know. What, so. and, and why go into the fight like that? You know, because I, I, I felt like there was almost pressure on you guys to produce a kind of fight like that. They put you on there for a reason. But, you know, for your career, for your longevity, for your health, probably not the best spot to be in. Right, right. You know, and of course, you know, we worked a game plan, you know, uh, to not do what I did the first two minutes, but, uh, you know, I worked so hard <laughs> on my strength conditioning and I knew I could outlast him. I knew, I knew I was going to outlast him. And I knew that was going to be the key to victory since we're so evenly matched almost everywhere. You know, I said, I can, I can wear him down. And then after he, like he said, at Wayne's after he blows his load, you know, I, it's going to be mine. The fight's going to be mine. And it was. And uh, you made them like what I love so much about it was it started the card correctly. 
It was the perfect way for Belter to start. Then you get on the microphone. You're great on the microphone. Then you call in Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's like you checked off all the boxes. I guess the one thing, if we're to nitpick, was uh, I think you might have cursed on CBS, and that's probably not something that they wanted because we couldn't hear everything that you wanted to say. Did anyone get mad at you for that? No, no. Not, they didn't get mad at me directly. I know they got mad at my corner a couple of times for swearing during the fight. But, uh, dude, I was so just, like, overcome with emotion. I, you know, and I've, I've, I've been known to swear in the past. Yes. You know, uh, you know it's tough for me, you know. We're, we're up here in New England, dude. We don't have, you know, sometimes we swear, you know. Yes. No, I hear, that. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. Now, what's, what's your connection to Jean-Claude Van Damme? Man, I, so, so my friend, so my friend Mighty Matt, um, last year when I was, you know, trying to, I was like, dude, I want to make a comeback, but I don't know how to, you know, re-enter this world, you know, and my friend, mighty Matt, you know, he was running high rollers and I started talking to him and he's like, listen, dude, he's like, if you want to grapple in two weeks, he's like, I'll give you a, a good matchup in two weeks. And I said, let's do it. I went out there and, uh, you know, I've been friends with Matt for a long time. Um, 2016 or 17, I've been friends with Matt. And he's real good friends with Van Dam, and he showed Van Dam some of my highlights. And Van Dam was like, "Hey, I, you know, I like this guy," and uh, which I couldn't believe because he's Jean Claude Van Dam, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, so Mighty Matt, my boy Mighty Matt, put me on to him. Well, it's an incredible story, like I was saying before you got on, because we remember you. You're one of the Bellator OGs. You've been there since Bellator um, '81 in 2012. You've been a big part of the promotion, especially all those events in the Northeast, in Connecticut, at Mohegan Sun. And then 2017, yep. you just kind of disappear. Um, and then you resurface last year, almost five years later. In 2017, after you had that last fight against Fernando Gonzalez, why did you disappear? You know, I was, I mean, obviously the story's been you know, highly publicized. You know, I'll kind of give it to you quick in, uh, you know, my own words. So in 2017, you know, and, and, and in a couple years up to that, really since the tournament and since the title fight, you know, I, I wasn't living, I wasn't living right, man. I was, I was using a lot of drugs. I was drinking a lot. I was involved in some stuff that wasn't, you know, I was, I was, I was living a life that I shouldn't have been living, man. And I, and trying to mix that with the pro fighting and balance it, I couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, just, I, I didn't, I felt like I didn't deserve to be where I was at. I didn't deserve the opportunity to be fighting, you know, where guys would kill, guys would kill to fight on these main cards of Bellator, man. And here I am not training, doing drugs, you know, wrapped up in a whole whole different lifestyle man and i i walked away i had myself convinced that i didn't want it anymore you know because i was so i couldn't get together i couldn't train i couldn't put the drugs down i couldn't stop partying you know i couldn't walk away from that life that i needed to walk away from to come back like i did last year so i said fuck it dude and i quit you know um when were you first introduced to drugs how old were you i was a kid i was young i was a kid real young early high school Early high school. So like what, 14, 15, something like that? 14, 15, yeah. And and what was it at first? Like marijuana or something? No, it was it was it was I mean, you know, my the town I'm from, it's a big drinking town. You know, okay. it's a party in town. You know, a lot all blue real blue collar people. And uh we partied, man. My my town was known for drinking and uh so I smoked a little bit of pot. I drank obviously, but I found I found opiates when I was fourteen. Okay. You know, I had a friend of mine who had a sur I had a friend of mine who had a surgery. And I remember the bottle, you know, I, I remember seeing, seeing oxycodone on that bottle, seeing that on the news, you know, oh, this is what people, this is, you know, this is what people, this is what people are addicted to this. Like, what is that? You know? And I, I took a couple of those on that. I'll never forget the day. I took a couple of those. 
me and my boys, we went out to eat a couple hours later. I, 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 I took so many, I threw up out back. And then once I threw up, I felt it was the best feeling I ever felt in my whole life. It was really like that. Mix. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it was off. It was off and run from there. The throw up not was necessarily the best being high, being okay. high in those opiates was the best feeling I ever felt. Wow. Sad to say, yeah, sad to say, but you know, it is what it is. And, and, and now, I mean, this is before you even become an MMA fighter. So while you're coming up in Bellator, you have all those fights up until 2017. You're doing this while you're fighting as well. Cause you're always in tremendous shape. It always looked like you were ready to go, but you were always doing that. I mean, sometimes I could put it down for a camp always in between, always, always. If, if I didn't have a fight coming, say I was, you know, I, I just fought and I had some downtime, it was guaranteed I was getting high. And then, you know, once in a while, once, you know, I'd have a fight coming and I was able to put it down. And then I'll be honest, there's a lot of fights I couldn't put it down. And I was using right up to the fight, right up to the day, you know? What would you say was rock bottom? Um, you know, being in jail, you know, for my daughter's first birthday, first Christmas, you know, first New Year's, I'm in jail, you know? They were on lockdown. I can't even call her. I can't even call my family and, you know, and I, I, I'll, I'm right there. And then I, I'm never doing, I can't do this anymore. I, this is it, man. I'm not missing another birthday. I'm not missing another Christmas. I'm not doing that. This life is done. I'm done with this. And that was wh- it, man. That what, was year, what year were you in jail? I was in jail from 2019 into 2020. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. and for what do you mind me asking? Yeah. Well, uh, um, the initial charges was, um, I, I actually have a felony assault on an officer. And then I was in prison because I, I violated probation. I took, you know, I took a deal on that and I was on probation. I violated probation multiple times and they got sick of my shit and they put me back in. So, wow. Was it, was it for a year? No, 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 no. I just did a couple months. It was the end, uh, the end of 2019 into, uh, into 2020, actually right when the coronavirus was hitting, oh. you know, so we were actually, a lot of us were able to get out early. Oh, wow. So you got out because of the coronavirus? No, I, well, I, I got transitional supervision. Yeah. Um, so what was happening is they were, you know, some of the cellmates that have been in for life and they're in for a long time, you know, they have to go in a cell by themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, so like for their immune systems or whatever. So they were, there was a lot of guys getting kicked early and I didn't even know I was getting out. And I called my girlfriend on rec one on, on like a Monday or Tuesday. And she's like, Hey, she's like, I'm coming to get you Friday. I was like, Oh my gosh, it was, it was awesome, man. And then, uh, I've been good since, well, I've been pretty good since, you know? (laughs) What was slip ups here and there, but when was the last yeah, time man. you, you took anything, you know, substance, drinking drugs, anything like that? Uh, I mean, it's been, it's been well, anything, um, well over a year, well over a year now. And, um, you know, I, I actually, I actually use a little bit of THC products like bombs, you know, THC, low THC with the CBD, which has been great for me, man. You know, once in a while I'll do like the, um, like real micro dose edibles, you know, it helps with my mood and, uh, you know, there's, but that's it. Nothing else, man. I can't. How did you do that? Oh man. I, for years, I tried for years. I, I went to, I was in detox and rehab so many times, so many times. And finally, like I said, that last time, you know, being away from my family, you know, my daughter being born, starting to miss these events. It, it's, you know, I, I, it was time to grow up, you know, for lack of a better phrase, I had to grow up. It's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 35 this year, you know? That's a young man's game, you know. When when uh, when you were out of the game, the fight game, um, and going yeah. through all of this, 
did you pay attention to Bellator? Did you pay attention to MMA? Or did it hurt too much to look at that, you know, previous uh, you life? Said, you said it. Okay. You said it hurt. it hurt. It hurt way too bad. It hurt way too bad. I didn't even want to know what was going on. Because you knew that you, you could know, still every, be there, right? Oh, oh, I knew it. I knew it. And I wanted to be back there so bad the whole time. So I would say about a year after I quit, so I would say 2018, I was like, man, when I was, I was getting real bad with the drugs, but I wanted it back because it was gone, right? You don't know what you got till it's gone right, type right. deal. And, but it just seemed so out of reach. Like I was just, I was so bad. I was just down the worst path. I was so, you know, physically addicted, mentally addicted. I, it was, it was such a long shot. It was, it just seemed so out of grasp, out of reach. I have to say, and, uh, um, yeah, it was tough. Nolan King of MMA Junkie wrote an incredible feature on you. I would urge anyone, like, we're, we're not even, I'm not even doing the story justice. And, and I honestly kind of feel bad asking you some of these questions because I'm sure you've had to tell them over and over again. And so I'm sorry. That's fine, man. I'm, I'm sorry no, for no, making you no. relive some of this. But Nolan King of MMA no. Junkie wrote a great story. And there's even like a mini documentary that they put together. Um, and I urge anyone because it really drives home what you've been through and had to overcome. There's one story that kind of got me you know, as a father of a daughter as well, I think on your, on your daughter's, you said you missed her first birthday, but early on there was a big moment in her life and you were looking for, was it her christening or something that you were looking for drugs? You uh, weren't there. Uh, yeah. Her baby shower. She her baby shower. She wasn't sorry, even born. Sorry. Yeah, baby shower. Yeah. The baby shower. And you missed it. Yeah. I just, uh, no, I, I showed up, but I, I was late and I didn't help set up and I was, I was dope sick. I woke up. Couldn't find my, couldn't find my phone. I couldn't find it. I was sick and there was just no other, there was no, not like, well, Hey, well, I'll, let, let's go set up and I'll get some. No, was, I'm getting something now. You guys can set up. I'm telling it, it. Listen, it does something to people. It does something to people. It, it changes your morals. It, it changes. That comes first. That has such a hold on. It has such a hold on you. And it's scary, man. That is a scary thing, you know? And that's why, you know, so I don't mind when you ask me these questions, dude, I, I feel I feel the conviction that I need to, this has to be known. Hmm. This hat, my story has to be known. You know, since the fight the other night, I've been nothing but on Instagram trying to answer everybody, answer people. It's so many people. I'm stuck, man. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I know, I know you don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. It's the scariest thing. You need it. You need it. Like your car needs gas. You, you need it. Like you need air you know, or you're sick. You are legit sick. You're going to have the flu in one hour. If you don't have it, you're getting sick and you can't function. The anxiety, the awe, oh, the sweats, the, the, your skin is crawling. So how does it's, one get out of that? Man. Like, I can't even imagine. How do you turn the corner? Yeah. You got you got to go to detox. You got to get away. So many times I try to do it myself and so many guys try to do it themselves. You, you can't do it yourself. You got to get away from everything because it's too easy. It's too easy to get a hold of for guys who really use like me. You, you know where to get it. You know where to go. You don't even need a phone. You show up, you know, and, and it's, it's quick. It's done. Boom. You get it and you feel better instantly. You have to be so far removed from that. I had to go away. I had to go away multiple times. I've been to, I've been to rehab three, four times, five times. Wow. The, the last place that you went to, like, what, what was, do you want to give them a, a shout out? The, the, the last stop on the rehab? Yeah. I think the last one I went to was, um, it was in, this one was in, uh, this one was in Cape Cod. Okay. It was in Cape Cod. It was called RCI recovering champions. And, uh, they actually have a network, you know, they, they own like the same, you know, the same owners have a couple of different facilities. And I, 
you know, I, I made the tour. I went to a couple of different, a couple of different inpatient spots, one in Quincy. Then the next year I'd go back to a detox, go to the one in the Cape. Yeah. You know, but, uh, and then you got to stay away. You have to stay away for a while. And that hurt my daughter. I, I had my daughter when I was doing that too. Wow. And I'm going again. Now I'm in rehab again. It's like, oh man, over and over and over. You know, it's, yeah, it's. Was there ever a point where you no thought good. you wouldn't get out of the cycle that, you know, this was going to be your life? Like, did yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. When it's got its hooks in you so deep, you know, you, you can't, you don't see, that's what I was, I was saying before. Like you want, like I wanted my family back. I wanted to fight again. You know, I, I wanted to turn it around, but it just seems so like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be sick for so long. Then I'm going to be depressed after, because dude, the, the, the physical detox, oh, that, that's the easy part. I'm telling that's, that's the easy part. A lot of guys, you run out of dope, you run out of money. Let's, let's go to detox. Right. You know, the spin dry. They call that just doing a spin dry. It's the months after the year after where your your those chemicals in your brain are not back yet, dude. You're depressed. You're anxious. I used to think I was going to have no energy to do anything without it. I can't work without it. I can't play with my daughter without it. I don't want And we got to go ride bikes. Oh, my gosh. How am I going to do this? I'm telling you. And your brain is telling you that you need it. Yo, man. Yo, just yeah, get some. Get some. You'll be good. We'll, oh, we'll ride bikes. All right. You know? And so many times I did. Are you kidding me? I would be high, so high playing with my playing with my daughter dude you know and people you want to you want to think i'm a bad parent for that think what you want about me mm. you know people can say what they want about me if you haven't been there then you don't you don't know what I'm talking. if you've been there you know exactly what i'm talking about that you don't want to do anything unless you have that want to work a 12-hour day well then dude no 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 i gotta be high and this is and this is after this is months after and you still have that in your brain ah oh, dude you're tired it's it's bad man it, and it takes time. You have to, it takes time, so much time to come back. And does it ever creep in again? Like the, if that feeling, sh that itch shows up, what do you do to get it away? So, so I'm, and listen, I'm never out of the fight. I'm not going to say I'm, yeah. I'm never going to say I'm out of the fight, but I, I'm enough removed from it now that like I have my natural, my natural self is back. Okay. You know, my natural energy is back, man. I enjoy doing things again. I enjoy you know, me and my, all we do is play me, my girl, my daughter, all we do, we're just at the park now. We just got home. Like I have that back and I, you have to tell yourself it's going to come back and people, and I used to hate, I'd be in rehab. Oh my God. People be like, it gets better. It gets better. I'm like, dude, you, shut up. Yeah. Like, no, it doesn't, it, but it does. And I, it really does. And that's what I was telling guys all last night and the night before and today, I'm like, it gets better. I promise you it gets better. And I make sure I tell them, I hated when people said that to me. Yeah. I hated that. I hated that. Like easy for you to say, dude. Easy for you to say. But a lot of people are telling you I've been there too. And it does get better. But your brain is telling you it's not getting better. Your brain's telling you it does get better. I got one way to make it better. There's one way. You know? So when did you start to feel like, wait a second, I could get back to Bellator. I can get back to MMA. I could be a pro athlete again, uh, an MMA fighter. When when did that start to happen for you? So so last year. So I did. So Matt had me out at high rollers last December. I think it was, it was either December 11th or December 16th. And, um, and to be clear, that's of 2021, right? Going into 2022. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So what? A little over a year yep. ago. And uh, you know, and 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 up to that, I was working full time. You know, I've, I've been in the union for a long time as well. And uh, I was working and training. 
you know, and the guys at work started seeing me training more and training more. And I started feeling better and feeling better, you know, and, and now I'm back to wrestling with the college kids and I'm, and I'm going around, I'm doing some sparring at the local gyms and I'm still lighting guys up. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm like, I, I got this still. And I was very, and I was very, very honest with myself. I said, listen, if I don't think I have it still, if I think I'm losing a step, if I think that I can't compete with these top guys, I'm not going for it. I'm not going to, I don't need to, I don't need to. I love my job that I have. I make a great living for my family, but I can do it. I am still at the top of my game. I haven't lost a step. Dude, I give these young college boys, you know, we go at it, man. Any of these young kids, I'm, I'm right with them. If not faster, stronger, bigger, dude, I'm, I'm there. So, so you start to so, do uh, that. And you know, what happens? You, you call up Bellator? No, I, so I called mighty Matt, my, my boy, Matt. And I hadn't talked to him, so I stopped talking to Matt when I fell off. I stopped talking to everybody. When I disappeared, I, I, I cut the line to everybody. And a lot of guys, oh, you, I wish you called me. You should have stayed in touch with me. Dude, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm. I don't want to talk to you. And what? Tell you what? Tell you what I'm doing? Mm. Tell you how I'm doing? You don't want to know how I'm doing. I don't want to know how I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? So, so when I started getting right, real right again, you know, I called Matt, you know, because I, I follow him, follow High Rollers, and I, I love the idea of it, you know? and. Uh, there was a lot of good guys in it. I said, dude, if I could jump on a, on, on one of these competitive, you know, grappling events, maybe I can get seen. And, you know, and sure enough, man, Bellator saw it, Wow. And, you know, and, uh, and yeah, and they called and they called my good friend, Dave Thomas. And, um, you know, he, he manages me He's one, he's like a brother to me, a brother, father, he's as tight as he gets. And, they, and, uh, and Bellator said, what's up, what's up with Brendan? Is he, what's he doing? Is he grappling? Does he want to fight? And just like that, man, it was on. I fought two months later and fucking rest is history. How did you, know? you feel going into that first fight last February? So a year ago almost now, um, after yep. five years away, after everything you had been through, jail, rehab, multiple rehab, like what were you feeling in the locker um, room? Because I, by the way, I watched the um, the mini doc that that Nolan and MA Junkie did on you and, and he was asking you questions in the locker room before the fight and you were pretty short with your answers. Like it seemed like you were... You were antsy. I mean, obviously everyone's antsy before a fight, but you had been through so yeah. much. So how are you feeling? Yeah. So, so I, it was, it was a, it was a crazy mix of emotions, man. It was, it was a wintry mix, dude. So, you know, I obviously, cause the hole I put myself in those years, I wasn't able to train. Like I wasn't able to train full time. Mm. I worked right up. I took like a week and a half off before, before my fight last February, my fight last June, I took maybe a week, a week and a half off. Wow. You know, I might've took two, I might've took two weeks last february but dude as far as strength conditioning none dude i'm up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work so i would just get in the gym spar when i could my training was pretty much just me going from work and then going to spar you know maybe go to work go wrestle a couple days up at jaywoo you know what i'm saying so i might have wrestled three or four times last year and i probably sparred you know a handful of times you know my boy greg rubello he's my coach he came down a couple times but like nothing like i should have so in the back locker room i'm like you know, that starts going, that, that for me, I'm a huge mental guy. So that goes through my head. I'm like, dude, I really haven't been trained. Like, I, like, like these other guys train, but then I'm like, dude, I put myself in that position where I can't do that. So, yo, we're here. Let's go. And, and, and that's that dude. Yeah. You know, and I felt, so to answer your question, I guess I felt all kinds of ways yeah. about it. I knew I was going to go out there and win. I knew that. I knew I was going to fucking win. I was bound and determined and, uh, they're waving at me out the window. <laughs> Who's that? You know, Your um, daughter? No, my. I just saw my girl. I'm sure oh. my daughter's right behind her. She's in tow. I'm sure. And uh, 
Yeah. So, you know, so just a couple things were creeping in. I'm like, uh, and you got to chase them out, but I was good. I was determined, dude. I was going to knock that dude out. So. Are, are you still working? Um, no, I, I, I haven't worked since, uh, since after Thanksgiving. I, when I agreed to fight Sabah, I said, I'm going to do this right. And I'm going to make, I'm going to do this right that way. You know, cause Bellator, I've been with Bellator so long, man. They're, they're very, very good to me. They're pretty much like, hey, like, what do you want to do? You want to work full time and fight Mohegan a couple times a year? Well, you know, fight some middle of the road guys. Shit, they were gonna let me pick my opponent last December. Mm. You know, they did let me pick my opponent last December. That didn't work out. But uh, you know, I got her and whatever else and um, some opponent stuff. But uh, you know, then the opportunity came up to fight Sabah on CBS, and my manager's like, "Listen, dude, if you're doing this, you're gonna fucking train." Mm. And I was like, "You know what? I will train that way." Now. I said, listen, when I'm older, I want to know that I went for it, that I didn't, you know, when I came back and I was still physically in my prime, dude, I went for it. And whatever happens, happens, dude, but I'm, I'm going to go for it. You know? And, and so now you're done working so. for now. Um, you're, you're full time. No, I was supposed to go back today. I was oh. supposed to go back today. Okay. Actually. I'm actually, I was supposed to go in tonight. But, okay. What is, you know, I got to do a couple things and what's that? What, what is the, the industry that you like? What's the work that you're doing? Oh, well, well construction. I'm in construction. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you're still yeah. going to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think as of right now. That's wild, know, man. Something... You were just fighting on CBS, and then you have to go to like do do the guys know what you do? I'm assuming they're your boys, right? Yeah, they yeah they know they know these guys know what I do. Oh yeah, yeah. They there's, think it's crazy? They're always at. They've been at the last fights at Mohegan. Yeah, these dudes are wild. These guys are. <laughs> yeah, these are these are some wild. This is these are different breed. What we do. It's kind of gnarly, and these are some. These guys are cut from a different, a very different cloth. We're not your guys, you know. We're not the construction guys you see on, you know, building building little houses on the okay. side of the road. Dude. We do heavy, no, we do heavy, heavy stuff, man. We work with cranes, we work with heavy steel, heavy iron. Dude, we do some real dangerous, gnarly shit, you know. So, do you foresee a day yeah. where you could just train MMA, you know, like really go for it and take a break from the working, or you don't want that life? I mean, I, I honestly, I'm going to be so honest with you. I, I don't even know right now. This all happened, you know, the, yeah. with Sabah. I was so focused on beating Sabah, you know, that I really didn't think too much. I said, yeah, after that fight, I'll go back to work. Like, that, that was just like my default. Yeah, sure. We'll go back to work after. Right. You know, but maybe now, what? Maybe not. I don't know what the next fight's going to be. I don't know when they want me to fight again. I'm healthy. You know, I feel good. You know, I could fight this weekend if they needed me to. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to hold for me. And, uh, Honestly, man, it's kind of a little freaky right now, you know, because I'm so comfortable in that job. Yeah. I love my job. I'm comfortable in it. It's like, dude, go work 40, 50. You want to do 60 hours a week? Let's do it. Let's make some extra money. Get some good OT. You know, you go home to your family. Now it's, uh, you know, and that's that's comfortable. That's very comfortable. You know, I'll step, I stepped out of my comfort zone these last two months and trained hard. And I don't know what the future is going to hold for me. You know? Is it fair to say, like, because your 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 comeback fight was February nineteenth, so it's February sixth, you know, almost a year ago. If we would have yeah. talked before that fight, and you know, kind of mapped it out, like, would you have ever believed that this past year would have turned out like you'd be three and zero, three finishes, a CBS main card? Like, could you even have imagined this, or was it just like a matter of coming back? Let me see if I still got it, and that's it. Like, did you even allow yourself to dream of something like this? So I. I, I and honestly, it's it's hard to remember what I was thinking, what I what I really thought about it back then. But if you had said that to me, you know, um, I think the first fight, I was I just wanted to get back in there for myself. I wanted to prove to myself, you know, that I could still hang and I could compete. 
And I think after that, man, it, it felt good. So I was like, all right. But I had to go back to work. Like, circumstances were prevailing, you know. Like, that, that was like a tryout fight with Bellator. You know, they're like, let's see if this – dude, I backed – I agreed to fight and pulled out so many times in those couple of years before. Yeah, I want to fight, dude. Bare knuckle, Bellator. I was like the fucking – dude, I was like the no-show king. You know, yeah, I'm going to fight. Eh, he's gone, disappeared again. No one's heard from him. I would just turn my phone off, get a new number, turn it off. Nobody would hear from me. So I'm sure Bellator, you know, and rightfully so, was probably like, okay, let's see. Yeah, you want to fight? Come on, let's go. Let's let's see if he's even going to show up to this fucking thing, you know? And I showed up, and it felt good, and they signed me after. And, uh, you know, in June, in, in the fight in June, I still wasn't really – I still couldn't train full-time. You know, I had to I had to provide for the family, you know? And then I was able but, – but because I was working, I was able to put those fight those checks in the bank and live off my union money. And uh, so this last fight, I was, I was able to, I had some money in the bank. So I said, all right, I got some dough. Let's train. Let's give this thing a run. How many um, different numbers have you had in the last five years? Uh, probably like, probably 30. Wow. <laughs> Maybe 30 numbers. Yeah, a lot of numbers. A lot of burner 20 phones. 30. A lot of burner phones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, to see you come all the way back and resurface like this, it's, it's, I mean, there's gotta be a part of you that's like, how far can I go here? Let's take, you're talking about a title shot. Why not? Right. Yeah. Why not? It, I, I know, I know I can do it. I shit. I, I did it when I was a kid. I fought for the belt when I was a kid, man. How, how, when I fought Shlomanko, I was a kid, dude. I, I came on like out of nowhere and I, I didn't, I didn't, I started fighting cells in college, dude, and needed money. Mm. You know, I turned pro. You know, wrestling season was over. My parents were like, "Hey, bro, get a job." And I was like, "Oh, I could make a couple bucks fight." I was still in college. I signed. I was still in college when I signed with Bellator. I was in college, my first Bellator fight. Wow. You know, none of that was supposed to happen fast like that. It just happened. Boom! I'm fighting for a title. So if I did it then, I I can do it now. I know I can do it. No, I can. And and I know I sort of touched on this earlier, but just curious, like you know, at the post fight presser, you spoke about. Um, everything you've been through here. I'm asking you about everything you've been through. Yeah. At any point, yeah. do you feel like, man, I don't want to be like, I don't want this to be me. Or do you feel like this is just a part of your story and you could turn it into a positive and you could be that inspiration for other people? Because I feel like every time you do an interview, this comes up. Yeah. So, all right. So like, this is always going to be who I am. Okay. It, it's, it's always gonna be a part of who I am. You know, it's, it, this, this helps to define me a lot of things about me, you know? And, uh, so, and and I always want to be I I want to be like a like a like a beacon of hope for people who felt that disparity that I felt, you know. So I always want to be accessible to people. So I don't want this. I really don't. And I don't think it will go away. I don't want it to go away. I don't think it will go away. But I'm also I know I'm a good enough fighter that people can also go yo and he fucks dudes up. I mean I'm not like I said I always like you know I'm halfway joking. I'm number one finisher of all time, but. I do have the highest finish rate in Bellator for somebody with as many fights as I do. I have a hundred percent finish rate. You know, I've only gone, I don't what 17 and six. What I do I've, I've gone to distance one time, oh. one time in my life. That's because I broke my hand like 30 seconds into the fight. I can't even throw a right hand. So I just tossed the dude around, you know, dude, I I'm, you can't deny that about me. You can't deny either. You can't deny either, either part of me, man. I'm going to be the beacon of hope for people. And I'm the dude that can fucking maul you. And those you can't deny any of those facts. 
And does it ever you, feel overwhelming? You said like all you've been doing the last couple of days is writing people. I'm sure there's a ton of people watching this and being like, man, I can't get out of this rut. I can't do that. I can't. And so these people write yeah. to you and want to know the answer and want to know how you, like, is that overwhelming to have to talk about it and answer it and, and be that role? It's one thing to talk to me about it and I'm just trying to find right, out, but like right. to someone who was you a year ago or two years ago, yeah. what is that like? So, so no, no, it's not, no, I, it, it gives me a little, I get a little anxious doing it because there's so many people I want to get back to. Yeah. And like, like, so like I'll message someone back and then like, I'll scroll down and be like, Oh fuck. Oh, it's like, Oh, so many more <laughs> oh, back to the top. Like that's the only, not, not like, Oh man, these fuck, man, I don't feel like talking to these people, okay. you know? And I, and like I do when my daughter's sleeping, I haven't slept really since the fight. I put my daughter to bed last night and I got on the phone and I'm talking to guys, you know, she was at school today. Me and my girl were driving around doing errands. I'm on the phone talking to people all day, you know? And, uh, so I'm trying, if, if, if you are watching this and you are, and you're trying to get at me, give me some time and I'll get back to you. And I'm trying to figure out a way. I'm trying to figure out a way what, you know, I was talking to Mighty Matt and Mighty Matt's like, dude, just keep it, keep it nice and simple, dude. Do like a FaceTime thing where people can come in, you know, and, and ask, you know, and, you know, ask you for your advice. And he's a smart dude, man. I, 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 I take a lot of what he says to heart, man. Cause I, I saw what he did with his life, man. Right. You know, a lot of people don't know about him and it's not my story to share, but that dude has an equally as gnarly story. And I watched what he did at High Rollers, and I watched what he did with Game Up. And I, when I went out to High Rollers, I watched how he worked, and I watched how he was doing everything and his work ethic. And I said, "Yo, this guy right here." And he, when he helped me back in all those years ago, there's nothing in it for him. He's just a good dude, and I only want to be surrounded by guys who who are like him. You know what I mean? Who are like that? And uh, so, you know, getting back to the point, you know, I, I want to have somewhere where it's easier for me to talk to more people at once. Right. You know, and in a way, it kind of keeps you accountable, right? Because like, if you're telling people what to do, 100%. right? Now yeah. you can't almost yeah. like not to say that you owe them anything, but you can't be giving people yeah. advice if you're doing the opposite, right? So now that it's a public uh, no, story, no. you can't be Cause, hiding cause in the that's shadows. The worst, yeah, right, exactly. Because that's the worst. Taking advice from people that you think are being genuine with you, and they're not living, they're not live, they're not practicing what they're preaching, right? Oh, uh, dude, that's that's hurt. That's that killed me when I was trying to get right, and there was people that I would put my trust in and they're telling me what to do and I'm taking what they're saying to heart and I'm trying to live the way they're telling me and they're not living that way. Dude. Oh man. That would, that's like, it's like heartbreaking, dude. You're like, Oh man, I put like, this is such a hard thing to do. And I'm putting my trust in you, my faith in you. And you're not doing what you're telling me to do. Yeah. Fuck you. So yeah. So I'm not gonna, no, I'm here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm clean. I'm sober. And I don't have any plans of ever going back to that life, man. So I want to help people, you know. I think that's why, I think that's why my life is going the way it's going, man. There's something bigger than, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than, it's bigger than Bellator, dude. It's, you know, this is life and death. This is a real, this is a real, it's a real problem, man. It's a real problem. There's a, a former basketball player who was a star at Fresno State. His name is Chris Heron. I think he might actually be from the Northeast. There's a thirty for thirty on him. Where he yeah. he he went through a similar thing and now he talks to people. I don't know what he's doing recently, but like I could foresee a life like that for you, where you talk to people who are going through a similar. I almost thing. went to his. I almost went to his rehab facility one time. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah um yeah I, I could yeah I, I didn't have any money at the time, dude. I was on my ass, dude. I I couldn't afford it, but uh yeah, man. I I I I look up to him too, man. You kidding me? He's you know, he played for the Celtics, dude. Yeah. We're from New England, you know, we love the Celtics. And uh you know, he was he was as bad as I was. You know, he was just as bad as me. And I watched I watched what he did and yeah, I'm I'm definitely a fan. I'm a huge fan of him. 
Well, I'm a fan of yours, man. It's a great story. It really is. And you're an inspiration. And I hope that you continue down this path for yourself, for your daughter, for your for your girlfriend. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see. And especially to see someone like you, what you've been through on CBS, on a platform like that, succeeding next to Jean-Claude Van Damme, like one of the faces of martial arts. Surreal oh, stuff, yeah. beautiful stuff. So I really do hope that you can uh, keep building and keep improving and keep on this path, stay clean and, and uh, maximize your potential. Let's see how good you can be. Let's see how far you can go. Because yeah, there's... let's see. Let's do it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Go for it. So uh, I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Appreciate it very much. And I can't wait for the next one. Of course, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, man. I really, really do. All right. All right. Take care. There he is, Brennan All Ward. Right. Uh, Bellator fighter, what a story! How could you not root for that guy and 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 hope that he's able to uh, turn his uh, life around and and uh, be as positive and successful and you know be a, a a productive part of society for himself, for his family, for his for his daughter. That's a, that's an incredible story. And uh, again, want to give a shout out to Nolan King, who I think is one of the best journalists in MMA. Uh, I used to say young journalist, but I don't think he's uh, that young anymore. He's uh, he's a vet at this point. He did a great story, a great feature on Brennan going into the February fight of last year about everything he had been through. Like there's a story about him in Japan. I mean, just tremendous stuff. So go check that out. Just put in his name, Nolan King and Brennan Ward, and uh, you will see it. Um, eye-opening stuff and gives you a great appreciation. This was just a taste for what Brendan has had to overcome. All right, great guests today. Six of them. Still a lot more show to get to. We got to uh, check in with the guys on this past weekend. We've got some stories to share. I mean, like I said, I mean, we're we're just, <laughs> you know, we still got three more hours. No, we don't have three hours, but uh, we do have some stuff to get to. First, though, quick word. All right, let's talk to the guys. And, uh, it was uh, mixed emotions on Saturday. Of course, for the past month and a half, we had uh, Mysterious Frank on the outside looking in, and we've instituted a new uh, Parlay Pals situation. This was his first time back in the mix, and we said if one person fails to you know, carry their weight, they're out, the other three march on. So unfortunately for everyone who took part in the Parlay Pals, we did not win because... Right? We didn't win. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, we did not win. Um, what happened, New York Rick? Tell us what happened. Me? What? Did, oh, it was me, was it? Oh, for a second there, I mean, actually. We, for a, we've got the graphic. For he a second there, I was actually... Did I graphic. screw this up? <laughs> he went against the great uh, Brennan Ward that, let's we, see the graphic. that we just... Oh, I should have told Brennan that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm very thankful you did <laughs> you know, I that's, do that. That's more of, a, of egg on my face. Louis yeah. Spivak, no sweat there. Amanda Serrano, no sweat there. Rini Nakamura, no sweat there. Yeah. Unfortunate. You, you know, uh, I could do the what had happened was and give you the whole breakdown and all this stuff because there was a justification. There was a reason. But instead, I would just ask. I'm begging for mercy, you know? Like, I'm sorry to you guys, but could I propose that maybe the punishment is me having to live with the knowledge that I did this and how people will view me and I don't have to actually be punished by the way uh it was looking good early on well yeah i'm, I'm not gonna do that because i i don't wanna, i don't want to like explain it i feel like a schmuck for betting against brandon ward ah well now uh, yes. after that story he's very, yeah you know he's very rootable he's very likable by the way <clears throat> i say rootable i don't even think rootable is a word uh, we're gonna use it all right fine he's, um, he's very root forable root forable yeah so now we march on without you 
Yeah, Rick got mysterious Frank. Yeah, you got mysterious Frank. Now what? I will say at like what time was it? Maybe like one thirty, two o'clock. I I texted our chat and said, "Ready to get mysterious yeah, Frank did. tonight, baby." You were starting to doubt yourself even before the card. All right, I said I wasn't going to explain. I really, what I really wanted was the was the under on that fight, but it wasn't available at DraftKings, uh, and so I was just like, mm, we should have just waited on it then. Was it available by the no. time the fight happened? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but that's, yeah, yeah. that's oh, after. but Wednesday. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play hero here. Uh, I feel like Saba, more technical fighter. He's he's on a roll right now. Brennan didn't look great in his last fight. I'm I'm feeling were you, pretty confident. Were you looking on best fight odds or just, or DraftKings sportsbook? It. it may have been available at the time. I didn't see it, man. Tough. Well, so okay, so what Tough. is the rule now? We go three until yeah, we, if lose. we lose. Rick's back in. Okay, so if we lose this weekend, at, uh, I'll you're be rooting for you guys. <laughs> sure, you will. Hey, by the way, for a minute there, Amanda Serrano was getting a little, you know. A bit of a war. I wasn't worried yeah. necessarily, but you never know how those things go. She absorbs quite a few punches, yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into that. And by the way, uh, you, someone actually asked me, who asked me on Saturday night, like, is GC going to stay up to watch the Derek Lewis fight? And I was like, nah, I don't think he's going to stay up. And then I see you're tweeting all about it. You actually stayed up to yeah. watch it? Oh, yeah. Made, made it all the way to the end. Uh, I mean, by the time I got home from the Amanda Serrano fight, it was like 1 o'clock, 1-ish. Uh, you know, I unwound a little bit, made myself a uh, quesadilla. <laughs> By the time that was all done, I mean, we're talking 130, 145. I was like, yeah, there's only a couple fights to go. Might as well just tough it out here. Uh, so, yeah, made it all the way to the end. And then quick first round finish, right to bed. Now, New York Rick had to work it. So you had an I excuse. Was working, yeah. You were just watching. What was it like watching till? I, I will be honest with you guys. I did not stay up till 4 a.m. to watch it. I'm too old for that. It was only like 3.15. Yeah. I mean, either. this is the time that I'm usually working on UFC pay-per-view nights. So it's like, it's not that, it wasn't that crazy. Yeah, I guess. Like, aren't you're doing the ringer yeah, show. Yeah, but, I, but I'm not watching. At three, but yes, you're right. I was tired, though. You know, Bellator. No, listen, yeah. don't get me wrong. The quality of this did not That's, did not necessitate staying up for yeah. it. There you go. Bingo. That's the it thing. Was not there was the no quality. atmosphere. Yeah. There was no, no vibe. I mean, it was, it was the Apex, fights so it was were inconsequential. The main event yeah. was nothing. I mean, it was just Derek Lewis getting tossed around and finished quickly. Uh, and yeah, I can hear the European the fans like playing oh, their little you know violins what? for our. Cry me a river. I'm That's so right. I'm so sick of that. By the way, this is a North American sports league. Okay, we, we, I respect I respect them for it's it. It's a global I could sports league. No, they took over the they the took over the globe. The vast majority of their events happen in North America. Okay, it is not normal for a North American <laughs> sports league to do a North American sporting event. At, you know, midnight. It just doesn't happen, okay? So, cry me a river. We're not trying to say that what you guys do is, you know, look, I love the English fans. I love the UK I love fans. Them I more. love the European I'm, I'm fans. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. But no he's against you. I'm on your no, side. No, no, but it's just like, oh, yeah, you deserve No, that's like, you signed up for this, okay? You became a UFC fan living over there. That would be, You don't like it? Move to the US. But no, by the way, that would be like me complaining that, uh, you know, I had to watch Man United, Man City at 7.30 a.m. It's not a North American sports league. It's, 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 it's catering to their time zone. That's what it is. That would be like me complaining about the Australian Open you know, times. No, it's an Australian sports. I like I like watching those off-hour events. So do I. Yeah. No one's complaining. I like that. Um, but I'm just saying, it's a little too late for me. And plus, like, there were very little stakes. Is Derek Lewis done? No. Dana White literally came out no. right after and said, like... Okay, wait a second. I didn't ask you what did Dana White say, or let's... I'm saying from your perspective. 
Done as what? What do we mean by done? Is is he no longer a player anymore? Like oh, he he wasn't a player for uh, yeah. three fights already. Uh, I thought me. I thought he had a shot here. No, a play a player in the title picture. Not a title picture. Like is he just is like he was not that guy ever, ever. Did you think that he when he was in the title fights he was going to win those fights? No, there's a difference. Between was anybody under Daniel that illusion? He was on a roll. He was nah. a, it did look. The way he lost, like that, that, that reminded me a little bit of Josh Barnett against Brett Rogers, where you're just like, all right, I'm done. I don't have anything here. That looked like every Derek Lewis fight we've seen for the last couple of years. Yeah, there not... was a period there. He won one, two, three, four in a row. He's beating Curtis Blades, right? He's be- Good win. He's beating Alexi Olenek. He's beating Alir Latifi. Yep. He's beating Blagoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he mm-hmm. beat. Francis. Some of these names are starting he to beat Alexander Volkov. I'm just saying, Marcin Tybora, guys, you know, some mm-hmm. I'm just saying to say now that's a that's that's unfair to Derek. That's revisionist history. That he was never a player. Of course he was a player. He was he's no different now than he was then. He's a he's a Landa uh haymaker guy and always has been. Sometimes he was he was gambling hot, he was riding hot and hitting the guys with them. And now he's not. It's different now. Oh, I th- I think he's gotten older. Like I think yeah, he's, he's gotten older. I don't think it's fair diminished. to say he was never that guy. He's never I'm that guy. I'm not gonna. I'm what do you mean by done? Most, it depends on what you mean by done. In, in heavyweight history, was he ever going UFC to be history? a legit contender against the top of the the cream of the crop? He, in here's the division? a question: Can he beat anyone in the top ten? If he punches them, he can. No, I mean right now, can he beat anyone in the top ten? Man, I, I don't know if sure. I really want to see him continue to fight these guys. Can he beat anyone 10? in the top? So t- right now, top fifteen, number fifteen is Blagoy. Beat him. Can he beat Jolton yeah. Almeida? No, no stop. On, can he beat Romanov? If, 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 if any of these guys stand with him, the answer is yes. If any of them decide not to, the answer is no. I mean, he beat Chris Dawkins. That's yeah. eleven. He beat Tybura. He beat Volkov. Rosenstrike. Sure. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, maybe he just needs to go up there against someone who's not going to try to take him down. Although he did get knocked out in his previous fight, so yes. Um, and his, I think his previous two, two fights. yeah, Taitu Vasa and Sergey. This Pablo. was always house money. Derek Lewis's runs were always house money. It's different now. Together it feels the, different now. The knockouts. He had and you a little it. bit of a run. He had a run, and he was going. Sure. He was going. You know, the distance with freaking uh, uh, Volkov, almost the distance, pretty much the distance. Latifi. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like distance with Francis. Francis this is this is making it sound like that. I'm hating on Derek Lewis. It's actually the opposite. I think he's always you're 100 percent hating on him. No, it's the opposite. He's always around because he doesn't live and die by. Oh, he you know he beat the number five guy and now he's advancing. He's gonna stand in there and he's gonna try and knock you out or he's gonna get finished. That's it. That's Derek Lewis's entire career. But the point is, like, can he? He could still back in the day beat someone. I think he can beat all those guys if they stand with him. Okay, all right. Um, Remember when? Remember when uh, Curtis Blades described what it was like being hit by Derek Lewis, where he woke up in the uh, in the ambulance, saying he hits like ten times harder than Francis. Like, yeah, Derek Lewis can compete against these guys because heavyweight MMA is just not that skilled and not that good. If Derek Lewis punches you, he can win a fight. If he doesn't, he can't. That's it. And it's it's the same as it was before that fight and today. The big story of the weekend wasn't the UFC fight, at least as far as MMA is concerned. It was the Bellator card. And overall, I thought, you know, the prelims were fine. They weren't on CBS. The big thing was the CBS main card. It started off great. They didn't use my idea. Again, I'm not going to hate him on it. I still feel... And by the way, there was a ton of downtime after the Brendan Ward fight. There was a ton of time where they could have done something with those guys. They showed them here and there, but it wasn't like a big, you know to do like I was trying to suggest or didn't even try to, I did suggest. Um, the Johnny Eblen fight was fine. 
And then the, the main event happened and it was somewhat predictable. And I will say, as much as I wish they would have done something earlier, it ended up being okay. They were all there. You could tell how much it meant to Fedor. You could tell how much he was touched by it. The one thing that drove me nuts, there was a period there where he was speaking to the legends and the legends were behind the camera. You couldn't see them. Yeah. And then finally, Coker brought them and back. It's like, you have them there. Why aren't you using them? Like, at least, what do you do? that was driving me insane. But then finally, we, we get the moment. They come back. He's touched. We get the photo. So overall, I, uh, you know, I thought it was an okay night for them. I saw the ratings, at least what came out initially. I said on Wednesday, anything under 1.5 would be a disappointment, at least for me. Seems like it's going to be under 1.5, and that would feel like a disappointment. I mean, it's it's a super high number compared to what Bellator usually does on Showtime or anywhere else. But sub 1 million, I think, would be a disappointment. What do you think of the night for uh, Bellator New York, Rick? Positive? Negative? Yeah, positive. Ultimately, like it's it's about as good as you could expect. But I don't think the rating, I don't think the rating was that important. Just from the perspective that, like. Even if, let's say it was 1.5, I don't think that many of those people are going to carry over to be these like longtime Bellator fans. I think that's more of like maybe like a little bit of a business card, a little bit of an attaboy pat on the back and to say, hey, we had a good rating. But ultimately, I don't know how many fans are going to be converted by right. by it coming from CBS and, and now all of a sudden going to be watching on Showtime. Um, but the fights were good. Uh, the, the matchmaking uh, to have uh, Ward and, and Hamasi on the opener was great. Right. Like they completely nailed that. Uh, the title fight, Eblin, look, it wasn't like a huge barn burner, but it was a really good performance by Johnny Eblin. Um, like to see that in the title fight. And then Fedor versus uh, Bader was a finish. So, like, I- I'm not mad about it. I would have liked to see more, uh, a lot more done with the legends, if I'm being honest. Like, I would have liked to see it in the beginning, as you said, but even just like the the blocking, the movements that you're talking about with the camera, like they're there for a Interview specific them, reason. Right? Use, th- use yes, them more. Yes. Use them more. Um, but no, I mean, all things considered, like this did what it needed to do, and and I think it was successful for Bellator. Um, so yeah, it felt big, right? It, there's something, you know, ESPN, ABC, Fox. It's all cool. I'm not trying to diminish that, but, but I think because CBS was the first, and it reminds us of Kimbo and you know those early Elite C days and how Wild West and, yeah. and Gina Carano and Strike Force and Nick Diaz. It, it felt like cool that it was back on CBS. It felt special, for, right? I think for our era, yeah. right? Like for I'm um, not. I can't even pretend to my, lump myself in with you. I'm I'm after you, but for people who saw these things happen on CBS, um, MMA fans of our age, then yeah, I think so. For anybody else, I think it's You know, they're they're not tuned into that kind of history. Um, but I think it was pretty cool. Did it mean yeah. anything to you, GC? Do you care at all about this stuff? Or is it just like, oh, I watch golf on CBS. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah, the CBS thing didn't feel as big to me. Like, I understand why it's a big deal getting on, you know, a huge network like that. Uh, I honestly wasn't really that tapped into it because I was at the Amanda Serrano fight. I was checking in on it. Uh, and it, like, synced up with the Amanda Serrano walk. Uh, oh, yeah. The yeah, Fedor-Bader fight. And so, like, I... They were making their walks. I saw Fedor walk and everything. And then I watched Amanda Serrano walk, and then I pulled my phone back out, and the fight was over, and they were interviewing him. And I was like, oh, this, uh, yeah, this kind of went how I expected it to go. So I don't have a ton to say on it. I didn't get to see the interviews or hear him or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But, uh, but there's one thing that I forgot yeah. to say when talking about the uh, the purses. And I said it to, to Bader, but just in my um, little note afterwards – 
The main reason why this is, in case anyone is wondering, is because promoters don't want fighters knowing what other fighters make. They will tell you it's because, you know, Dana loves to say it's like because, the, you know, they don't want their their purses to be public so that hanger-oners, as they say, or hanger-ons, whatever, uh, know and hit them up for money. But like it's that's a ridiculous thing when you have football players who are making four hundred million and like everyone knows what everyone's making in sports. Uh, the reason is is because they don't want someone else who's like you know second rank but not as popular being like, hey, why is Sean O'Malley making this much and I'm not making this much, etc., etc., etc. That's the reason. But again, please, the, the the those numbers more often than not are not real, and so to get all up in arms about it is uh, a waste of time. Can I propose one thing as a devil's advocate? Sure. By talking about the fact that the numbers are – by not necessarily the actual practical releasing of the numbers, but but by continuing to talk about the fact that the numbers have come out as opposed to just being shadowy, right? No numbers at all. Like we don't have any numbers. Is there not a conversation then started about, OK, now we can springboard to these numbers are fugazi. These are not real numbers. Um and and use it as a, as a leverage point, as a springboard to then have the conversation about the fact that these numbers are not real and maybe inevitably but they're down inaccurate. the line. They're not real numbers. So you might as well say $5. Sure. I agree. It, it feels just as shadowy, like sketchy to release numbers that aren't real. It's like you might as well do 10 bucks. Like yeah. the, the numbers and mean I've nothing. And I've seen I've seen artificial Photoshop like meme pages just making I, I think Jack Slack um <laughs> Once made up salaries in the DC on DC and RC actually like talked about them <laughs> as kidding. if they were real. No, I'm not, I'm not oh kidding. Oh my gosh. Um, but I think that's it. your point, right? That the harm is in the fact that if people don't know, they can be used to say, yeah, this is it. And it's completely wrong. So I, they're I agree totally with that made element. up numbers. They're like, there's not, by the way, not giving away too much. Those dudes made a hell of a lot more closer to seven figures than they yeah. did that number. Bader said it himself. Yes. So it's like, and I saw that, and I was like, "What?" And we've seen this a thousand times. Like the Connor yeah. one is is the best. Nevada usually likes to give it out to you know some of the Vegas media on fight night. Conor McGregor made a million guarantee. Like you didn't fucking make a million guarantee. Yeah. He made nowhere near a million. What are you talking about? That's absurd. So what's the point? What's the difference? Why don't you say a dollar? He made a dollar for this fight. <laughs> he made money. Yeah, <laughs> he made money. it's it's totally useless. And then it, and the problem is we know this, or at least some of us know this. And then no. the fans see it; they don't know it, and they get crazy over it, and they start tweeting about it. And I think there's maybe some other media that doesn't know this, younger media, whatever it is. So what's the point? Yeah. Why even do it? It's fair. I would not even if honestly, like if I'm California, I'm like, are these numbers real? Are these legit? If not, don't give it to us. Who cares? Oh, you're saying from the promotion. Everything. California the whole to, or thing the, is, the commission to the promotion by the way, to I say, wouldn't be surprised if like the dudes on the prelims, those are real numbers. You know, 2K, Well, there'd 2K, be no 5K. benefit to inflating yes. or, or whatever. But you know? these ones, like it's just yeah. stupid. It's just so other fighters. So it kind of drives me nuts. And I got hit up a lot yesterday and I was going to reply. And I'm like, eh, what the hell's the point? I was too busy replying about the Kyrie Irving trade and... <laughs> The big Nottingham Forest. <laughs> I was going to say. By the way, just big bre- three points. Yeah, bre- breaking breaking news right Another now. Another trade. It seems like the trade is not done yet. Oh. oh, there might be there might be a third team getting involved and in all this. Did stuff. Did all these there's dudes all, jump the gun? There's all no no no. I think the trade will will happen. Holy shit. As constructed, but there might be like a third team now. There's there's all kinds of things per Woj uh, of ESPN. By the way, I don't care what anyone says. I got all these like stick to MMA. You couldn't pay me. You couldn't pay me to have Kyrie Irving on, on my team. I would not do that yeah, in a million years. Yeah, there's a lot of years. people I feel like have that No that chance. 
what a, uh, I don't care if it's Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, a bag of balls. I don't want Kyrie Irving yeah. on my team. I'd rather have no one than have him it, on my team. It hurts team. my heart because that's your guy. The guy meant so much to me at the time that it, that it happened, and now it's just like I, I can't look at him the same anymore. And this, by the way, has nothing to do with my feelings on like the movie. And yeah, all you're that talking stuff. a basketball. He's just too much of a problem. It's too much yeah. distractions. Too much. Too much. Too much. No. Um, all right, so. Bellator, good night for them. UFC, how was uh, how was Matchroom at the at the Hulu Theater? GC, Mysterious Frank, what? I saw you guys on TV for a second, but it was yeah. weird. Frank's yeah. face was blurred out. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Matchroom and DAZN for doing Even that. DAZN for us. went the extra mile. Uh, yeah, I mean, the producers there are just unbelievable. <laughs> I had a fantastic time. I mean, great great seat. Shout out to shout out to Matchroom and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, got to see some great fights. Got to see Sky uh, get a big win by decision. A lot of uh, people hating on Sky after that performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a tough opponent. She was very awkward. She was very, I don't know, she was very unorthodox. Yeah. Got the I mean, W. Just continue to build. Her. Fucking yeah. chill out. Undefeated. Nick's jersey. To build. Nice cheap pop there. Oh, man. And the uh, the shorts were sick. The, the shorts, shorts were sick. sick. It was love, very love uh, that. Nick's inspired. That's right. Uh, Hitchens, Richardson Hitchens yeah. was my favorite performer of the night. I mean, he was just like the way he he says how much he loves Floyd Mayweather. The way that dude moves defensively is just unbelievable. Alicia Baumgartner, ton of Whoa. fans for her. She looked like, incredible early on. I thought bro, she was going to finish the oh, fight oh early my on. Gosh, that round when she yes. when she knocked down the French woman uh, three times, that was insane. The crowd was going nuts. Uh, she was awesome. And then Serrano, dude, shout out to her. She just throws mitts when she gets in there. She's not afraid to get hit, uh, dude. She's she is a beast. I mean, t-shirt curse doesn't doesn't exist for Amanda wore Serrano. It, oh, yeah, wore it, washed it, and wore it again. Washed it, wore it again. Shout out to Amanda Serrano. We're we're heading to Ireland now. I mean, it was a it was a great night. Frank, do you, do you agree? Frank, tell us your thoughts. You're a big Absolutely. Serrano fan. You finally got to see her win in person. Yeah, it was great. She. Uh, wow. That sounds, sounds very enthusiastic. Yeah, Must have been. So okay. enthusiastic. By the way, you know what you should have just said was, actually, I saw her win in person on April 30th. She just got robbed. I, w- I, was I did turn to Connor go. and say, I had the same energy last year. I was right literally laying that up for you. Uh, speaking of like mismanaging the mic, I do wish a little bit, because obviously Katie Taylor was there. Yep. They brought her into the ring for the face-off. They ask her the question after the fight. They're just oh, like, yeah. uh, all right, what's next? And she's like, oh, you know... Obviously, huge moment for her. She's accomplishing undisputed champion, everything like that. But she's like, whatever my team wants me to do, that's what I'll do next. It's like Katie Taylor standing right behind the camera, like throw out a promo, crazy promo. You know, I want to go. I want to fight Katie Taylor. I want to go to Ireland. I'm going to take all her belts. I'm going to beat her in her home country. I don't care. See you in Ireland. But uh, cut a promo know. for us. Yeah, the coach had to jump in and. You, by the way, were you guys sitting next to Katie Taylor, like a couple rows back? We were a couple rows back, yeah. When she walked in, she was just like, oh, yeah, hey, what's going on? Guys? Did she We're say like, hi Katie. to you guys? Everyone at Matchroom was very excited that you guys were going to be there. They're like, GC. <laughs> by the way, I was even asked if New York Rick was going to be there. Wow. Wow. But he couldn't uh, be bothered. I mean, there uh, were, there were a ton a of celebrities in there. I don't, mean, it's a circus when, you're, when you're in there. Don't try that. Don't try and disparage my name for the good people at Matchroom. I, w- I would have loved to have been in attendance, but I was working. Uh, don't, yeah. don't do that. Um, I'm okay without the promo. Uh, the fight's done. Hmm. The fight's done. We know it's happening. I'm but, okay. But to even say that, to be like, well, I don't know. No, like, we need a promo. Whatever, whatever my team wants me to do, it's like, Katie Taylor is right here. You've already signed the contract. Yes. You have the promo ready to yes. go. Just like, you don't even have to get like salty or anything. Just be like, Katie Taylor, I'm coming for her belt. I, I would like it, but I'm okay. I mean. I'm so excited, though. I'm yeah, so, oh, the by fight the way, is great. That video McGregor that they played was great. Oh. 
The video was great. And did the it not play in the, play in the in the arena? Time, no. It didn't play sound. Frank bolts as soon as uh, as soon as it ends, and then they replayed it with sound. Okay. Right. Touching okay. moment. Why did you bolt so quickly? I had places to be. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, no, the nightlife Frank over here. So so on Friday, I got to. Oh my god, this was so surreal! I got to go to MSG, empty MSG, be on the court, be in the locker room, do this whole thing. It's going to come out. Um, in April with Katie Taylor, you you know you all know how I feel about MSG, the Mecca, Knicks, I mean all that stuff, and Katie, and Katie. I like I said, top five. Fa- you know, I was thinking about because I said this yesterday. Who are my top five favorite athletes right now? Do you guys want to know top five favorite top athletes? Five, yeah, but it does not include MMA. I don't want to include MMA because I think that's fair. Right now, does am I allowed to include combat? Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, you're how are you going to do Katie here. Taylor? Well, no, because including... then maybe you could say exclude Katie Taylor. But I want to include boxing because I'm not necessarily the boxing guy. Maybe soon. I mean, okay. I mean, we're taking over. Wait, now you're going to have to exclude darts and boxing oh, soon yeah, too. It's going to be Smith. like, oh my gosh. Speaking of darts, just a real quick thing. Okay. The amount of people just coming at my neck saying that I lied about the 180 is just what they think you made it up. Unbelievable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, a lot, a lot Don't you have people. a picture? Oh yeah. Multiple pictures from the evening. Almost got. Almost got a few of them. I guess the next thing to do is a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to start filming every single one of my dart sessions. It'll be good for film to review. Twitch? Uh, I can show it to Michael Smith when he comes in. Bully boy. This is the new, you know, betting slips. This is the new receipt. Yes. <laughs> the new I know. Now that I post it everything and I third-party track and I do everything right, now, you know, we don't believe the 180. Okay. never ends. Are okay. you really running a marathon? Yeah. Do we know? We don't know. Well, it's a half marathon. Unless, oh, sorry. Marathon. Unless you we don't prove know. everything in video form, we can't believe <laughs> we don't anything. Know. We don't know. Even that. I mean, there's deep fakes. Like, how deep, yeah, how deep does GC's, you know... Fakeness go. We, there you go. We're never going to know. That's a fact. Don't let them get to you. Uh, okay, my, my top five, in no particular order, number one, Josh Allen. Number two, um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Number three, Jalen Brunson. Number four, Katie Taylor. Again, this is no particular order. I actually would move Katie way up, you know, if we're going to do No particular order. order, but you'll give the yes. order for yes, Katie. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. And uh, number five is honestly, I mean, GC will appreciate... This is Brennan Johnson. I love this kid. Who is that? Brennan Johnson is a player for Nottingham Forest. Scored oh, yesterday. No, Christ. I honestly, can I just be honest with you guys? Did you see his TikTok after the game? I think I have a crush on Brennan Johnson. Wow. He, first of all, he is such a charming young is. man. Have you li- Last night, all I was doing in bed was watching Brennan Johnson interviews. He is so well-spoken. He is, well, that, that solves the crush thing. I mean, the, fact that you have, the fact that you have a Forest player in the top five is very respectable. And this is legit. I'm, I you know people want to think... Like, my son and I, Walter, we were watching yesterday. We were hyped. Brendan Johnson. And then, by the way, Navas was incredible. First half, I, I want to get too into this. People get mad. He, yeah, he was yeah. amazing. I mean, we have a forest text group. No one was responding. Like, okay, well, I will say I, I had, had to night. sleep in That's because why I didn't text. of Vegas. I appreciate you not yes. texting. Got up for the last you know 20 or so minutes. I was hyped. I wanted to, to text. It. I thought about texting New York, Rick. I mean, I'd probably get blocked. So I had nothing. Thank God <laughs> for my kids. We're, I mean, this guy's making save after save. He gets spiked in the head. But Brent, I love this Brennan Johnson kid. So there's my top five. Um, That's a good list. And so there I am on Friday with one of those people at MSG. And we were going through the whole – it was amazing. And then this is the best part. At some point, they're like, hey, do you guys want to shoot around? So they just give us a ball. And it's me and Katie Taylor shooting around on the MSG wow. floor. There's the photo Crazy. of us afterwards. Crazy. Take off my jacket. And then – you know, fighters aren't the best basketball players. She'd be the first to tell sure. you. But I was giving her a couple tips. Bend the knees, the elbow, stand here, look at the square on the side. And she says, you're a great coach. Oh, and then, I mean, I was just that, like, wow. I almost just fainted. What do we play? Horse? You know, I, 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 I suggested a horse or a knockout. 
She liked the name Knockout, uh, but we didn't really have that kind of time. I did miss a couple shots, but I said, you know what, Katie, my favorite player of all time, Patrick Ewing, there he is in the rafters. I explained to her who Patrick Ewing was. His move was the baseline fadeaway, and I need to shoot a baseline fadeaway right now. Freaking swish that bad boy. Oh, wow. It yeah, felt it so good. It felt so good. I mean, so if good. you were really a Katie fan, you would have said how great she was at basketball and just lied. Right, but, right. I mean, no, you're my favorite basketball player, Katie. She, you know what? It was so she impressive how, how she took it up so quickly. I mean, and then, then they were like... Do you want to try out for the Liberty? There was all kinds of talk. Okay, now yeah. we're talking. Oh, speaking of the she, Liberty, dude, shout the out. Liberty. The, I don't know if she can get on. Yes. In, in the WNBA, I might have to start supporting the, uh, Super the local squad. team. Why? New t- oh, but they're Brooklyn. No, but they've been adding free oh, agents. Oh, yeah, Deanna like Stewart, crazy. right? Oh. Brianna Stewart. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh, struggling. Got the MVP from 2021. I see your love of the garden only extends Sabrina? to Sabrina? No, no, they play, they, play yeah, in, they, they play in Brooklyn. They do, yes, they do. They're out of the garden. So there screw those Played guys. Played in, in Westchester for a little bit. That's no. right. That's I right. mean, the color of their jerseys has got to be the best color. In the yeah, league. it's not bad. That, that, yeah, that squad is, that squad is good. Anyway, uh, it was incredible. And uh, sorry to interrupt. I was just, we were no, talking no, no. a little you bit finish. about May 20th um, and all that stuff. And I'll just say, without giving away too much, the way, like, so this was after Eddie Hearn comes on the show. Okay. Eddie Hearn comes on the show and says what he says, right? All right. And he talks about Croke Park and it being three times more and all this stuff, right? And then all of a sudden, this becomes like a national incident in Ireland. Everyone's talking. Every news outlet is talking about this. Everyone's writing about this. Off the ball is talking about it. The Independent, the Irish Meter, the Five Thirty News, RTE is talking. Every single outlet is talking about it. In fact, they even talked about it at the Irish Parliament. I don't want to pronounce the name because I think I'm going to mess it up. But we have video of this. Do we have this video? This is them talking about Eddie Hearn's interview on this show. And and make sure you stay till the end because they give us a subtle shout out at the Parliament. Thank you very much to them. Here's them talking about Eddie Hearn's comments on this show about Croke Park not happening with the Katie taylor Manisrano rematch. ...to see Katie Taylor in Croke Park, and to that end, uh, the very first meeting that I took with anyone from outside the department was with Katie Taylor's manager, uh, Brian Peters, in the early part of January. Uh, and they explained to us that there was a funding gap between what the promoters were prepared to pay for the fight and what the fight would actually cost. Um, we said that, yes, the government does support major events, absolutely, uh, but there's a process to go through. And uh, What we did immediately after that was raise queries on what the cost would be and other details that would be necessary, uh, and the department is currently considering uh, the responses to those queries. What I would say is that one of the difficulties is with the date. If you're doing the calculations for cost-benefit in terms of tourism, which the major events uh, has to have to go through, the 20th of May already is hosting the Heineken Cup final, which is a a huge event uh, in, 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 in European rugby, uh, and Dublin tourism will be full that particular night. A, a, a fight in November, which was previously mooted for last year, would have an entirely different calculation. Thank but you. look, I mean, the consideration is still ongoing. Uh, but what, what Mr. Hearn said on the on the some MMA channel yesterday that the government hadn't been in touch is simply not the case. There's been a range of meetings and correspondence over the last one. <laughs> that was the best on some MMA channel. I love some it. MMA channel. I also love the bell to like yes, shoo like, them off. They're like, wrap right, this shit up. Okay, you're done. Uh, all the other outlets saying they either said some MMA channel, they said the Ariel Hawani show, or they would say like something called the MMA hour and then very much be confused as to why Eddie Hearn is talking about a Katie Taylor boxing match on something called the MMA hour. This reminds me of when we were at Mayweather McGregor in 2017 and Isaiah Thomas, the legend, stopped by our set to do an interview 
with me. And so it was great because all like Carrot Top was there. Stephen A came on. Skip Bayless came on. It was, it was incredible. It was like one of the best weeks ever. But Isaiah Thomas, the Pistons legend, comes on the day after Kyrie got traded for Isaiah Thomas, the other one. And he said some things about the trade. And then PTI spoke about it. And Tony Kornheiser goes, Isaiah Thomas was on something called the MMA Hour today talking about this trade. And he was very confused. So that reminded me of, of uh, that moment back in 2017. But this was crazy. The reason I bring this up, everyone's going nuts over it, is I sort of like off camera was like, man, this is crazy stuff with Eddie and Crook Park. No idea what was going on. She is so blissfully unaware of what is going on. Social, I was like, you don't use... She is so like focused and 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 just like blinders on. It's actually quite amazing. I'm I don't know if there's many athletes on the planet that are that unaware of all the shit. Like doesn't look at anything, comments, bullshit, Instagram, Twitter. It's really impressive. So I was like, wow, Ireland is freaking out right now, and you have you're just unaware, which is for the best. Don't get caught up in it. Let other people deal with it. Let Eddie deal with it, right? There's a reason she always looks so happy and is always smiling. That is a good point. That's a good point. Uh, coming from tr- the social media guys. Yeah. Listen. Oh, yeah. God. Who, yeah. preaches, who, who other than me in your life preaches more yeah. for you to ignore comments, get off social, don't do this, don't do that? I know. It's me and Katie. I, know. I, might, I might listen, listen to it now. Me and Katie. When, when she pulled up at the boxing match on Saturday, she, she showed up like a f- you know, thirty minutes before Serrano fought, so low key, no one even, no one even batting an eye. She's in a low key outfit, everything like that, just like very under the radar. Uh, one moment that you guys will love, it was Katie taking a picture with Rick's goat, Clarissa Shields. Mm-hmm. I mean, just and the, goat. Yeah. the photo was being taken by Sky Nicholson. I oh, was like, wow. wow, that wow. is that is something right there. That is amazing. Um, yes, I uh, I wanted to go, but obviously we had to do the 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 Bellator CBS thing. Um, great scene afterwards and it looks now you know it's going to happen May 20th looks like it will be three arena although here comes Conor McGregor <laughs> oh my god <laughs> say, what, what a scene that <laughs> was right what I love I love the the kind of like inside baseballness of, of some of this like I just love the idea of Conor publicly being like I got 500k yeah. here it is Eddie can't respond publicly and especially not with a number right because this is a negotiation obviously he can't come over the top and be like oh actually it's it's x amount right so he's like let's just dm then connor's like no we don't need to dm like here i'm talking about it and then that he's like let's dm the 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 inner workings of oh, this are very great. interesting to me um you know what i also loved i'm watching the uh the design card on saturday and then they throw to an interview with eddie solely talking about this exchange because it happened friday night <laughs> And I was like, man, we would never get this in MMA. Like, imagine something like this happen, and it's like, yeah, let's go to Eddie Hearn to talk about the exchange. Yeah, with right. It was so, in a way, like journalistic, but inside baseball. I loved it. I was like, oh, this yeah. is so refreshing. This is so great. As opposed to, you know, MMA is often presented to us in a very pro wrestling-like manner, right? We, we only see a certain amount in front of the curtain. We don't see anything behind the curtain. This was a very behind-the-curtain thing, talking about Croke Park and it not happening and all that stuff. Could you imagine from a PR standpoint, and we're looking at some of the tweets here. I love, what's the crack, lad? I love this. Uh, give me the current landscape. I'm in. Is this doable still? <laughs> or is it a double His or is it a double show? The point first with Croke Park later in the year. Oh, like, will she do one at three arena and then uh, Croke Park post the, uh, the GA season? I'm in either way. She better be getting her worth for this also. Like, this feels like it could have been a DM, right? 
I, but that's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. He's publicly yeah, yeah, yeah. showing the the appreciation, whereas Eddie's like, "Yeah, take it offline. <laughs> let's yeah, talk." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just love that. I also love this like Sunday night going into the week. Monday tomorrow. Let's keep us posted on <laughs> hashtag Katie for Croke Park. It's a. But by the way, brilliant move on his part because oh, oh god, yeah. He even can, if it doesn't happen, he can he only was the come guy. out good from this. Like, it's, it's, say it does happen, and you stamp proper twelve right. and the Black Forgin Irish Stout all over everything, and he's the hero in it. Or if it doesn't happen, he tried to make it happen. Like, it only turns out good for him. Smart move. Either way, Smart Croke move. Park Three Arena. I'm there. Plus, I love like that. Is that a is that a promise? That is, is a that promise. A oh, I don't I even care it. if I'm. Frank's trying to talk me into it. Like, we were at the first yeah, one. I feel like. I mean, based on how excited Frank was about the the, the yeah, Serrano Frank. fight, he's. He's There's a lot going on today. The MMA Hour live show, huh? Oh my God! We should, I love that. By the way, McGregor, we would sell that. Show. How, how quickly uh, would we sell that out? What do you think? It's on sale. Two minutes. What do you think we could do? A thousand? What, what could we do? The question is: Are we? <laughs> do you have a venue that can no, hold a thousand? That's. I don't know. That's are, hefty. are we drinking Guinnesses or are we drinking? I've had Guinness. Well, I don't know who wants. They to look pretty creamy. They look pretty creamy. First time I ever had Guinness was in 2014 at the hotel across the street from the Three Arena with Holly Nelson, Gunnar Nelson's dad. He said, you got to try this Guinness. And I tried it. It's unlike anything of... It's 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 the close... You know how I talk about acai? It's the closest thing to that. What we have uh-huh. here... It's not quite the acai difference because it does taste... But it, it is so refreshing. It tasted so good. I think I might have even had two. And two wow. is a big thing. Like wow. half usually for me gets me, you know, a little yeah. bit loopy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I'm going to be go there. You guys should come. What's what's a what's a round trip ticket to uh, to Ireland? Unbelievably low right now. Is that what? true? I mean, yeah. Are you being? I told you, Frank already looked into it. I knew it. Are you joking? Last I looked, it was five hundred for a round trip. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh. that's wow. not so bad. That's I, cheap in this uh, day I mean, and age. Unbelievably low. I was in expecting, this economy. I was expecting a little bit lower. In this economy. <laughs> this economy. I can't wait. Are the odds out for this yet, GC? Oh yeah, they've been. Uh, what a see. I've still been talking about 2014, eight years later. I, don't, I wonder if this will be even crazier. The three arena crowds, I mean, they won our crowd of the year last year, the Bellator crowd. There's, actually, there's a part of me that's almost, Croke Park would have been insane, but such an intimate venue for her fighting I mean, in is, Ireland for the first time as a pro. Ireland in the, springtime too? Yeah. Oh, oh the, man, great. I'm starting to dream about it. This is the T-Mobile versus MGM, MGM. you know? Yeah. Although, uh, I mean, Croak would have been. It's smaller. Katie Taylor minus 180. Minus wow. Rona plus 150. I mean, I feel like talker pass, you know? I mean, you get no, uh, is my, is my uh, Don't be showing up with that. Is my Puerto Rican pass, flag yeah. going to get thrown out at the <laughs> arena? Like MSG? Didn't it get thrown <laughs> out at MSG? Yeah, yeah, it got thrown out at MSG, but then on this past weekend, there had to have been a hundred oh, Puerto weird. Rican flags. In I there. don't know if you even make I it mean, in the, the building. You want to talk about Puerto Ricans showing up, man. On Saturday, they showed up and showed out. They were... Loud and proud on on Saturday. Better sport so. to watch at, at Hulu, Frank. MMA. You saw PFL there or uh, or boxing? I have to say, um, the view that we had the boxing was just it was top notch. It's nice. I mean, right? it was yeah. easily the best view I've ever had for for a fight. Uh, I posted a picture from the venue. A lot of shade getting thrown. The Hulu. At they the don't know. Hulu. They they literally don't know. They don't. They don't know about the Hulu theater. It's such a fantastic venue. I think I start to love it a little bit more every single time I go. Yeah. What was the shade? 
Oh, I oh, saw some people like, what is this, saying, a bingo hall? Yeah. They were like, what, are, oh, what is man. this, a Tijuana Hotel? It was an amazing theater. I mean, I lo- don't get me started about the roof. The roof is iconic. Yeah. But uh, Hulu, I saw Glory there's, there. The thing there's about, not a bad seat in the house. It's incredible. It, it, 1,000%. And the thing about watching events in a boxing ring as opposed to a cage, like there's no cameraman around, there's no obstructions. Like it's just, it's a way, boxing, kickboxing is way better in person. I'm not talking about the show and the lights and all that. I mean, UFC does a better job than anyone, but I'm just talking about the actual sport. It's just a lot easier to see what's going on. By the way, how does, uh, so I saw, I was obviously there at the uh, Taylor Serrano 1 card, but that was a different, like match, now you've been to all these different promotions. How would you say the match room card is like how's the show did it flow was it a good vibe how would you say the production was yeah it flowed well i thought yeah, the, the production was super really high good. nice yeah i mean they got like uh they had a dj going the whole time and like he was like uh puerto rican or something but he was hyping up the crowd the entire time uh yeah, I mean it was lively. I thought the graphics packages were fantastic. The music, the the way they ran the promos, uh, the flow of it was pretty nice. Like there was obviously downtime between the fights, but they filled it pretty well. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good, man. They're the closest I, I thing to the it. UFC in terms of production, as far as boxing is concerned, right now. Production value was was very high, and like the hype videos before each fight. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. Frank, you echo that. Yeah, definitely. The pacing was really nice. Uh, everybody that was working the show was uh, really nice as well. Ushering to seats, that sort of thing. Clearing the way, you know, making sure people aren't crowding. Um, it was a lot of fun. Anyone recognize you? Everybody. Wow. That's what I thought. <laughs> that is what I thought. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because I saw this clip floating around on Saturday. Dana White mm. talking about UFC 284 that's coming up. And, and people were, uh, I guess... Lamenting the fact that uh, he didn't remember Islam Khachev's name, um, which you know got me thinking about my my debate with Chael about who's the best promoter, and got me thinking about him saying you know a couple of weeks ago that like if he left the UFC ship would go down, and got me thinking about all that. In case you missed it, by the way, because there's a reason why I'm bringing this up, and I made a joke at the beginning of the show about all of this. It's a pretty remarkable clip. Here you have, you know, a massive pay per view, champ versus champ two of the biggest names in the sport, arguably one versus two, arguably, even though I have Leon as two. But, argue, I mean, it's fine if you have... It's 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 a very strong case for uh, Islam Makhachev. And uh, someone asked him about it, and here's what he says. When you have the number one versus number two pound-for-pound pound guy, guys in the world fighting each other, like you said, in their prime, it, it never it's never happened. If you think of all the fights that we've done in the UFC... By the way, pause so, it for a sec. Um, uh, it has happened before, and uh, it wasn't manufactured. It was Daniel Cormier versus John Jones. Remember that fight uh, way back in the day? That was legit number one versus number two. So it has happened before, but, uh, you know, this is promotion, so I get it. We'll let it slide. Keep going. Um, you know, when you talk about legacy, if Volkanovsky could pull this off, it's obviously massive. Um, and if, uh, if um, y- you know, um, <laughs> yeah can pull it off it's um you know he's on his way to, to building an incredible legacy doesn't even remember islam's name and then when someone tells him his name doesn't even say it on the microphone you don't even hear his name how is that possible please explain to me how this is possible how could you be the promoter where your singular job is to let the world know that these things are happening 
that these fights are happening, that you need to pay $75 on ESPN Plus pay-per-view, how is it possible? Now, are we just going to chalk it up to, oh, it was late, or he's got a lot on his plate, all this... Come on. This is, you should be relishing. Remember that one, UFC 217, when I came up here and he's like, who's got the first question? How could you sit here with a straight face and say, that's good promotion, that that's the best in the business, that we deserve that, that the ship would sink without that? Didn't remember Islam Akhachev's name? That's cr- I was blown away by that clip. Who wants to give him an out? Who wants to give him a pass right now? Does anyone want to give him a pass? Who wants to give him a pass? I, I feel like New York Rick wants to give him a pass. You want to give him a pass? No. Not even me, the the constant contrarian, can even that's unbelievable. Up I mean, a, a, quite a, a lot that. of people were like, "Well, it was four a.m. It was like midnight on Vegas. the West Coast." Yeah. Uh, to me, it was just hilarious. The fact that like he's just like ah, if he and it doesn't uh, even say it doesn't can, even uh, say like oh yeah, Islam, yeah, my bad. If he can win, then you know he'll continue as a he's on his way. He's on. Yeah, his way. Yeah, what does that even mean? He's the freaking <laughs> lightweight chap who just beat Charles Oliveira I mean, and lost in ten fights. What? What does that mean? It's just so formulaic. I mean, it doesn't hilarious. even remember his name. Are you kidding me? Now, is it possible? My one, th- my one pass that I'll actually offer. It- I didn't. Uh, by the way, I didn't expect you to be the one yes. to give him the pass. But please continue. Is it possible? Islam has been somewhat critical of the promotion or lack thereof. No, was that no, his way of burying no, him? No. That did not feel intentional. Oh man, okay. that's I, I. I hadn't heard that theory. That's uh, no, I don't think so. I think he literally just had the biggest brain fart of all yeah. time. God. And <laughs> he couldn't remember. One no, of that's his the that's stars the best names. promoter in the game. Legit. Again, you'll say I'm biased. You'll say, uh, come on. How do you watch that and say that's the, that gets me hyped up? And what do we think about this whole UFC 284 situation? See, that's the part I'll push back. Okay. Which part? Which that's part? not the moment. Like, why not? No, nobody Every at the end of that press moment. conference that nobody's watching is like, I was waiting for Dana White to sell me on the fight, no. and that was it. Nobody cares. But about he was what just was given a layup there. to sell the fight. Sure. And but, the clip but, would be clipped off everywhere. Like it this one. Nah, it doesn't hinge on that. Nah. Of course it, it doesn't hinge on that. But there's no pat okay, let me okay, let me ask you this. Eddie Hearn is sitting here, and I meant to say this to you guys afterwards. Eddie Hearn is sitting here on Wednesday, and we're talking about women's boxing. And in the moment, he starts rifling off all the names of the champions in women's boxing. Some of them don't even work for him, aren't even mm-hmm. his fighters. And I was like, this freaking guy, he's talking to me about women's boxing right now, which some people scoff at, which I think is great, and he's selling it to us. And not only that, he's naming all the champions, right? Yep. This is it. I was like, this freaking guy could tell us about, you know, the first guy on the card, the last guy in the card. Here's the clip, by the way. We have the clip because I thought it was incredible. And further proof that this guy speaks with passion, he knows what he's talking about, and he's got his freaking head in the game and his eye on the freaking product, unlike others. But this is where I see the growth of women's boxing. When a fighter wins a world title, the first thing they want to do is fight the other champions, straight away. You know, you've got an undisputed championship being fought for at 126 at the weekend. Alicia Baumgartner fighting for the undisputed champion at 130. Katie Taylor at 135, undisputed. Chantel Cameron at 140, undisputed. Jessica McCaskill just lost a belt, but undisputed at 147. 154, close to being undisputed. 160, Clarissa Shields, undisputed. 168, Franchon Cruz Desern, undisputed. That means that the champions have all fought the champions, and we found out who the best is in every right. division. I don't know if there's five people on the planet that can name all the women's boxing champions right now. You know what I mean? And to say it like that, and to talk about how great, like, that's the difference. No, I mean... This dude can't even name the lightweight champion of the UFC! Eddie Hearn is the best promoter in combat sports, bar none. Period. That, that's, that's an objective truth. At this point in the game, 
Nobody does it the way he does it. That That's ob- objectively true. No argument for me. But just to, I remember watching him do that. I was like, wow, I don't know if there's five people on the planet that could do that. And then three days later, see Dana not remember or not know. I don't know what it was, who Islam is, remember his name. I was like, wow. Let me, Come let me say one thing about Eddie. It comes from a place of passion for the sport, but it also, it also comes from a place of necessity. He needs to know those fighters because his fighters are going to fight those fighters or those fighters might become his fighters. Um, that's not that's not quite the same as the UFC and Bellator where they're promoting they have their roster they're promoting boxing you're doing fights with other promoters other league um not leagues uh broadcast partners um and so you need to be on top of your ish in the space. Dana doesn't need to and, know who Islam is or at least sell us on Islam. You're you're creating a straw man. That's not my argument. Um my argument is for why Eddie Hearn is so good. Um can I tell you something? But he also needs to be that good. And he is. He is the top of the game. There's no doubt. Eddie Hearn is the best. Can I tell you something right now? I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. If I was the face of Bellator, on Saturday night, I would have walked up there and I would said, Johnny Eblen is better than X, Y, and Z in the UFC. This guy will go in there and take out the top guy in PFL, the top guy in the UFC. Like, you, you should know who the other champions are. That's the bare minimum. You should know, right? Yeah, you you sh- if you are if you are at the to- very top of the top, you should. I agree with you. I I think even if you're not at the top of the top, you should know who this the is champions their life. Are. Like if you just pay attention to the sport, you know who the champions are. Yeah, I mean those days are gone. Those days are long <laughs> gone. I mean, what percentage of the UFC <laughs> roster walks into UFC HQ and he knows who they are? Yeah, it's 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 low. Is it ten percent? Of the five hundred well, roster, here's the one thing. Five percent. He's Islam in Australia. What's up? What's up, bro? Uh, what's up, man? <laughs> Big fight this weekend. Good luck this weekend, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Here's the That's here's crazy. the one thing working in this favor. Sixty percent of these cards are now Dana White contender series fighters. Yeah. So you might have seen them before. So and again, remind me how great the apex is when they move. Marlon and Cheeto off of it. Thank you. I'll take credit for that one. They put it in San Antonio, and rightfully so. And Tyler Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield, which is a great fight. But then did you see the rest of that card? The not, Apex not gives them the out to do that. The a- oh, yeah, no doubt. Well, also, t- y- yes, the Apex gives them the out. But they don't also, have to worry about ticket sales. They don't have to worry about ticket that's, sales. That's, so San Antonio, they need, they need Marlon. This is and, my point. The Apex gives them the out to give us cards like the one this past Saturday, to give us cards like the one we're getting on February 18th. And then you're faced with San Antonio. You're like, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we putting Marlon and Corey Sanding into the apex? It's time to put it in an actual arena to sell tickets. We can talk about this till we're blue in the face. It will not change until two things happen. Hmm. One, yeah. ESPN cares. Right. They don't. Two, fans stop watching and make ESPN care. They won't. It's not happening. Crazy. So, Our dear sport. I mean, doesn't, the, it doesn't matter. Neither fe- of those two things is happening. The February 18th card is. Read it. You got it in front of us? Tyler Santos, Aaron Blanchfield, co-main, Zach Paga <laughs> versus Jordan Wright. You can't call that a co-main. Uh, Sorry. William Knight, Marcin Procneo, uh, Josh Parisian, Jamal Pogues, uh, Nazim Sadikov, Evan Elder, Juan Camillo, Ronderos versus Clayton Carpenter, uh, Lena Landsberg versus Myra Boyna Silva. Had that one circled for a while. Ovin St. Preux, Philip Lenz. AJ Fletcher, Thimba Garimba, and Jamal Emmers versus uh, uh, Heysoon Askabov. Twenty three, though. This is big. No, the, the February eighteenth card really is like. Uh, I mean, right now it's sitting at ten bouts. 
I mean, it, it's definitely one of the one of the worst cards I've seen. Could you imagine uh, if it would have been that and then Marlon and Corey? Like show. they deserve so much more. Anyway, February eighteenth is a very stacked night. We've got All Star Saturday night and Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Still on the fence. I think I might go. I think I might just go. Take the boys and go. Oh, I like that. Sami Zayn. Yeah, wait, so what's, wait, wait, what's happening with Sami Zayn? Oh my God, you didn't see? No. Oh my God. Roman Reigns comes out on Friday Night SmackDown. He's like, this guy broke up my family. Jey Uso isn't here. He ruined everything. We brought him in. Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, someone jumps in with the hood on, incognito, and starts beating him up. And it's Sami Zayn. Starts beating up Roman. Starts beating up Roman. Okay. Uh, uh, he, he He jumps him. And the freaking pop... And then at one point, he spears Roman Reigns, which is Roman Reigns' move. He spears him. The pop was insane for the spear. And then he's like, I want you. I want you in Montreal, which is my hometown. And then they beat the crap out of him. And, uh, you know, uh, Solo's there and all that. And he's like, I'll give you. You broke broke up my family. You ruined my family, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to ruin you in front of your family in Montreal. Oh, so it's not Roman. No, it is Roman. It's Roman versus. Uh, oh, I was like, Solo was Solo, in so. the mix of all that, but then Roman comes in at the end. He's like, "All right, you want me in Montreal? I'm going to ruin you in front of your family." Let me tell you something. Is there any chance he wins? So I've been thinking about this. It would be. I don't say this. There is no crowd like a Montreal wrestling crowd. I've experienced it. I've been to all the crowds. Even Dublin, Connor is not like a Montreal wrestling crowd. Whoa. They are next level. Whoa. I was there when they, I was there when they gave Hulk Hogan a ten minute ovation after WrestleMania eighteen. Like they just don't stop. They don't stop. There has never been a card with a Montreal wrestler at the very top of the bill in Montreal. They are going to go apeshit. They've got to do. So- I think they have to do something to send them home happy. Now, the problem is, this is the worst pay-per-view for him to be going up against Roman Reigns because it's the one right before WrestleMania and there's never a title change or very, very rarely a title change because we know Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns. Could you oh, imagine? Right. right? It's already set yeah, it's in already stone. Done. So oh, yeah. it almost feels like a glorified house show in many respects. So why do it there, though? Isn't that like kind of spitting in their face? This is, this is the way the cookie crumbled. They went to Montreal for a reason. I like that. But I, I feel. Can I just throw it out there? It'll never what, happen. What's the last one like this? The Daniel Bryan thing. Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston. Oh, where, Kofi where, Kingston. Where, yeah. You know they 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 willed it into existence. But if he somehow pulls it off, and then maybe do a triple threat match at WrestleMania, which I don't think people would hate too much. I know triple threat is somewhat polarizing. The place will go. Put the Rock in there too. Insane. I don't think he's coming. But the place would just go nuts. It would go insane. But it can't. You just laid out why it can't. No, I, I laid it out perfectly. I said, uh, so Roman comes out with uh, Jimmy Uso, with Solo, with Paul Heyman. Then Sammy comes out second with Kevin Owens and Bret Hart, who's, Ooh. you know, because Bret Hart introduced him in his WWE debut in Montreal. Full circle. Bret Hart came out and said, you're going to meet this guy, Sammy Zayn, to go up against John Cena. And now Bret Hart in the same building where he got screwed in 1997. I mean, oh, But he's going to lose. So what Bret is Hart. the... Uh, my heart. No, but then what if he wins? What if he wins? This is February eighteenth. February eighteenth. Oh man, you've only got you've only got a few days to decide. I know. Plus, <laughs> you'll well, miss that card. Too. I know. I'll I mean, miss the card. Well, the good news is, the good news about that February eighteenth card. Uh, we'll get the uh, the Sadiq Yusuf breakdown for it. That'll that'll make it legend. Worth it. I got uh, I got some good news for you guys. Wow. I've seen the videos. Yeah. Yes. I think they're fantastic. Uh, what Sadiq uh, Yusuf are. is doing online, I agree with you, New York Rick. Uh, early contender for social media user of the year. 
big card this Saturday. Tough competition, but yeah. I have invited Sadiq Yusuf on hey. to come on the show on Wednesday to break down UFC 284 for us. Uh, like, only it. he can. No, Fantastic. what? 284? He did this already. I mean, I would give Let's us... give him something different. Give us the users, I don't know, the... We, we got to get a sneak preview for the February 18th card from... Yes. From the, yes I mean, that's, that's just like... Uh, I mean, yep. We need to hear about those prelims for, GC nailed for February it. All right. 18th. Well, I'll tell that's him to not do his research. Yes, exactly. No, he's he seconds away on that research, he says. He says it's, no, no. it's very tough stuff. Yes. T- Didn't see this seconds. coming. This is great. I love when when uh, when fighters do this. By the way, Keith Lee at the Pro Bowl. I mean, where this? isn't he? Where isn't this man? Unbelievable. Legend. I mean, as I said, there's going to be tough competition for the Kaposa this year because Does Keith, Keith Lee, Lee count? Might be, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, he does counts. Does he qualify? <laughs> Don't you have to have what? a fight in the year? No. Really? Why? I mean, he's not really a fighter anymore, which I don't think he should ever fight, to be honest. Who knows? All right. We'll see. We'll see by the end of the year. But Sadiq Youssef putting a, a, a good uh, submission in the box. Good account of himself. Two last things. Uh, we'll talk more about UFC 284 in the coming days, Wednesday, obviously. But right now, five days out, level of excitement, scale of 1 to 10. Mm. For the fights, like a Just the main. Just the main. Oh, the main? The main. Uh, and nine. I'm pretty hyped. Oh, really? I'm pretty hyped for the main. Seven, six, seven? Wow. These guys don't do a good job, you know, getting people hyped. They're kind of meat and potatoes. It's just the um, stakes. The There's stakes. so much at stake, and History. it both does I'm, pull it off. Yeah, he Australia. does pull no it off. No one thinks he has a chance. Australia. The freaking number one pound for pound champ. Doesn't have a chance against the lightweight champ. What world are we living in? I mean, if he like twenty five and one hasn't lost in years and years and years, if he pulls it off, the scenes will be unbelievable. So for that, I, I am at a nine. I am excited for it because there's always a chance. I guess I, I just don't see it happening. So I'm I'm down. Oh, you got to believe in the unbelievable. Mm, I think I just can't see have it. a little faith, yeah, Rick. Have a little faith in bulk. By the way, Casey O'Neill, our good friend, uh, sent me something. Can see her right, right down in front, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think I know what you're gonna say. Wait, what do you mean? Can see her right down in front? Right there. Oh Picture yes, yes, Casey. yes. She said, "Hey, Ariel, tell the boys, don't do a spoonful of Vegemite. Put it on some toast with butter, maybe even with a little cheese. They've also got to do a Tim Tam slam. Bite either end of the Tim Tam, and drink a coffee slash tea slash hot chocolate." Through like through a straw, then eat the Tim Tam. Yeah, I'm I'm down for this all is that. Very good advice. What I was gonna say on the front end was like, yeah, for the fights, I'm like a five, six. To get to try all this Australian food, I'm at a twelve out of ten. I cannot wait. She also added, also, I'm not a troublemaker, which I knew I was gonna hear mm. from her <laughs> for that one after I said that. I, I I also wanted to uh, clarify. I meant like troublemaker, like in a good way. Like she's just like yeah, getting into trouble as like fun. Yeah, and also like she wore the thug nose shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like I it was she's shaking up yeah, the establishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a disruptor. Yes, a disru- she's a disruptor. I love disruptor. Disruptor is a great word. I love disruptor. Troublemakers always say that they're not troublemakers. Also, yeah, but that I, is true. that's right. I like that the way you say that, Frank. Yeah, spoken like a true troublemaker. And by the way, scale of one to ten, game bread boxing four. What do we think of this card? Twenty-five. Oh yeah. my! I mean, can you is possibly this real? be more excited? It, it feels fake. It feels no, fake. No, 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 no. Like actually, like is this real? How many of these fights are going to happen? When they, I first heard it was Anthony Pettis, Roy Jones Jr. I almost spit my drink out. I was like, wow, it's insane. Wow. I mean, yes, it is insane. Like Aldo Stevens. I like, what is going that on? That fight, here? I'm, I'm like actually cannot wait yeah. for. 
The re- like, there's a little bit of a spectacle feel to the main event, but Aldo Stevens the, is Aldo Stevens, Jacare like, Vitor, dude, Jacare Vitor, and Vitor, all these are great. Um, how is this possible? In. I tweeted <laughs> Jorge's already my front runner for promoter of the year. How is it possible? This is. I got some. Incredible. I mean, same night as WrestleMania. That's the only problem I have with that. Um, but that is an. Gotta skip WrestleMania. What a two screen night. By the way, in well, I might be there in uh, mm. in Milwaukee. Great call on their part. The 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 fi- is it the Pfizer or the Pfizer? Oh, it's definitely Pfizer. The Pfizer? I think it's Pfizer. Yeah. Actually, now that I say it. no, Pfizer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, uh, Frank's Frank's tied with the people of Pfizer. What is Pfizer? It's a uh, like a merchant services. What? Like what so what is it, Frank? By the way, why are you whispering, Frank? What's going I'm on? Not over whispering there? at all. It sounds like you're whispering. You know, is, is there anyone back there with a a weapon to your head or something? <laughs> that just escalated quite quickly. <laughs> Pfizer is like a, a merchant services, like credit card processing. Okay, okay. see, so now he's talking so at a Fiserv. normal level, I will say that. Uh, Pfizer Forum, like, this is going to be in the arena where the Bucks play. Yes. Like, it's not, they're not going to, like, sometimes when the fights are at Hulu Theater, they're like, that MSG. oh, yeah, it's at MSG. No, they told me, I asked them. Okay, well, yeah. this is, uh, This is, wow. by the way, that a beautiful big time. stadium. Homecoming big time arena. arena. Beautiful arena. Yeah. Beautiful arena. Big time arena. Too. I did, a, I did a, an ESPN NBA game. Uh, in February of 2021 there with no one in attendance. Wow. That's it a was trip. quite depressing. That's a trip. Um, but it was a beautiful... I got to really see the stadium or the arena, and uh, I got to take it all in. So, yeah, that's crazy, right? I mean, crazy. You guys going to watch that's it? Of course. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. kind of a fascinating thing Order to do a boxing card, but with all <laughs> MMA fighters. Or well, this was the evolution, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Like, this is what we've been like, building up for. Screw toward. this crossover shit. Let's just do... Everyone wants to box? Let's just have each other, you know, box. Let's just, um, just like. I saw some tweet that said uh, Game Bread Boxing 4 has more MMA talent on it than the last UFC card did. Well, that's, yeah. Than every oh, UFC fight night. Uh, I said earlier that Eddie Hearn was the best promoter. I changed my mind. Jorge Masvidal. It's, it's Jorge yeah. Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> he sold the fights on air. That's it. Yeah, and he's so locked. Like... He's able to run down the card while he's driving. That's how locked in yeah. he is. I love how you're like, how far are yeah, we from my uh, race? He's like, four minutes. It's like 20 minutes uh, later, he's pulling I know. I'm looking in the back to see if it's moving. <laughs> Why are you so negative? It all got uh, done. Got I mean, the fight's got funny. out. Like, got it's out. funny. You got to find the humor. Yeah, you got to find the humor. I'm stressing. I'm sweating here. All right. Yeah, I can tell. Give us the recap before we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I was supposed to do that an hour ago. I'm sorry. I oh, got no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, up. I can run through it quickly. Uh, first, before I do that, just because I have it on my screen, let's go to it real quick. Oh, my We're back to what? the AI. Oh, We're back Jesus. to the AI. This one, this time it's from Kevin Hill. I have to say it's much better than last that time That is around. a better one. He sent all four of us. This is Ariel. Like, you can actually tell but, who's but, who. Okay, but now, I have a couple. I have, a, I have an yes, issue please. with that. Like, why okay. is my forehead, is my forehead that small? <laughs> Ariel, we've been the streets are talking. The streets about. are talking. Uh, it's not about the small. Sm- it's not about the small forehead. It's the strong hairline. Your hairline. Yeah, it's strong. Yeah, hairline. take it as a compliment right, fine, because fine, then yeah. because then look at mine. I mean, my that, hairline is that, terrible. Uh, by the way, oh, that these are, are great. That actually yeah. really looks like you, I, dude. I look a little rough and tumble. I'm not sure about the shirt with the cut sleeves, but I mean, yeah. What's going like, on really behind you? Okay, there? so I can't I see. Feel See, I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. What is the prompt? I feel like that's on us. I think I know where the prompt is here. By the way, this is gonna this is gonna sound weird, or I don't know, but I think. That they pulled in elements from the set, right? Doesn't like the fact that like you see that guy's picture looking oh. facing on the left, and this looks like the the um oh the cartoon of you and Barnett style, right? This, like a little this bit. This is like, you on the uh, watch, the watch party. party going yes. crazy. It's all it's all coming together now. Yeah, that, yes. that is what it looks like. Wait, That's... so do you just put in Connor Burke's watching fights, or do you have to offer a photo? I'm not sure. No, no, you can type. You just type. How would it know? 
How would it know because who Connor Burks is? Jesus let's uh, let's re-explain. I mean, like this, the hair on the right side, like literally looks like it's. From it my has head. pulled in images. How would it from the internet? How would it know? You should do your hair like that, Connor. How, what do you mean? How would it know? Yeah. How does it know? <laughs> it's a computer that is. Sur- it has it has crawled the internet. It has taken that that art, those images in. It is I mean, now they referencing great. them they look great. and going. F- okay, Connor Burks is this person. Here's photos of him. I will pull this in. Other elements, pull it in. And then it combines them <laughs> to create this masterpiece here. Speaking of all that, uh, here is the one for New York Rick. I thought this was <laughs> oh! the best one. Wow. So angry. <laughs> that is perfect. I, I, look, I look like a mean baby. It's incredible. Yes. That yes, actually it, really kind of looks like, like yes, your eyes yeah. and It, it literally hair. looks like an angry baby version of New York yeah. Rick. Like it looks like something that would Can, go on Nickelodeon. Wait, what's the, is the, did the guy, did the guy put the, the signature on it or is that, from it. Either way, I gotta I gotta figure yeah, out. Yeah, how it is. Yeah, so much, this like, is incredible. I mean, it's it's absolutely fantastic. His his name is Kevin Hill. Shout out to him. He sent me these on Twitter, and then of course he had to do Mysterious Frank. Uh, I can't wait. Looks oh, my God. looks very similar. It to does. Frank. Yes. I mean, looks it looks just long. like. Him. Uh, so, so shout out to Kevin. I mean, those made. So you think he just wrote fantastic. Mysterious Frank? That's it. No, he had to have done something. Like, try, yeah, man, ask him. Let's find out. Yeah, pixelated man with beard. I don't know, but they are they are fantastic. I ha- I had to show those. They were too funny. Yeah, like right. I like Angry Baby New York. Right? Quickly into the recap. That's your new uh, profile. I like it. I, yeah, I honestly, that. that would be a good uh, that would be a good profile. I feel bad show. though because it probably was stolen art. I don't know. I'll figure it yeah, out. We'll figure it out. Uh, all right. Vegas 68. I do pretty good on the UFC. Uh, we're, we're bouncing back a little bit, but we get a clean sweep across Bellator and boxing, both singles and parlays. So felt pretty good about that. Uh, three and three uh, on the parlays themselves. A nice week, though. A nice little bounce back week after the uh, Royal Rumble perfection. Then we get up uh, another four units. Uh, after this week so we're getting back on track still in the red for 2023 but uh slowly finding ourselves back into the green you know we're never worried we stay even keeled here shout out to the draft king uh praisegon 81 uh sorry it's a picture of his baby uh but that's the picture that he put up so that's what i had to do uh and then i'll quickly run through some big hitters because there were a couple people oh, yeah. uh that were worth shouting out Yeah. All right. Shout out to our man OMG. It's an MMA fight, dude. Uh, quite quite a name, but wow. he took four dogs on the Bellator card. Gets to plus ten thousand four hundred sixty-eight. Used one of those. Bonus bets that you mentioned earlier on DraftKings Sportsbook. He goes Henry Corrales, Lorenz Larkin, Grant Neal, and Jalen Bates. Uh, turns a $10 bonus bet into over a grand. Uh, so shout out to him. Fantastic stuff. Next up, it is Souls UFC. He goes Jubilee to win by KO, TKO in rounds two or three. And then he also goes Park to win by submission in round two or three. He turns $30 into 315 with two beautiful exact calls. So shout out to him. Next up. Oh, wow. This is this is really a tragedy. I forgot to change the name from Souls UFC. So whoever this was with this fantastic ticket, uh, man, I really did them no justice. Uh, that is really on me. Thank you, Frank. I, I deserve that. Uh-huh. Someone had this fantastic ticket, and I uh, I didn't change the name. Wow. wow. Damn. Wow. You want to give him a shout-out or no? 
No, I can't. I, it'd be it just It'll be too, too much work. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, next up, Casey Brother. He goes Park Park Sub Parlay, Junyong Park, Hyunsung Park, both by submission. Uh, he turns ten dollars into two hundred and fifty-five. Shout out to Casey Boy. That was absolutely fantastic stuff. And then last but not least, Jake Smee. 0119270. Shout out to Jake. Plus 7,800. He goes all 11 legs of the fight card. Two pushes, obviously, because of the draw with the Duhu Choi and uh, Ji Yun Kim being taken off. Uh, but still, fantastic. Turns $10 into 780. So shout out to him. Shout out to everyone. Sorry for the guy that I no, listen up. You know, I mean, win or learn. We're a lot of yeah. There you go. Win, win or, learn. or learn. And this time I I learned. You know, double check that. I also uh, you know have been notified. I, I misspelled Milwaukee on the uh, uh, on the fight post. Did you? The, yeah, I got the A and the U. Ah, uh, by the way, are they? You think they're going to use it? No, 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 no. I've already had a couple people bash me about it. You know, if this is the official post of this thing. Oh sucks, my god. So, you know, well, that's my bad. Last minute news, dumb. But no, Bellator used your uh, your picture from last yeah, week yeah. with the legend, so maybe they'll use this. Although I'll say they're, I guess they're I'll add graphic designer to the job title. Their the art game. looks good. Of uh, you know the the game oh, yeah, poster, yeah, yeah. Yeah. real the actual one. Yeah. looks great. promoter of the year. Yeah, yeah. Jorge. I saw your your tweet. What do you think Connor's uh, announcing? Oh um, yeah. yeah. So all of you have been using the photo. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great. <laughs> I don't know what exactly. I mean, it's all yeah. Fantastic meme. What Immediately photo. went into the camera roll. Uh, what is he announcing? A documentary on Apple TV? I saw someone throwing that out. Uh, well, I know they have something coming out with Netflix. Maybe it's going to be on Apple, too. Yeah. They've been doing... Uh, I just thank him for that photo. So Yeah, no, it is great. Um, you just yeah, sent I mean, me this clip, which fantastic. someone else sent it to me in your quick before we go. this Can I play this off the computer? This is uh, back in the day, Dana White on Get Up, talking about Oscar De La Hoya and him not remembering names. Um, prior to the Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, Golden Boy MMA card. This was at the press conference. Here's what he had to say. I forgot about this clip. An interview with a kid on, at TSN in Canada the other day. Bronstetter. He didn't know what anybody <laughs> was paid. He, he showed up to his own event at the press conference and didn't know any of the fighters' names. Age like uh, times have changed. Yeah. Uh, Listen, he's on the way up like this. Yes, yes. He's, that was the best part of his He fades up. Gets he, that win. Uh, wins. It'll be, uh... The whole ship would sink, my friends. The whole ship would sink. All right, what a day, guys. You're just biased, man. Yeah, I'm just biased. Uh, what a day, what a day, what a day, what a day. Thank Same. you very much, gents. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Frank, uh, anything you want to close with? Anything you need to get off your chest? Zip. I I will... Uh, you know what? I was just... On my life, Frank, I was just going to say the buzzing went away, it and just as you sp- now, and yeah. just as you spoke, it came back. I've been playing that this entire between the buzzing, not hearing the end of the Michael Chandler interview. I mean, a real banner day for us over here. (laughs) You're playing the music. Oh, you want me to go home? Did I do that? (laughs) Enough of this guy. We've all had enough of him. Uh, But yes, it is time to go home. What a day it has been. Game Bread Boxing Four. I I saw a lot of people being like, "Oh, what's he going to announce?" Imagine if he was actually going to announce. That he was fighting in... By the way, the music just stopped in my ears. Uh, that he was fighting in Miami. That would have been a big bust. I, I think this one lived up to the hype, right? Sometimes that announcements... very good announcement. Yeah, sometimes announcements fall a little flat. Uh, this was a pretty freaking great announcement. I think we need to give Mr. Jorge Masvidal credit for that. And uh, shout out to his uh, 
his matchmaker, Dean Tool, for also making that happen. I can't imagine what it was like to put that together. And let's see if it uh, all goes down April 1st, a little less than two months away. Man, we're already talking about April. Soon to be May. Well, May, we're talking about May. That's exciting. Uh, the dog days of winter. Frank, sing with me. The dog days are over. The dog days are... You know that song? Yes, I do. Uh, thank you very much to Jorge Masvidal for coming on and breaking that news. Thank you very much to Michael Chandler for breaking that news as well. Uh, you know, he broke the news, of course, that he is uh, going to be on The Ultimate Fighter opposite Conor McGregor. Of course he didn't, but it was great to have him on. Uh, thank you to Chris Weidman. Good luck to him on March 11th. Congrats to Ryan Bader, Johnny Eblen, Brennan Ward. What a story. Appreciate everyone who tuned in, who listened, who watched. To the crew, to all of you, back on Wednesday, safe time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources,